Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to episode four of the Broken Token Podcast, where with every episode we are breaking new ground and making a new record. And we, we are, Brent. It's 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 been it's been a good month, man. I mean, here we are. We're sitting uh, pretty much in the middle of uh, December, and I do want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. I, I guess this will be our Christmas episode here, Brent. And I don't know if we have some jingle bells we can play or something <laughs> like that, but uh, nonetheless, it's. Uh, I'll see. If, I'll see if I can order up some jingle bells. I, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I make no promises it's, it's it's all good man it's all good now it you know there's the weather's turned it's nice and cold i think it's uh i think it's a good time of the year to be working on projects and i think uh, a lot of what we've got inside this episode reflects that time uh, absolutely and, and, and reflects that you know that that uh that turn of the season where everybody spends a little more time inside and probably uh you know turning a few more wrenches and capping a few more monitors and say good I, stuff like I, that i know personally uh, in louisville we've had some let's just say weather events yeah yeah so I mean, we haven't had it as bad as you know our listeners in dallas listeners in arkansas and things like that but uh yeah this this week's been a little brutal for I, for kentucky I, anyway. yeah i would agree I, I think i could probably best just say we managed just to kind of dodge things yeah. and just uh we have a little here and a little there and we just try to deal with it as it comes and for, you know from a game perspective that's where i've been you know we i've got had a little time here yep. uh in the basement yeah. in the shop yeah it's cold outside it's cold outside and i'm just working around the weather to yeah. move stuff you in, know, moves in and to out, in and out. Around. that's so. right well and me too brent i mean i've i've taken on a couple of new projects that uh, that I'll cover here in the podcast, this episode of the podcast, because what I'm trying to do is make, uh, and, and I'm, I'm saying this, and man, I, I, I'm, I'm trying my best to make it work out. I'm working on, uh, working on uh, a Christmas present for my brother, and so it's a little time sensitive. So I've got to kind of fi- finish up, you know, the 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 two machines I'm working on right now to have enough time to, uh, you know, to get his present ready for, uh, you know, in Christmas. So it's it's a good time of year to just, you know, be hammering on stuff and getting it knocked so, out. So what you're saying is, is I'm not the only one that sets back at times and no. and asks myself. What happened to the hobby aspect of this? Now I'm on a timeline. It, now I'm on a timeline, and it's a lot more like a job. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I, I, everyone else out there is shaking their head. I know exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. Know exactly what you mean. But it's cool when you see them fire up, and I always run around, skip around like a you know like a giddy little kid, and hit, hit player <laughs> one and start playing, and then it makes all the job go away. See, I can't, so I can't cool. play the first game all the way through because I'll, I'll invariably see something I don't like, and I have to stop and adjust it. So, <laughs> well, I, I do that too i mean i find smudges or you know find something that doesn't line up but it's all good man it's all good well dude i tell you what um here here in this episode we've uh we've got a lot of ground to cover we're going to talk a lot about you know restorations our projects and what we've been doing over the past month but brent the one thing i wanted to touch on you know before we uh you know before we you know start uh start getting all sidetracked with the podcast you know is uh, a big note at the top of the show a big note uh dude we have uh we've gotten uh our first accolade man and, and and this was completely unexpected. Came out of left field, but your I, wife does not count. Uh, exactly, exactly. And why she married me, I don't know. But you know, I'm I'm much better, much better for it. But uh, but Brent, we have uh, we got a shout out and a plug from Stitcher Radio, and uh, they contacted us. Uh, for everybody out there listening, they contacted us uh, about a week and a half or so ago and said, you know, hey guys, uh, we have included you all on a podcast list uh, for video game lovers and. Uh, Brent, we made number seven on the list. <laughs> 
Now, it doesn't matter. And this ma- is, go, uh, go ahead. Say, it doesn't it. matter that there were only seven spots on the list, okay? <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but okay. But we still made number seven on the list. And you know what, Brent? It's when those deals were just showing up made all the difference made all the in difference. the world. <laughs> 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 I've, I've, many a time I've told uh, uh, family members, well, you know, it, for for those that haven't picked it up yet, I'm a kind of a car person as well. And well, I I took home a trophy, but there you know I'm number one, but there are only three people in the class. Hey, exactly. it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but we we would just like to thank Stitcher profusely for listening to us and for uh, giving us uh, you know giving us the shout out and giving us the spot because we were able to turn that around and you know pass that news on and uh, it, even just even just family members and some and some other friends, Brent that I've that I've talked to we're really impressed that you know that we were able to you know make some density like that you know fairly early on in the life of the show you know here's something i wanted to mention you you had to remind me of this whitney and 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 our listeners may kind of be in the same boat the same mindset i was in that's the it's a video game podcast so that's Mm -hmm. just not classic games or arcade games that is the genre. entire genre it's the of entire video genre games. yeah and, and that's and that's where i think the ru- where, where i think the rubber meets the road though brent because you know stitcher stitcher listened to us and uh it, it's we love it that they that they liked what they heard and love what they heard and then put us on the list but uh i mean we're we're mentioned on the same list with some with some other heavy hitters that, that are doing podcasting and uh one of those is is the guys from the video game outsiders and that's john jacobson and uh and, and those guys and uh they're doing the arcade outsiders podcast as well and they're veterans <laughs> at this you know and been doing it for quite some time so uh, i i Brent, I, I think I'll speak for both of us. We're just very proud and very, very grateful. Very grateful. I, I, I would agree. And, yeah. And, you know, Stitcher, they uh, they didn't just mention us in a list that's buried on some page on their website. They they went ahead and communicated it on social media. They mm-hmm. tweeted it out. So yeah. everyone that follows Stitcher saw uh, that. Saw that. And, you know, uh, folks that, that follow the video game side of the side of the universe hopefully you know hopefully we've picked up some listeners yeah and and you know something if if we did uh we want to welcome you to the show i mean we're happy to have you and Uh, check out the back catalog check out the back catalog is it a is it a catalog brent or is it more like a more like a manila folder well i'm thinking let's let's go with pamphlet (laughs) (laughs) we'll go check out the back pamphlet the back pamphlet yes it's hard to say like three times in a row you know you can make a mistake so i'm sure uh throughout this episode We'll we'll go ahead and reinforce the fact that we're, we're both from Kentucky. Yeah, and then at some point in times we we get tongue tied. <laughs> you know we I, we talked about this in the first episode. We just let's just let's just let's talk. let it roll. Just let you it know, roll. It's, let's it's, just talk. It's, it's all it's going to be what it's going to be. It's all good. It's all good. Um, it, to me, when I go back and I listen to the shows, it's endearing. You know, because I, I listen to us and it's like, man. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a, but you know what, Brent? Hey, it's all good. But dude, we've got a lot of ground. To, oh, real quick, thank you, Stitcher. Thank you for all of our new listeners. Everybody's tuning in for the first time. Uh, we we we're happy to have you here, and we hope that uh, we hope that you like what you hear. Uh, if, and if you've got friends, um, uh, other people in the community in, in your town, or not even in your town, with, you know, with the the onset of this worldwide web thingy, you know, it it seems to have caught on. Yep. Uh, we don't necessarily have friends that are just next door if you've got other friends that 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 are in the hobby we would appreciate it if you kind of give us a little plug pass us along pass us along uh we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear from 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 them you know th- topic suggestions feedback oh yeah yeah um, anybody email us uh 
it's very easy to get in touch with us. It's uh, broken token at outlook.com and we'll have all the contact info at the end of the show. So it's uh, it, we can be you know reached on Facebook, Twitter, our website. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely make sure that uh, we cover all that. And as well. occasionally, yes, I'll even get carrier pigeon. I mean, yeah, well, you know, we are Kentucky. We so. are we are Kentucky, and that's yeah. all good. I, I have a I have a carrier pigeon uh, roost. Would that be out back? <laughs> yeah. ready to, I'm ready to go. They're extremely reliable. Brent. They, they do it. Yeah, they do, they, it. they do it. But man, we we do. We've got a lot to talk about in this uh, in, in this episode. Brent, there's there's going to be a lot uh, that we cover in, in in the deep dive segment. Uh, you know, I'm for for my portion of that I'm going to talk a, a lot about uh, a, a couple of projects that I've had going on. Talk about cleaning games. I've been kind of on a mission for uh, like I say for this time of the year as far as uh, you know refurbing some games. Um, and I've done some high score save kit work as well that I want to cover. And uh, that's there, there's been a, there's been a lot of um, a lot of games that I've got that I've been kind of like accumulating high score safe kits for, and so I want to cover some. I want to cover some of that. So, what what are some of the things you, that you're that you're wanting to talk about? Brent? Well, since the last episode, I have actually um, worked my way through quite a few pieces that I had kind of in queue, if you will. Mm-hmm. I know the last few episodes have been kind of pinball heavy, and I've got a yeah. little pinball stuff that I finished up. And uh, uh, some videos that I've that I've kind of brought out of deep freeze and brought back to life. And awesome. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later. That kind of goes hand in hand with some things I've had going on uh, here at the house. Some yeah. events coming up toward you know the end of the year, getting ready for the holidays. Yeah. So uh, uh, along with that, I've had to do some repair work. So one of the things that we're going to talk about is how to work on how to fix a broken neckboard, monitor neckboard. Yeah, that'll be that'll be very timely because I'm doing a lot of monitor repair right now, and I, you know, I for one will be looking forward to that. So that, that's good. So you know, I'm going to have. Uh, uh, I know there's some stuff out there online, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll reach out, make some references to that, and kind of okay. show you my technique and you know, some things I've learned and. Um, uh, you know, if, if you can solder, which most of us have to be able to do that, to do yeah. this, you know, you, to stay in this hobby, yeah, you're not, you're not, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you no. can fix a broken neck board. Don't, don't, you can fix anything. Yeah, don't you be afraid of it. You got to put your mind to it. That's, that's right. And, you know, we'll, we'll I'm going to parlay that into a discussion for the next episode. For episode five. For episode five. Yeah. Hand in hand with that. Uh, episode five, we're going to get into how to repair a burned up edge connector. Okay. So I see, you'll hear me say fingerboard sometimes, or yeah. it's or an edge connector. Uh, it's real common for the the traces to burn up on packs. Um, uh, probably gal- Galaxians. I haven't worked on a lot of those. Many of your Ataris. Yes. So um, we'll get into more spotlights, things like that. Yep. Yeah. They just they just get toasted over time. I I, I, I uh, looking around the room down here. There's there's several games that, that I'm looking at right now that I've I've done fingerboard repair on. Yeah. So because yeah. it's just you know they weren't made to last for 30 years and yeah. things happen. So yeah. that'll be something that we'll spotlight. Something looking forward, uh, kind of like I said, an offshoot of the of a neckboard repair for episode five. Yeah, that that'd be great. And then there's uh, there's been some movement in the uh, in, in the the reproduction arena, uh, Brent. I've been uh, I keep pretty close tabs on this, okay, and especially on, on on the video side. Admittedly, not so much on the pinball side because I'm 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 just kind of new, you know, to to the whole pinball 
we've all seen um, in, in relation to uh, to video. But uh, I do want to cover some of the uh, some of the new reproduction projects that are going on that I think people ought to be aware of. And uh, it, you know, uh, well, in, in every single one of them, from a listenership perspective, hopefully we can generate some interest and get some people to hop in on those. You know, to help kind of push them along. And then Brent, this is something that you and I've been discussing for quite some time that I've been looking forward to this discussion. Um, we're going to get into uh, get into uh, a full fledged talk about uh, what is restored versus what is refurbished versus uh, versus building a game new, you know, and just you know just using part and parcel of a brand new cabinet. And I think there's a lot of people that would be interested in that. And I know it's a lot of opinion. I know it's a lot of it's uh, a very hot topic. It's a very hot. It's a very hot topic. It's highly debated, and I think uh, a lot of people. Um, they they take a they take a pretty hard stand uh, you know, a pretty hard stance on on where they sit on this and I'm sure a lot of people will agree with us I'm sure a lot of people will you know shake their fist at us while they're listening to it and a lot of people will probably say man you you know you guys are eh, a little right a little wrong but it is all it is all a lot of opinion but I I my goal is and I and I think it's safe to say that you know having been in the hobby for a while you do kind of formulate uh, you know I, I guess a position on this and it's good to help a lot of the new people to the hobby just to kind of get a you know i guess get a uh, some background on it and you know, to tease that a little bit further um i'm gonna i'm gonna try to bring a little insight to the table from uh, another aspect of my life and let, let's just say for now that the, the video game pinball folks this this hobby we're not the only ones that face that question no, that's very and, true and it it's just is a, 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 a heated debate and, and other aspects uh, uh, of some of my hobbies and other hobbies out there, things that you uh, folks listening may not have ever even considered as it is on the video or pinball side. Yeah, so, agreed. And, you know, Whitney, you, you we, we kind of went into this with a tinge toward video mm-hmm. from a, a reproduction perspective. You know, <laughs> there's been some reproduction cabinets out there for a while, and there's always folks making, you know, cabinets in their garage. But we're starting to tip into reproduction, Machines, you know, uh, games. Pit, well, reproduction pinball cabinets yes. as well. Yes, you know, yes. some of the folks that are doing, you know, so it, it that level, quote unquote, <laughs> of of replacement products, replacement parts, is starting to become available on the pinball side. It, it is. It really is. And so, I, I think it's a timely discussion, and I think it's one that we can probably, uh, when we can have, and then revisit, you know, as time goes by as well. And then uh, the the other item, uh, Brent, that I wanted to make mention of is we've uh, we've had an in studio uh, in studio guests for this show, uh, Matt and Jeremy Flights, and they're uh, two out of the three uh, people that make up uh, Arcade RX, which is the uh, the parent company for the Louisville Arcade Expo. And Matt and Jeremy were nice enough to sit in the studio with us uh, and gave us about an hour to an hour and a half of their time. And uh, we talked uh, talked all things about the upcoming uh, Louisville Arcade Expo. Uh, it's happening in March of 2014. So we'll give you a good taste of uh, where they've come from, uh, past shows, um, and kind of a, a little bit of what they're looking to do for uh, this year, yeah. 2014. Yeah, it, it was it was really insightful. I mean, it it was great to to get the guys time uh get them down here where 
where there's 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 not the distraction of the show going on of the expo going on and just really kind of really kind of uh, you know talk to them and see what you know what drives them what drives the show and you know kind of some history you know what they've done and, and what they're looking for for this you know for this year's show and, and going forward so I think everyone's really going to enjoy it. I think everyone's going to enjoy the interview yeah and uh, uh, you you will definitely hear us talk more about it uh, as we get closer to the show, yeah. Whitney, Whitney and I have participated in the show in some form or fashion since, um, since the beginning, since the beginning. Yeah. Um, um, I have taken games the past couple and in the first, the first show I attended. Yeah. And, and I don't see that changing. No, uh, it, I think we're going to be a part of it. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll be the same thing. And then, uh, then, yeah, then Brent, we've got, we've got a couple of announcements to make, uh, at the end of the show as well that I'm looking forward to. So, I'd say with that, Brent, why don't we uh, why don't we go ahead and, and kick things off in earnest, man, and let's uh, let's talk about what we've had going on over the past month. All right, Whitney. all right. Okay, Brent, we have had a lot of stuff going on this past month, and I know that both of us have been busy, uh, but for lots, of, you know, for but for a lot of different reasons. So. Man, uh, why don't you uh, won't you mind telling everybody? Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing what what all you've been up to as well. You know what's been going on in the uh, in the Brent household over the past month. Oh, man, all kinds of stuff. All right, I started out lay it on us. Lay it on us. I started out probably uh, two months before Thanksgiving. Okay, six, well, six weeks. Oh, we got to put this in episode time frame. So yeah, that's what, true. Like episode two. That's or true. Yeah. 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 Um, so Would you say a back so, catalog? Yeah. Or is a back manila folder? Is that what we were discussing? So, well, <laughs> I, even without knowing the specific time frames, just yeah. imagine, yeah. you know, coming into a Thanksgiving of some year that will remain <laughs> nameless. That way the episodes stay timeless. That's fair, fair enough. Um, I knew that I needed to fill the game room out a little bit because I had some okay. upcoming events. Okay. I hosted Thanksgiving here last year, so that was on the docket for this year. All right. So, of course, every, everyone knows Thanksgiving is on a Thursday. That following Sunday, I had, um, since I knew I was going to kind of be in the swing of things, volunteered to do the to host the dinner for the car club I'm involved in. Okay. So everyone come to the house. Yeah. You know, we do that meeting and everyone come down to the game room and play. So, so what kind of car club is it? I have a um, I have a soft spot in my little black heart. <laughs> and it, so does it grow like three sizes yeah. that day or yeah. something like that? Yeah, just that day. Just that day uh, for Pontiacs. I've had oh. uh, I've had Firebird or Firebirds since I was you know seventeen. So okay. um, I, there's a Pontiac club here in Louisville yeah. that has actually gone through a couple iterations over time. I've been involved with it on and off and the off side is um mainly to me and kind of getting involved in other things and my attention having to go somewhere but i've been involved with them for quite a few years okay so so that's cool so so you had all the pontiac guys had all the pontiac guys and and girls over yeah and then uh, um so that was the sunday after thanksgiving okay so uh the next saturday was my birthday okay and uh, before moving, before coming to you know the current Griffith compound, yeah, uh, I tried to have a year a party around my birthday every year. You know, okay. it was one of those. Hey, look, I, I've got these games. Yeah, it's just me. Yeah, uh, in the house for the you know uh, the majority of the time, and it's just me that kind of has interest in them, and they just sit down here. So yeah. I said, uh, uh, let's, I'm going to start having people over to play. Yeah. So I start for I got a couple good years of having folks over, and I'd have an early December party. 
Okay. So got uh, um, I got to restart that that tradition. You know, okay. last year after a couple years off, yeah. you know, I moved and remodeled and built the game room out and all that fun stuff. So, so our presence, like, yeah, our presence mandatory. Or? Presence are not mandatory. That's good. That's I, cool. I, I want to say that I think last year the title of the email is um, uh, "Come Over." and uh, break all my stuff you know <laughs> it's dangerous yeah dude. it's <laughs> way dangerous something to that effect yeah, yeah. And, break and, all my stuff yeah. when i send the invitation out i do i put it here so you know come yeah. over you know have a good time you know it presents are not mandatory so anyway i had all that coming up i had a um uh, kind of a thin game room at the time we had a little arcade expo yep uh, early in the year back back in march and you know later in the episode we're going to hear from uh, Matt and Jeremy. Yes, know, yes, yeah, yep. we've got so, those guys coming up. So um, I'm actually really looking forward to to the show again this year. Oh, it's yeah. going to happen here before we know it. Yeah, it, it'll be right around the corner, boss. So I had a few excess pieces, some stuff that was down here, things that were on the low hanging fruit, and I let them go. And I had a, a lot of free space, so uh, I wanted to go ahead and get another pinball done and up and running. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to get some videos in, and uh, there were a couple things in my mind that were on deck. I wanted to kind of get running. So, well, well Brent, this you know, I think for everybody's benefit, then because you've gone through these three events in essentially what two weeks, yeah, or maybe a little oh, yeah. under two weeks. Man, why don't why don't um, why don't we use the magic radio here, and why don't you walk through your game room and describe you know everything that you've got in the game room at the you know at this point in time? I think it'd probably help everybody out. Okay, so, that'll yeah. work. Okay. Um, and actually, now if, if we hear a panning microphone as part of this, I reorg. You know, the game room was pretty static in terms of where things were, what yeah. was remaining Understood. for for you know 24 months yeah and uh i had a massive reorganization to make yeah. things fit yeah so i think it, i think in a prior episode i said i wasn't space poor and now i'm getting there oh it, it happens quick so directly behind me i've got a and, and I, when i get to something new I'll, I'll bring it up a little bit more but yeah directly behind me i've got a tempest yeah and it's mm-hmm. uh it's switchable it's got a uh, tubes kit in it okay so cool and then uh, it's a good looking machine too there's i mean it's it's a nice looking tempest well thank you yes very much. it is mm-hmm. it, every once in a while it needs a little boost to its ego so well, awesome. you know temp- tempests are a little <laughs> peculiar when it comes to that so mine is as well you know mine was peculiar last oh, yeah. year at the expo this, I this mean, one's been finicky but yeah. it's been it's been uh i've had some trouble in the vector section but yeah. it's been it's been actually overall it's i can't complain yeah, about it at, at, at all same, same with mine okay yep got it all right so starting down the main wall my yeah. basement's kind of l-shaped down the main wall i've got a a, a berserk mm-hmm. and that's actually got one of the ZZPU kits in it that that were, was put out some time ago so it's actually runs berserk and frenzy okay next to that i've got a gorf mm-hmm. uh then i've got a domino man very rare game very rare game. Yeah, if no one's familiar with that, um, take a look at it on, on in the Club database. Yeah, it, it's it's a, you know something, it, it's a really neat looking game. Yours is in what I would consider to be pretty exceptional condition. How do you like the gameplay on that? Because I, I've played it several times at, at the expo every time every year that you bring it. You know, it, it's a harder game than you think it would yes, be, it is. and and it's actually far more challenging than what it appears to be. I would even go so far as to say it's probably frustratingly challenging, a lot like Gravatar is. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it's it's to me, Domino Man and Gravatar are games for players, not games for casual aficionados. Oh, absolutely, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, it's for for those that haven't seen it. Um, um you actually the little character is the same character from tapper yes 
and yeah. uh, mustache and all mustache and all That's he's right. got a uh, the play field is laid out and it's either a construction site or a golf course and it's several kind of outdoors type sites and there's little uh, dots on the ground and you walk as you walk over the dots you'll set up a domino and it isn't a straight line it's some pseudo random it's not yeah. really random but it just it might do a loop or it might yeah. do like a wave just, it's not straight just some kind of arcadey pa- yeah, arcade exactly. shape yeah exactly. so uh as you set dominoes up there's people that wander on animals that wander on and if one hits a domino the dominoes start to fall yeah and you can pick the dominoes up and stop the fall uh, but if it makes it all the way to the left then you know you lose the man and you know you start again yeah. so um I think it's a very difficult game. It's it a is. players. It's a it's a arcade players game. And yeah, I tell you what, no doubt, what makes it difficult for me is is that I mean it's a it's a Bally Midway game, mm-hmm. and it uses the the joystick like you would find in a pack and a miss pack. So it's a four way. Mm-hmm. If it was an eight way, it would make it so much easier. Yeah. Um, especially when you know because the pattern that you have to lay the dominoes in, it it isn't. It isn't like a Pac-Man pattern where it's always vertical or horizontal. It'll loop and it'll wave. So There's you, a lot of joystick action. Exactly, going on. a lot yeah. of joystick action. Yeah, you do have a defense where you can. There's a, a a larger character that walks across the screen that you can't just push. Every other character you can push and redir and divert. Uh-huh. This guy you can't. You can just you just he won't move. But you can smack him with a domino. Huh. You can only smack him with a domino left to right. You can't swing a domino up and down. <laughs> okay. And then there's a bee that follows you around, and if the bee gets you, you're done for that round. Start again. Yeah. Same thing. You smack the bee. Yeah. Um, to shoo the bee away, but you can only swat left to right. Yeah. So it, it it's a it's there's a strategy game. to it. Oh, there there is. Uh, to me though, it seems like the just like Gravatar, uh, the curve. Or the the learning curve and the uh, barrier to entry are the learning curve steep. The barrier to entry for enjoying the game is is pretty high though. It is, but but it seems like once you got it, then it really is a lot of fun. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is okay. Cool. So so we've got four: Tempest, Berserk, Multi, Gorf, Domino Man. What's up? Um, asteroids next to that. Yep. I uh, got my trusty pole position. Yes, sir. Nice looking pole position. And uh, uh, next to that's a centipede. Uh huh. And then I've got a couple pins down here. There's my uh, Dirty Harry. Yeah, and this is one you just now finished up. That's the one I just now finished up. Got it. When I started into that window, um, you know, six weeks, seven weeks, whatever it was out, it's all running together right now. Yeah. Um, I actually took that down, took everything down, complete shop, play field, all the way down to the the bare play field, dropped everything below the play field, rebuilt the flippers. I mean, when when I... I I tend to be a little thorough. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Dude. I tend to be a little thorough. Yeah, it's all good. You know, and it, it, it's I, coming from me though. Yeah, but it's all good. So it, it turned out quite nice. Yeah, I, I was a, very happy with it's it. It's a very nice looking machine. Are you cool if I snap some pictures and throw oh, it up yeah. on the blog post oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, just to give everybody an idea of what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yep. All right, cool. So when I redid the coin door on it and the legs, and then for those that haven't seen a Dirty Harry, it's got a gun handle to, uh, to shoot the ball. It's sweet, too, man. And oh, it was. It goes pew, pew, pew. Oh, like my God. <laughs> So all you know, all that came off and was cleaned up and painted. And uh, you know, in a prior episode, we talked about the tumblers. Mm-hmm. This is where I used the tumbler the first time to tumble all the hardware and the small pieces of stainless and you know, smaller ball guides and all that. Everything no, would fit you, in. You, it. you can tell everything's got a very nice uh, satin sheen to it. It looks like it has. It looks like it has. His it has been worked, and that's and that's nice. Yeah. 
Um, then next, that's my Adams family. Mm-hmm. So that that was the big pin project before last year's party, last okay. year's birthday party. Sorry, right. uh, def- got a topper on it as well. Well, no, that's that's they're all supposed to have that. Oh, do all the Adams family yeah, they have should. topper? Okay, yeah. gotcha. I, I know a lot of games. Um, you know, would, I think we talked about this in prior podcasts where, from the for the pinball side, I'm you know my, my background in this hobby has been video so from the mm-hmm. pinball side it's a little new to me but yeah same here i mean yeah. i freely admit it there's a i know a lot of games can have toppers mm-hmm. but all the atoms should have okay that. okay i wouldn't wear that yeah. so that's cool yeah all right. yeah that's actually there's flashers under that and you know it, it fits a mode like when you go into multi-ball and all that fun stuff it flashes okay. so all right sweet um my defenders next to that mm-hmm. then i have a two tigers which is a um folks not familiar with that i believe there was a dedicated version of two tigers that is the conversion kit on a tron okay so that's actually a tron cabinet yeah the bottom half of the cabinet looks from the control panel down it looks like a tron yeah yeah so they the monitor switched from vertical to horizontal the shrouds taken out of it the control panel um is swapped out of it um and actually you know i'll have to fire it up for you whitney if you play it or if anyone's got mame out there and wants to fire it up um, it's a ROM swap on the board, mm-hmm. but the sounds are all still Tron sounds. Are they? Okay. Yeah, it's still Tron. Okay. And then next to that, I've got a dedicated Neo Geo 2 slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice looking machine. Uh, and then once we wrap, now I'm going to have to do this for memories. We wrap around the corner. Then I've got my Century Row where I've got my Phoenix. Okay. I've got a Time Pilot. All right. And I've got a Vanguard. Uh-huh. Then back in the corner, I've got the, the next new addition, which is a, a Hydro Thunder. So it, it fits it. That was that. And then what's on the opposite corner uh, was a lot of the moving because, uh-huh. you know, anyone that's tried to lay out, lay out a game room and you're dealing with a corner, it's like, what do you do with a corner? You yeah. know, it seems like there's a lot of wasted space. And it worked out where I could tuck the drivers into that corner. And then that dead space where the adjoining row meets on the wall where it turns 90, mm-hmm. the seat can set in there. What, what, so. what you, okay. Yeah. And, and it works out. I mean, I think we'll, we'll, we'll we should be able to show that with the pictures. Oh yeah, we'll snap it, it, works, it works yeah. out really good. What do you feel that the play, the replayability on on some of the drivers are like, or something like Hydro Thunder? I mean, when I think of a driver, I think of you know normally like Daytona USA or yep. something like that. But you know, Hydro Thunder is a fun game. I'm just kind of curious what your what your take on the on the replayability of it is. For, I have that, you know, here I am tripping over my words. I've thought about that, but it's so new to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not used to the, the the physics of it. Yeah. So to me, it's very replayable. Yeah. So there's still there's still a lot of uncovered ground for yeah. you on that game. So like yeah. on the opposite corner, and, th- and that was a new addition. I got that at auction some months back, and uh, um, it worked. But I you know tore it apart and cleaned it, and then okay. I actually had to redo the monitor. There were some monitor issues with it, and uh, uh, flyback problems. Rebuilt you know capped it, and there was some drive transistor with the color. I mean, we don't get into all that, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, on the now, I'll skip over on the opposite corner. There's a, a Vapor TRX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a quote unquote sit down driver. It's more like a flying game. Three, you know, you you, deal, you work in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. You know, and that game that's that's on the other on the other end of that replayability spectrum. Yes. I didn't play it a whole lot 
and I'm running first in every race. Yeah. You know, yeah. once then, I figured yeah. out a couple of little tricks first in every race. Yeah, and then you ask yourself, what's what's the real value of having, you know, of having this? And, and Probably I, for everybody else. And, and that's it. I've yeah. argued it out. It used to be uh, kind of uh, more in a prominent location. Uh-huh. And whenever family would come over, that it that is that's that in the Neo Geo was the kid the kid pleasers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they just got a lot of love. Yeah. So, um, I'm torn on it. I'm very torn. Yeah. No, I understand. So between those, I've got, uh, two, nin- two Nintendo versus cabinets okay. and they have both got versus switchers in them. So one's running, uh, super Mario brothers and, uh, um, ice climber. The other's got Dr. Mario and excite bike. Okay. Uh, coming around the wall. I've got two multis. Uh-huh. So one is your your classic sixty and one board, and one is an older arcade shop board. Um, they're probably going to change around here in the not too distant future. Okay. And then coming back out into the main room on this little short wall, uh, there's a Galaxian, which is a uh, which is a new addition. Okay. And um, right next to it is a pack cabinet. That um, once I got it up and running, I put a ninety a Mike Doyle ninety six and one kit in it. Cool. So, and I I have not even begun to explore the kit. I literally got the cabinet running. Um, I think it was the day before. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was Friday night. It was Friday evening before the, oh, sa- the Saturday yeah, big yeah, party. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the um, day before, yeah, and I pushed, before. I pushed it out here on the floor and and put it in line, and there it is. So, <laughs> no, that, that's good. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely snap some pictures, just do a quick walkthrough, and then we'll make it part of the show notes and, and part of the part of the blog post for the episode because I, I think it'll help everybody oh, to cool. see you know kind of kind of what you got going on, and I, I need to do the same at my house, so I'll do that at some point as well. So, I, you've had you've been I know you you've been working on your game room, Whitney. Mm-hmm. You've adding you know you're trying to get everything lined up yeah you know g- give us the rundown w- what do you have in your space right okay now? well here's 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 kind of the, the detail on on mine um my house wasn't really ever set up for a game room per se you know i never had you know when we moved into the house i never really had you know i guess kind of quote-unquote ambitions for 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 the game room um uh, you know, I hadn't started collecting at that point, so I was interested, but I hadn't started collecting at that point. So, uh, but fortunately, the way that the house is laid out, there's there's a, a, a very big bedroom on one side of the house uh, in the basement, and so um, our basement flooded one year, uh, probably about five years or so ago. And when when my wife and I were getting through all of that, you know, and recovering from the basement flooding, you know, I, I talked with her and I said, you know. I had a couple games at that point. I said, you know, if if we're ever, you know, if we're ever gonna, you know, re rework how the house is laid out or how the basement's laid out, rather, this would be the time to do it. And I said, I'd really, really like to put a game room in and uh, kind of grow the collection a little bit. And my wife, I mean, she's uber cool about that. And so you, she, she's you, like, you didn't see issue with building a game room in a place that was prone to flooding. Uh, we solved the flooding <laughs> issue. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we solved the basement flooding issue. You, that, you remind me that there's this old Rob. 
Robin Williams movie where uh, they're looking at a house and as they're looking at it, a Cessna hits it and yeah. they buy the house because he says it'll never happen again. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the chances? What's the chances? Like you know the movie The Money Pit. You know, oh, it's one yeah, of those things. Yeah. It's like I love the house as you fall through three floors. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. No, no. Fortunately, that that's not our situation. But we we solved you know, we solved the the basement flooding issue and and got that you know prepared the house you know were, were that to ever happen again uh hopefully it never does but nonetheless um decided to go ahead and put in a game room so i essentially you know gutted that gutted that bedroom kind of restarted from scratch uh did some uh did a lot of drywall work some paint work and everything like that so i've been spending uh you know off and on over the over the past couple of years just building the game room up okay you know i've got black light carpet in black lights sound system uh some el wire and, and things like that so been kind of filling it up as I go, and so if if we were to walk in, if we were to walk into my game room the way that it's set up right now, um, it's uh, it, it's just kind of like a uh, more of a, a, a an oblong square, not a rectangle, okay, but just kind of a stretched square, okay, not like a real long or thin rectangle, just just not a perfect square, okay, okay. is the way that it's laid out. Um, but the way that it is, I've got a Tron. Okay, and uh, as you walk into the as you walk in the game room and then hang a left immediately walking in the door is the way that it that it's laid out right now. I've got a Tron, I've got a Gyres, and I've got a Nintendo Versus cabinet. Uh, it's got Super Mario in it right now, and I've got a uh, Popeye and a Donkey Kong Three. Uh, a I've got a Mario Brothers. And uh, I, at some point, I want to talk about the Mario Brothers here on the show. Uh, when I get to the point to where it gets a complete, you know, complete clean and refurb and everything, I'll get more into the Mario Brothers. It's a, it's probably one of the most unique Mario Brothers I think I've ever seen, and it's got some pedigree to it, which is which makes it kind of interesting. So, well, cool. Yeah, you've piqued my interest. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's really neat. Um, I mean, it, I I think of like. Well, this is one of the most unique Corvettes I've ever seen because they made three of them or something. But yeah, it, the, on the video game side. <laughs> well, just just real quick. I, I mean, the reason that I find it unique is that uh, it's it's a it's a conversion kit. Okay. Okay. That, that was installed in a radar scope. Oh, okay. And what's interesting about the radar scope the radar scope cabinet is that it has all of the um, underpinnings or the interpinnings of still being a radar scope machine, but uh, the monitor was the monitor was rotated, uh, but it still has the. Um, now, it, does it still have the monitor that looks like a television with the ca- the with, back with, cut off with, the case with a wooden with a wooden crate case? Yeah, that, okay. that's exactly right. So it has the radar scope monitor. Um, it has the uh, the the single Mac Nintendo coin door. Okay, it has the five slot speaker cutout instead of the seven, as you see on all the later on all the later Nintendo cabinets. Uh, it is factory red. Um, it's it's beautiful, and uh, and, and so every, everything about it is a radar scope cabinet, but it is a factory Nintendo um, Mario Brothers conversion kit. Okay, so it's it's neat. It's a red Mario Brothers with you know the purple marquee and, and oh that's and, cool. And, okay, and, and, and the purple bezel. It's just neat. It's just neat. So uh, it, it's it's an interesting machine. It came with all the paperwork and and everything like that. It was a it was a, an operator uh, that. He had it. Uh, he actually had bought the radar scope. It didn't perform well at all on route or on location, and he converted to Mario Brothers. Had it on uh, on location for for some time, but it uh, it it looks it looks beautiful. It's in awesome. great shape. It's, it's in great shape. So got the Mario Brothers. 
mentioned uh, the Donkey Kong Three, so so we're there. I've got uh, Donkey Kong Junior, and then I've got a, um, a Factory Red uh, Donkey Kong as well. And let's see, there is uh, there's a mappy. I have a mappy, and then if I turn the corner uh, and, and look on the other wall, I've got a Gravitar. I've got a Asteroids Deluxe. I've got a Tempest as well. And you, you've seen the Tempest. Um, let's see, I've got a Galaga. I've got a Rally X. I have um, a Super Pac-Man, and the Super Pac is uh, home use only, actually. And there's a whole other story behind the Super oh, yeah. Pac as well. So, uh, last year, Whitney, you had a, a Super Pac that I had seen. And this is yeah. this is kind of, this just settled in. You know, a yeah. lot of folks that I've heard that do, that, you know, have other arcade podcasts out there and, you know, Folks, go out there and listen to the other folks. Support them as well. Uh, we, we want you to listen to every arcade and pinball podcast that is out there. Absolutely. It, it, as long it, as we're first. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about as long as we're not last? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, right, no it, it's, it supports the uh, supports the hobby, broadens the broadens the base, and it keeps all this alive. So, so I, I'm trying to think um, if there's any of them where where the the hosts actually record together I, i'm the best i can think of is uh preston and patrick preston with, and patrick on game room junkies now, they they do now i but i think at times in you know of course if they're listening and they want to correct me i think yeah. it, i think they're far enough apart where they kind of split and at times maybe they do it online but where i was going with that is is that uh, uh we record at my house mm-hmm and I and Whitney, you don't live that far from me, per, so to speak. Not not that far, about a half an hour or so. Um, unfortunately, he lives half an hour on the opposite side of where I usually travel. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've, and, just, and I I've not a, made it to yeah. your to your place, but yeah. I've seen the super pack that you had, and it was beautiful. It, 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 it is. He brought it to the, out to the arcade expo, and when you'd mentioned that, that no, you I, were, no, actually, dude, I've got a different one than that one. That one's gone. Right, right. You yeah. brought it out, and, and I was like, why are you going to get rid of this? I mean, I know you like the game, mm-hmm. and I do, and I couldn't imagine that there was one better. Oh, the, the one that I have right now, uh, HUO, looks like it came out of the crate. And I uh, found the bill of sale in the bottom of it. And uh, ho- and for the person that <laughs> for the person that sold it, hopefully we can get him on the show because we actually have access to him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 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 we so we've got the super pack. Okay, so so that's there. Uh, and then uh, kind of moving on, um, we have I have a joust. Uh, have a Robotron. Uh, have um, a few defenders that I, at some point, am going to make into one good defender with enough backup to keep the one good defender up and running. Uh, let's see: Sinistar, uh, Moon Patrol, Centipede, and uh, Burger Time, and Missile Command, and then um, that's that's going down uh, the opposite wall of the game room. Uh, then I've got a food fight, a very very nice food fight that I'm I'm really stoked to have. Uh, let's see, uh, an upright Star Wars, uh, Frogger, uh, Bud Tapper. I'm trying. I'm starting to think that my next year's party is going to be at your house. We ought to do it, man. We ought to do it. <laughs> Seriously, you know, I, I'm at the point now where it, it, you know all the game room stuff is done. I'm just refurbing all of my games and getting them, you know. Uh, you know, kind of air quotes here in the air, you know, quote unquote, you know, Whitney approved to the point where I'm satisfied with the cleanliness of the game and, uh, it, it, and how it operates and how it performs. Most of the games work fine. It's just that um, I, they're, they're not, uh, they're, they're not where I want them to be. Oh, you know? I understand. Yes. I, yeah, I'm they're one not of those where I too. want them to be. You know, I, I'm one of those folks too, that before I set something out here mm-hmm. uh, and even before, 
I, I sell something, but something I'm just going to move on. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I try not to create a problem. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want no fear, quote unquote, that when I hit the switch, that's, that, it's going to work. That, that's where I'm at. And, and you know something, now that I've pretty much got my collection solidified for at this point, you know, by and large, I've, I've got time to get to work then refurb them and, and kind of rework them. And so, you know, I, I'm making pretty good progress with that. So, um, let's see. So I mentioned uh, the Star, Star Wars, Wars, the Tapper, and the Frogger, um, and then th- that's that's essentially what the game room has. Uh, I've got uh, got a couple pin titles. I've got uh, an ACDC Pro and a Tron, uh, a Tron Pro. Okay, as far as pinball goes in, in the game room. Uh, but you know, just kind of uh, you know, outlying games that uh, that that I've got that I'm, I haven't moved into the house, but will make it into the game room at some point. Um, is a, a and I've I've got them out kind of in, in my barn uh, or in my outbuilding. Um, I've got a gauntlet, uh, a cubert, a um, star castle, and uh, let's see what else. A Mister Do, and then I'm amassing enough parts uh, to uh, essentially um, rework my zookeeper. Okay, and uh, so I'm, you know, the reason the Zookeeper isn't front and center, (laughs) one of the front and center games in the arcade, is that it's not, uh, it's it's not, it's not done. Okay, it's 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 got uh, it's got some work that needs to be done to it. So is that the is that the next title that's going to be the major focus? Uh, you know. Once the weather turns, yes. Okay. Okay. Because right now, uh, it's not down at the house, and I'm not going to bring. I'm not going to move it through the snow or anything like that. Actually, the zookeeper and the star castle are the two that I will focus on after the holidays. Okay. Because uh, I've got some, you know, I've got some projects that I've got to get done by Christmas for family and things like that. But uh, but after Christmas, it's going to be zookeeper and star castle, or the two that I'm going to work on next. So my my um. My next on deck has shifted constantly over yeah. time. You know, okay. I, I think I finally solidified at least what the next games are going to be. Oh, man, Brent, I forgot two more. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Asteroids and Miss Pac-Man. I can't believe I forgot those two. But yeah, Asteroids and Miss Pac-Man. That's a that's a collection. Thank you, sir. Yes. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go to the to Casa de Whitney and <laughs> Casa de Whitney. You know what, Brent? You're always welcome. I know. Yeah. I know. I'll be over about I, I'll be over about four a.m. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Just bring beer. Um, you know, one of the things that uh that I want to do at some point though is is have an arcade party. I'm just not at the point where I feel that it, that I that I'm worthy for that I'm worthy for show. Okay, that where I'm, I mean the game room the game room looks good, but to turn on all the games and have people just you know waylay on them and everything like that i'm i'm not um i'm not comfortable with the status that, that they're all in at well, this point well let me prepare you having had several yeah you will run yourself to death yeah i'm sure I'm even sure. if I'm everything's sure. working yeah. you will run yourself to death yeah so so right, are you doing free plays are you doing coin doors open and flick the mech what no you no doing? no I'm, I'm doing free plays um i'm doing free plays as much as i can and, and that's and you know and i'll tell you once i get into kind of what i've been working on this past month, I mean, uh, I want to talk about that a little bit, but I, I'm, you know, like for um, for all all of my Nintendo games, uh, you know, I'm installing free play kits and, and things like that. So I'm doing free plays everywhere that I possibly can. 
Uh, other the others, it's just you're just going to open the coin door and flick it up to you know fifty credits now, or whatever. Do you remember have we on. you know in, in our massive back catalog? <laughs> <laughs> I had, you know you already get to that point. And, uh, uh, hold where, on, Brent. I'm going to get out the Manila folder. Get out the middle yeah, folder. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me shaking the folder. Yeah. <laughs> don't, Dude, three don't, episodes don't popped let, out. Don't let me flip through the the, the Mead notebook here. <laughs> have have I mentioned how I do? do it in my game room yes yes I, okay yeah. so everything's on quarters and i've yep. got a, a, a hot wired change machine yeah i so. wish you know something I, I wish uh i wish i was at the point where where i could i could focus on getting a row or something like that and mm-hmm. uh, and going that route maybe at some point i will but now i've still got you know I, i've still got a lot of other i guess a lot of other things i probably need to focus on first yeah but can, oh yeah I but, understand. But, but your row i machine, fell into it over yeah, time so. yeah well and here's the thing I would love to have a row machine, but man, they're expensive, dude. And uh, and to get you know, and to get a nice one, you're probably going to have to look at spending a little bit of mm-hmm. coin. And I, I search for them on Craigslist, and they come up, but they're far more than I want to pay. That's not a row. It's an uh, oh, it's not. No, and I'll, I'm sure I'll screw the name up. It's an RDAC AirDAC. Oh, okay. Something to that effect. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'll be sure to take a picture of it so so that everybody can see it. No, but the way that you're the way that you're doing it is nice because everything runs on quarter, you know, and that and that's cool. Um, as long as no one takes my quarters. As long as nobody takes your quarters. Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly right. But no, that, that's that's my game room. Uh, so that that's how it's uh, that's how it's set up. So then, you know, after the holidays, you're going to be in Zookeeper Land. Yes, sir, buddy. So I'm I'm going to be uh, putting my Zookeeper back together. Um, and one thing that I've now, uh, do you have a I've seen some pictures, and, and, and I encourage folks, please check out you know, BrokenToken.com and mm-hmm. our Facebook page. Like yeah. us on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we do post a lot on Facebook, kind of like, Facebook's kind of like the the place to go between the shows. You know, I mean, yeah, there's we're definitely putting up a lot of content on the website along with every, you know, along with every episode post. Uh, but uh, a lot of times, you know, I, I, Brent, I, I know you and I both run in the Facebook page. Uh, there's it, there's not really a lot of time to build out these a super deep long, detailed blog posts. Mm-hmm. So the Facebook page um, is a very good content distribution mechanism kind of between the episodes. Now, over time, I hope that we can start addressing more topics via more detailed blog posts on the website. Uh, but uh, but like I say, you know, it, it's you know what, that's <laughs> that's that's. That's, it's a it's, that's first it's a good world, outlet. It's first world problems, man. It's it's all it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I've seen the pictures on Facebook. And yeah. It looks like you've got, you've got what I would what I would call a dedicated workspace. Is I mean, is it like an attached garage or room in your basement? Or no, uh, it, it, it's not. It's not your, an attached your daughter's garage. room when she's not in. The- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she runs a soldering iron for me, man. It's you know indentured servitude, I guess. No. Um, I do have. I'm fortunate because uh, when, uh, like, I say, when the basement flooded, I, I I took a storage room. Okay, and uh, it's where the hot water heater is, and the, you know, in, in the furnace and all that. And um, I, I took that room and um, was able to go ahead and put up drywall and everything like that. And then I epoxied the floor. Okay. Oh, okay. And all so right. it was it was concrete, and it I, you know it just it just tossed up a lot of dust yep. and, and dirt. And, and everyone, everyone I think is probably very confident in in knowing, you know, how many times can you sweep a concrete floor until you die? You know, mm-hmm. and 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 how much dirt will you get up? Um, 
you're not you're never done sweeping a concrete floor so you know how that goes so a concrete floor you know especially inside your house just kind of generates a lot of dirt you know and, and generates a lot of dust and and uh you know impurity in the air and everything so I wound up going ahead and, and epoxying the floors in, in, in that workroom and in another storage room, and then I turned it into a dedicated work area. So I, I'm fortunate because I can work year-round. It's it's heated, and I can uh, house three or four uh, three or four cabinets in that workspace, and I put in uh, you know put in a workbench, and I've got a dedicated solder, a dedicated rework station, solder station, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, Brent, I mean I, I can yeah, it, it's it's very yeah, nice. It's nice it, to have. It, it, it's it's nice to have, so I can I can completely disassemble cabinets uh, in the dead of winter and no problem at all, and it, it'd be you know 68 degrees in there, and you know I'm I'm in there you know popping barley pops and working on you know working on cabinets. It works out very well. In in my old house was you know the the game room kind of just happened, uh-huh. and uh, uh, I started out with uh, and actually I've still got the bench. It's the bench I used, and it was in the middle of the long wall, so it'd be it was game 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 yeah bench yeah game 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 on around the room yeah and um it worked it was fine and actually whenever i had a party over there i, I would pull out um a 19 inch tv and put an atari out there <laughs> oh that is so sweet or i would throw i've got a vectrex i'd throw a vectrex on it so do you still have your atari 2600 uh, i assume you mean 2600 right? yes i have do i have the atari i have Atari 2600s. Yes. You know something dude, here's the thing. I know yes, we can't I do. do I know we can't do it in this episode because we've got a very a lot of we, we've got a lot of content. We've got a very full agenda for this episode. And I'm um, not. I'm not sure how far in the timer we are, but you know, in, in true broken token form, yeah. Brent, you're, get, you're getting your money's worth. You're going to get your money's worth. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, as uh, as people say, man, we're going to be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> but what would be cool at some point is to talk consoles for a little bit because I've got a. I've got a love for the twenty six hundred and 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 for the eight bit Nintendo, I, the original Nintendo. We're in that age range. NES. That's where we grew up at. Yeah. So, so you know, I, here's here's what I'll do. Just as a quick sidebar, uh, everybody out there listening uh, to us, you know, if you're interested in, in a little bit of console talk, would love to do. And we're talking retro, uh, older consoles, not not uh you know not playstation or xbox or anything like that because that's uh, i mean that's that's not in yeah the, if it's got more than two buttons yeah you're done yeah exactly i mean that's not in the classic arcade genre okay that, that, that we're living or that we're that we're enthralled in here but uh it would be cool to talk to talk a little bit about that yeah, so can, i'd be curious to hear what everybody else would you know would think about that as well so you know write us in Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, so, wait, so, oh, so, so you bring so, out the TVs, you throw up the Atari, and, and I make and, use of the space. Yeah. And, cool. and there, there was a uh, as you went around the the wall, there was like a little kitchenette with like a counter. Yeah. And I I'd put a card table in front of it, and I'd like I'd put out a uh, uh, a seven a Pro System seventy hundred Pro Pro System. <laughs> yeah. And another television and all the games that match that. That's and, nice. Um, so it's like a miniature version of the Expo, is what ca- it is. Ca- exactly. The little arcade Expo. Exactly. Where, where they have that, where they have the console and the retro computing room. Exactly. Yeah. And Sweet. It, you know, it, it made use of the space. You know, if you can't uh, get in a position where you've got a dedicated workspace like you've got now, Whitney, uh-huh. and then sitting directly actually behind me. Now, you have that same dedicated yeah, workspace exactly. as well. Yeah. Uh, the wall that the Tempest is on, the other side of that wall is what was a bedroom in this basement. Okay. And that has become, you know, my dedicated workspace. I put shelves up um, on one wall and then my bench is on the other and okay. there's like an inset bookcase that's all storage and yeah. 
all my my tools are in there my uh, the components i use uh, on a regular basis are all in there yeah, it, now there's a lot of hard parts that are stored in the laundry room on shelves uh-huh. and then out in one of the garages or there's a shed that i store stuff in and um so if you can't get in a position where you've got you know you're fortunate enough to have a dedicated workspace if you're kind yeah. of you're kind of doubling up put all of your work stuff i speak from experience at yes. one end yes that way if you're working on something and you decide you want to have a gathering and you don't have it right out because i ran yeah. into that it, it got to be like work because well, i'd have something stuck in the middle of the floor right in the middle of everything and, and you know here, here's the thing um what i've noticed is even having a debt and that's good advice brent i mean there's no doubt i mean having it all you know essentially located but even with a dedicated workspace stuff goes everywhere and and you get to working on two or three things at once and uh it it makes it hard to you know it makes it hard to to keep on track sometimes because there's a lot of parts to these machines and and they're very easy to break i I mean i I can't tell you how many times i'm wondering you know (laughs) uh, you know did i did i ruin this with it with the desoldering gun or whatever because it's it's just Everything's very fragile, this, you know, when it comes to the electronics and the components. And, the space that I've got yeah. is just big enough to take uh, a modern pinball apart yeah. and not be up to your eyelids in yeah. pieces and parts. So yeah. I, I kind of I, I kind of accidentally constrained myself to not having, be, you know, the ability to start too many projects at once. Uh, you're fortunate because, you know, a lot of times, Brent, uh, you know, for good or bad, I get two or three going on at once and... Then I'm preempted, you know, based upon needing to get another thing done, kind, yeah. of, kind of like I am right now with, uh, you know, with holiday, with Christmas coming up. But, you know, dude, seriously, that, again, that's first world problems. Yeah. I mean, oh, no. I mean, yeah. good gosh, these are, I mean, you we're, realize we're, how fortunate that is? Oh, I, uh, I, I, I shouldn't, you know, and I'm not complaining. It's just you get a lot of stuff going on. I guess that I'm, I'm, I absolutely agree. I am not complaining either. Yeah. There are a lot of people in this world that would love to have the problems yes. that we've got. Yes, sir, buddy. If yes, anything, sir, buddy. it's just look at it folks look at it as like a little tip you know <laughs> yeah just to make because a lot of people and i've done this i'm sure uh, 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 who knows how many people listen have done this you, you don't enjoy the hobby because you get you put yourself in a position where you're frustrated with it and you yeah. can't step back from it and realize what it is yeah yeah and um and I do that a lot. I do, I do too. And and especially when I'm when I'm working on and refurbing machines, it almost takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And then I've got to step back and I've got to say, listen, the end goal here is to be able to enjoy this, and for other people to be able to enjoy it, and for me to see it fire up and light up for the very first time. Right. A lot of times, what I do when I get frustrated, I go back into the game room, fire up three or four machines, and play them. And I, and I do that on purpose because it's like, this is what I'm actually after. Right. You know, I'm after the ability for family and friends to come over, have a good time, you know, stuff, stuff like that. See, so I, I'm again, very, very fortunate that I've yep. got this dedicated space yep. and I had in my mind what I wanted to have done before, um, the, the, the gathering started. That's good. That's good. That's good. And I, I try to lay it out. And then I told myself if, if I have to stop because I've run out of time, I don't need to work till you know, midnight, one, two in the morning, and then still work my normal job. What I get done is when I get done. That's and right. then what's not done, I close the door. And it, wait, it waits till yeah. tomorrow. That's exactly And if right. there's people here and I have a party, they, they don't have to know 
that I didn't finish a Pac-Man or yes. whatever. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't or you've matter. got a centipede in pieces yeah, behind, they don't care. behind the door. And, no, they, you know, like I said, care. if you if you can't get a dedicated room, uh-huh. just something to keep in mind, try not to work on your don't work on the car that you're trying to drive. Yeah, you know, exactly. Put it at the end of very, your space. Very good advice. And then that way you just and just look at it as it is. And yeah. what, if if you get in a crunch, you know, hey, look it. It is what it is. Well, you know, and, and push I everything to the side, and then turn the game room on. Yeah, you know, and and I, I think it's uh, I think it's good advice. You've got to you've got to focus on what's fun, uh, and make sure that that's what's drive you know that that's what's driving you because a lot of times you just get so hyper focused on on what's sitting in front of you broke and mm. and you don't want to do that well, not well, not for long. What other podcasts are you gonna you gonna start with? Hey, what you got going on, and turn into a deep philosophical debate about. <laughs> about you know how to zen your life how to zen, zen your life through arcade games yeah. i don't know man you know it's it, but it, it it's it's part it's, of it I, it's part of it and, and it's a very real part of it because i think we all struggle with that from time to time and and i think uh, if we're honest with ourselves we we have to be able to find a way to push through that and to continue on because it's a very rewarding and it's a very fun hobby but you know you've got to kind of pace yourself and mm-hmm. condition yourself in order to be in it for a while you yeah. know and and that's that's what you got to do yeah so I, i've um and with that brent thank yeah. you for listening to episode number four <laughs> all right yeah i think I, I think we've given enough of uh, uh i think we've given uh, enough uh, uh emotional support to yeah. the, our fellow hobbyists at this enough. point show enough well, i mean what else has been going on the past month had the had the parties had the parties yeah um i mean that's kind of been you know I, i've done things around the house through the course of the summer so the the past month or so has been pretty much dedicated my free time to getting back in and, and work on the games i have yeah. i have i've, I've kind of uh messed around a little bit here and there through the summer but I've, I've been focusing my attention in other areas so it was kind of nice to get back to it and and, and and in all honesty walk into it with the this is what i want to get done and if i don't i don't and it yeah. is what it is yeah. you know people are going to come over they're going to have a good time and it is it's not going to matter yeah no that, that's that's cool man that, that's cool i always look forward to the winter time just uh, for for the for the sole purpose of saying well you know it's going to be cold um and there's not going to be a whole lot well i don't have to mow grass and so there's yeah. not a whole oh, yeah. lot going on outside per se uh, not like there is, you know, with the other three seasons. So you've you've got a little bit of a built-in excuse, you know, to to get some stuff done. So well, you I, had your zookeeper coming up, I think. Yeah, I'm finally. I like I said, I keep rearranging my my on deck list. Uh huh. I've got two battle zones out in the um, out in the garage. Yeah. And uh, um, I was thinking about doing another pinball. There's tales from the crypt that's sitting out there, uh, and, nice. and some others, and yeah. things kind of keep getting. Re- you know, this this asteroids. That that asteroids was next on the list for like two years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I know. So, I know. Um, the battle zones are going to come in, and uh, I'm going I'm going to work on them both back to back. Okay. And uh, you know, it's easier to repair something if you're fortunate enough to have uh, a one, working sample, one to look at. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. you can trade parts around and 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 then get a good working unit, and then use that, uh, especially if you're shooting board work, which is what's going to be in these games. And, yeah. Um, so that's going to be next on the list. And, uh, um, when it's cold here in the winter, speaking of console stuff, I've got some console stuff to sort through. So yeah. we'll see oh, yeah. how that happens. It's always cartridges and yeah. boxes are fun. Man. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, it, it, and, and you know, Brian, I'll tell you, I, 
what what I've been working on is definitely uh, definitely different. You know, than, than what you've been what you've been working on. I mean, I've not had you know I've not had the gatherings or, or the parties going on, but um, what what I've been working on mostly are are Nintendo games. I think I alluded to that you know in uh, in the in the past you know couple of episodes. But where I'm sitting right now is I I just wrapped up uh, essentially a refurb. Uh, a clean and a refurb on my on my Donkey Kong. So, and I'd mentioned just a few minutes ago, you know, it's it's a factory red machine, and I posted a picture of it uh, on Facebook. And so, anybody wants to wants to see it, you know, kind of how it turned out, can go up on our on our Facebook page and take a look at it. It's it's one of the posts there. And so, you know, th- that's done. Um, it, with it being a factory red machine, some things are different, you know, on on that machine versus versus you know versus your 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 other blue Donkey Kong. So, you know, dude, I. You know, cleaning it was a little bit of a challenge. Um, you know, I went through a lot of products, and I, I definitely want to cover this at a later point. Uh, you know, went through a lot of different products, trial and error on on getting that machine clean and getting it looking good. Um, I just use kerosene. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> as, as long as you're not smoking by it, you're probably okay. Kerosene's no. a slow burn, though, dude. So you, you would be okay. Good thing you know, by the, kerosene, though, it doesn't go boom. This so is that's okay. This is a good. You and I. Uh, that this would probably be a good topic because I have literally gone through the shelves at Walmart. Yes. And just yes. I, I'm going to buy one of this, this, and this. Yes. And yes. you know, do the you know test a non conspicuous place and. I have worked out the formula that I like. Oh, it, well, and, and as have I. So I, I think we can. I think we can save that for for you know a, a point of discussion on an up on on an upcoming show. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Brent, I've gone through a, a virtual cocktail of of you know chemicals and products to settle on what works for me. Yep. And um, and I've now that I've got it down, I can clean a cabinet and it looks good. I, and, and yep. so, yeah, and so uh, and it doesn't harm the and it doesn't harm the cabinet and it doesn't harm me either or or my or my daughter or or, or my wife or anybody down there with me. It's it's very you know it's very um, you know indoor friendly and everything like that, and so it works out well. So. Yeah, we'll definitely cut. We'll definitely um, we'll, we'll we'll definitely cover that. I think I think it's worthy of talking about. So, nonetheless, you know th- that factory red machine, the artwork on it, I had to uh, I had to work around, clean around because the artwork I couldn't take off the machine because I because on those machines it's not reproduced. So if I lose the artwork, then I've lost a significant portion of the originality of that machine because. Uh, the, those red Donkey Kongs, uh, the artwork, uh, the bezel, and the marquee—they have no copyright notices on them. No, none of the the Nintendo of America or the copyright, you know, Nintendo nineteen eighty one or whatever—they have no copyright notices on them anywhere. So, uh, so those particular pieces of of art, uh, control panel overlay, and the bezel sticker as well. No copyrights anywhere. Is is the art the same other than the that? art's completely the same? It just has no copyrights anywhere. Yeah, I'm with you. And, 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 I'd want that. It'd buy, you, yeah, you want that. That's what. That's what. That's part of what makes the red machine the red machine. Okay, other than it being red, naturally. But anyway, so just working around all that, uh, cleaning up and polishing, using a lot of Novus and things like that, and you know, getting getting the machine, you know, looking the way you know, looking the way way that it should. Um, had a four board stack in it. Uh, I took that out, uh, put that in, uh, put that in, in cold storage and then, uh, put in a two board stack. So I converted it to a two board stack. Uh, and I did that for, for ease of installing, a you know, a free play and a high score save kit. And, uh, is the four board stack a, uh, a, a due to the vintage vintage? 
It is. Okay, because I, I had it, my it, mind that the four-board stack was like a, a cocktail-exclusive type thing. Well, the four-board stacks were used in cocktails, okay? All cocktail, all Donkey Kong cocktails have the four-board stack in it, and um, the older, older uprights. Donkey Kong okay. uprights had the four-board stack in them as well. Essentially, all of the ones that were radar scope, uh, radar scope conversions and the factory reds have... have now, here's um, where I'm going to show some more of my Donkey Kong... Have stack. Some more of my Donkey Kong ignorance. Yeah. Is... Are you? Is it using the edge connector or all the individual headers? No, Donkey Kong uh, uses all the individual headers. That's right. uh, I didn't know if there was yeah, some bleed over at some point. Yeah, in time. Donkey Kong Junior um, also uses the individual headers. I don't think I've ever seen a Donkey Kong Junior that uses the edge connector. From what I understand, the edge connect uh, same as Mario Brothers as well. From what I understand, the edge connector did not come into widespread use until you get into Popeye, uh, Donkey Kong Three, and of course the verses. Oh, the I, verses I, in all honesty, I thought some of the later donkey kong's used it too i you know they, they can they can uh the the pcbs uh, the board stacks on uh, a two board stack for donkey kong and donkey kong jr uh have the edge connector mm-hmm. on them so you can put them you can use them in an edge connector setup okay but uh they they don't they don't use that natively that that's not how i've ever i've never seen a, a donkey kong or a junior wired with the edge connector okay i've always seen them wired with the individual headers i've not themselves. had my head in a lot of them and, yeah. and I, it always kind of surprised me it's like you're going to put the edge connector on the board. Yeah, why, well, why do all the extra crimps, well, all the extra hardware? You know, I mean, that's a point. But Nintendo was obviously thinking ahead. I mean, they because the the PCBs will go. The PCBs can be utilized either way, so uh, it, it's it's no problem when it comes to that. So it, it's it's a peculiarity. But okay. I, I put a two board stack in just so that I could uh, easily install a high score save kit and a free play kit, and also uh, the D2K. Jumpman returns kit uh, on that as well. It's all it's all combined into one kit, so uh, so it's neat. You know, you can play either Donkey Kong or you know you you, uh, you hit the start buttons and uh, flip over and play D2K, which is insanely hard but a lot of fun. So 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 that's it. So I wrap that up, um, and then I started Brent uh, a project that I have coined uh, Project Flip Flop. And, you know, what I've decided, Brent, is all my projects going forward have got to have a catchy, neat little name that lends itself well to a Twitter hashtag. So <laughs> so that's what I have done. Mine and, are all just hashtag get it done. <laughs> I want it done. Exactly. So so uh, so I've got Project Flip Flop going on. And, and uh, for anybody who hasn't seen that, what I'm doing is I'm, I've, take, uh, I've taken my Donkey Kong Jr. and my Donkey Kong 3. And um, I'm essentially uh, swapping them, okay? The Donkey Kong Jr., uh, of course, was in uh, an orange cabinet. And the Donkey Kong 3, uh, you know, there are no factory Donkey Kong 3s. They're only uh, Donkey Kong 3 came as a kid, as a conversion for other machines. So I've seen um, orange Donkey Kong, th- Donkey Kong 3s. I've seen blue. And from time to time, you'll actually see a red. Um, and it looks really good in red. I mean, it's it's a sweet-looking game in red. But um, I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to upset the Mario Brothers. That's red, and I certainly didn't want to upset the Donkey Kong. That's red. So you know, I, I went with uh, went with orange on it. So, so to make a very long story short, uh, and there are pictures up on the Facebook page and everything like that. I'm still in progress on it, but uh, I'm, I'm nearing completion. So what I've done is I've decided to um, take the the Donkey Kong three that was blue and move it over to the orange cabinet and take the Donkey Kong Junior that was in the orange cabinet and factory. move it factory. Yes, and. And, uh, and, and, you know, hate, you know, Brent, haters going to hate, you know, and they, they can take it. I mean, it's your game. It, well, they, you know, they can hate on me. It's all it's your game. If they that's what you want. Me, it's all it's your game. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, I moved everything uh, from the Donkey Kong Jr. into the blue cabinet. 
put uh, put new artwork back on it and everything like that. And uh, you get uh, you know you get the marquee and the bezel and the control panel overlay uh, for for the control panel and the artwork. And you put that on a blue cabinet and then you stand back and look at a blue Donkey Kong Jr. And then it's like all's right with the world, man. It it looks beautiful, Brent. And uh, I can claim no originality to this idea. I saw one picture of a blue Donkey Kong Jr. on, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, years back on the Build Your Own Arcade Controls, the BYOAC forums. Okay, and we don't talk much about the BYOAC, uh, the BYOAC forums here on the show, or we, or we haven't yet, because that. Um, at least to, to date, because that forum typically is is, is where a lot of a lot of the MAME guys hang out, and where they build their own cabinets and they build MAME machines and stuff like that. But nonetheless, I saw a picture of it there, and as soon as I saw that, I fell in love with it. And I'm like, you know, if I can ever find a way to to do that and get a blue Donkey Kong Junior, that's what I want to do. So, Brent, here's the thing. Um, the Donkey Kong 3 was a conversion cabinet, okay? The the Donkey Kong Jr., yes, was factory orange. There's no doubt about it. But uh, what I did is I, I moved a Nintendo game and a Nintendo game into a Nintendo cabinet and a Nintendo cabinet. So um, the only thing that's really different is the colors. And you know something, man? It, you know, the, it the, works. The, the first step of... Ha- of- of realizing you have a problem is admitting it. Well, I do no. have a problem, and I've you know, <laughs> and it's and it's equally evident just by listening no. to to my testimony I'm here. Just... But you know something, man. When you, when you go up on the Facebook page, take a look at the games, take a look at where they started. You, you from. notice I've never said I have not said during this that I wouldn't have done this. Yeah, thing. understood, understood. But um, but you know, take a look at where they started, the condition, and everything like that, and then you'll see in where they sit right now. I've gone through, I've done a refurb on both cabinets, I've cleaned them up. Significantly, uh, you know, put put brand new artwork on both of them. I polished all the bolts, uh, redone the coin doors, and you know the the control panels, you know everything. And, uh, and you know, I will say this, man, you know, I'm not done yet, but they look really, really good. So I'm very happy with them. And you know something, when they're done and they go back into the game room, I'm going to put them right back into uh, what is uh, quickly becoming my Nintendo row. And uh, you know, uh, they're they're, they're going to be sweet. Okay, so anyway, cool. so that, so that's Project Flip Flop. Uh, like I say, I'm not done with it yet, but I'm I'm detailing the progress on the Facebook page uh, with uh, with pictures as uh, as I come across uh, you know the opportunity to get some good pictures. I'm uh, re, re, I'm rebuilding the monitors at this point in time. I'm recapping both both monitor chassis at this point, new flybacks and everything because uh, you know both both flybacks uh, have uh, have oozed and so they they yeah, yeah don't risk it. No, Go you ahead. don't want to risk it. They've seen better days so now, i don't like taking a 20 easy apart one time let alone no yeah. let, let alone four so exactly. uh, so while while they're apart um putting in you know putting on new flybacks new hots uh redoing you know total cap kit service uh you know a couple of adjustable pots and and stuff like that so so dude that that's really you know that that's really what i've had going on and uh I guess the only thing pinball related that I've had going on is, um, dude, on my Tron, I've decided that uh, uh, along with installing the um, the uh, uh, lighted ramp mod, you know, from from Eli on uh, on pin bits, is um, I took the uh, took the legs and the hinges and everything and sent them out for powder coating. And um, oh, what co- what are they factory? Uh, are they black. Chrome? Oh, no, they're no, black. They're, they're black. Okay, factory. All okay. right. And uh, what I've done is. Um, is I saw a post on this on Pinside, and Terry, who runs Pinball Life, 
at one point uh, actually offered up a set of Tron rails, you know, what would be, I guess, be considered armor, you know, and the legs and the hinges, and they were powder coated orange as a complement to, uh, you know, to the coloring of, of the game, of the Tron pinball machine. And dude, uh, as with most things, when I see it and I fall in love with it, then Whitney's got to Whitney's got to do it, okay? And and come one way or the other, uh, it may take me years, but once I get that image burned in my head, I I don't rest until I've accomplished that, you know. And that's just kind of the way that it goes. So, um, I I've contacted Terry. Uh, he has no plans on rerunning that orange armor package for Tron ever again. He's like, you know, that was. He's like, you know, I appreciate you contacting me. And he was very cordial about it. He said, I appreciate you contacting me. He goes, it was a great seller, but at this point I have no intention of doing it again. It's like, okay. I'm betting there was a lot of logistics that he had to work you know, out. And I, I'm betting it, it was, I'm betting it was tough. If you, you know, I've done, um, I've had some powder work stuff done in the past for yeah. cars, yep. car, car parts. Yep. And you've got a, um, I mean, you've got to have a good person. I mean, it's, it's like paint in terms of prep. Yeah. Well, and it's heavy stuff to move yeah, around. Yeah, it's heavy to move around. you got to worry about shipping it. Shipping and, it. That's right. Um, it, so. it, it, it is. There, there's logistics involved, and you're you're only going to go to the extent that it's worth for you. And Terry, I, w- I would assume, uh, hopefully he made money on it, but he probably didn't make as much money as it was trouble, I would think. Did he give you an idea of, of uh, what the, you know, orange isn't orange isn't orange? Did, you know, was he able to share with you the type of powder that was used so that you could... I, you know, I asked him for the color code on on the powder, and he was he was cool about that. That's cool. But uh, but outside of that, I didn't I didn't press I didn't press further because oh, yeah, yeah. you know he 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 was he answered the question you know yeah, he and, help, so yeah. he, he he helped me out so he did me a solid and that was good and uh, so I've got the legs um, and I've got the hinges and I've got uh, the armor um, sent out uh, sent out for powder coating and uh, getting done in that same orange so I'm waiting on that to come back so I'm, I'm really looking forward to do that to, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the results of that if it all works out uh, then at some point soon I'll probably do the same thing to my ACDC and get it done in red um, you know I've got pros on both machines but uh, you know Whitney's not uh, you know Whitney, Whitney's not above not you know not blinking them out a little bit <laughs> because dude it, it, you know something it makes me happy it makes it stand out it makes it stand out I like it a little bit of a modification it, well, yeah you know something when I, when I look at them and and it's and when 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 you look at machines pinball machines especially seem to respond to the bling really well and I'm not saying I'm bling heavy or I'm I'm, I'm bling infatuated or anything but when you see things done tastefully and you see things done well and it complements or completes or rounds out what the what the package is then I'm all for that. I've I got no problems with well, that. Just take a look at the dirty hairy behind it. You know, oh, yeah. I, I had a couple of folks comment on it. The legs are factory black, mm-hmm. and of course, everyone knows you know your typical black uh, black coin door. I did them in a high gloss, huh? and I, I mixed as to doing it again. But in all in all fairness, I mixed. They, they, because, do, they do look good. I think they look great. Yeah, they they, they do. Um, and it, it, it makes it kind of pop. Yeah. Even yeah. W- even when the lights are out and the black lights are on and it's doing things down here. You, you can see the sheen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it catches the light and it pushes something back. And, and it's those little things, Brent. It's those little things to me that mean a lot, you know. And uh, just, just like when I was working on my Donkey Kong, um, dude, uh, the T-molding was not bad. Okay, but when you you're, you're in it that deep and you want it to look it, just that much better, you want it to look just that much better. And and uh, and I've done I've done new T molding on the Project Flip Flop machines as well. You would not believe just the difference mm-hmm. that clean white T molding 
makes. And to me, it brings an enjoyment level to the, to the work that I'm doing to the game. Because when you stand back and you look at it at that level and you go, wow, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can see doing this again. I, yes. I don't know if I'd use the same products Yeah, yeah, because it just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with how the application went. It took a lot of work to get them like that. But dude, the end result looks to be yeah. worth your time. And you know, looking at how, looking I at, you, I'll, I'll grab a picture of that. Okay, too. Yeah, yeah, looking at how it came out. I mean, I enjoy. The, I like the look. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I if too. I tried it again, I might try a little di- something. Yeah, but but what you're saying, what I hear you saying though, is the result that you got was worth your time investment because because it you're you're getting satisfaction out of out of what you've done yes and when you look at it you say you know something i didn't just put it back i made it right and and, and that's that's the way that i look at it this is the way williams should have made this (laughs) and you know i I know just just like with what i'm doing with project flip-flop i know people are going to say well you know he's he's uh he's defacing uh factory orange donkey kong jr and it's like Okay, that's fine. My Donkey Kong Jr. hadn't gone anywhere. It's right there. Okay, so the worst thing that I did uh, essentially was use art on the wrong cabinet, I guess, if you were to look at it from a factory perspective. Yeah. I mean, technically, you could switch the whole thing back in 15 minutes. You just pop the control panels. Uh, yeah, and that's pop the control panels, move the bezel, move the marquee, and move yep. the PCBs. And, uh, and, and, you know, Is the core wiring even the same? Uh, no, because the Donkey Kong 3 uses the edge connector. So you'd have to change that, but... But that's no big deal. I mean, you know, so yeah. so you do a harness swap on it. Okay, so so maybe it takes you forty five minutes or an hour to truly revert everything. But when this stuff sits in a row and you you come in you come into your game room, you flip on the lights and you you know you've got a nice you know ice cold you know Miller light in your hand or something. You want to sit down and play some games. You want to be very satisfied with what you've got. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and it's your game. It's, yeah, it's your it game. Is. But uh, but nonetheless, so so yeah, Brent. So that's what I've been working on. That's what I will be working on. And the only other thing that I've got going on. Or that's what I will be finishing up, and then the only other thing that I've got going on over the over the next month from an arcade perspective is, um, yeah, and I, I hope my brother's not uh, not listening to the, to the show here. Uh, first time I'll ever say that, that that I that I hope we don't have a listener because I don't want my brother to I don't want to ruin the surprise. But nonetheless, uh, I'm his favorite game is Centipede, and uh, I'm re- I'm redoing a Centipede for him for Christmas. So that's what I got going on. So so he gets he gets a refurbed uh, Centipede for Christmas. What are you gonna so do for your sweet. co-host? What are you gonna Huh? Uh, what? Uh, you know, Brent. Hold, hold, <laughs> He's on, on the spot now. Hold, hold on. on. Chinkle, chinkle, chinkle. You know what that is, Brent? That's a bucket of coal. That's a bucket. Of coal. <laughs> no, dude. I. You know what? We we, we, we got to sort that out, don't I, we? No. <laughs> But now, Brent, that, that's he, what, I, that's what get, I've had going me, on. He's going to give me the business end of a broom. The business end have. of a broom. That's exactly right. It's like that Duck Dynasty commercial where you know, Sai's putting, uh, he's putting coal in everybody's stocking. Oh, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's funny. But now, Brent, that's that's what I've had going on, dude. That's that's what's been up, uh, you know, been going on in Whitney's world. Yeah, I think. Um, I think we beat the. Horse I think to we death. beat the horse to death. Yeah. So uh, uh, I think with that, we will close this portion of yeah. the podcast out. And, yeah. Well, uh, why don't we flip flop over and, and uh, hop into the deep dive? All right, sounds All like right, a plan. Let's, let's do it. Whitney, I'm going to go ahead and kick off uh, the deep dive segment for this uh, episode. The now infamous, infamous deep dive segments, exactly. These have been a lot of fun so far, Brent. I've, I, I've enjoyed I, I've them. enjoyed them, yeah. So, Brent, what, what are we talking about today? Well, I'm going to cover something that's... Uh, um, Pseudo technical, and I want to talk about uh, broken neck board repair. Okay. Now, now, Brent, now educate me and and the listeners a little bit. What's a broken neck board, and why do I care? 
if on the back of your monitor, on the back of the tube, you know, coming from the chassis, uh-huh. which is the main PCB, the main board for the monitor, yep. there's going to be a small, smaller board. Certain, a, this is a smaller circuit, smaller circuit board, board yep. with a socket on it, and uh-huh. that socket fits on the pins that come out of the back of the tube. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I've come across quite a few broken neck boards, and, and strangely enough, for anyone that's ever intentionally or accidentally uh, broken the neck of a monitor. Well, I, I was going to ask, how, how do neck boards get broken? I mean, it seems to me like they pretty much do one job, and they only do that job well when they're in one position. Correct. Yeah, so how, so how do these things get broken? Either uh, the chassis come off the uh, you know the, the monitor for some point for some reason and okay. Okay. you know maybe it's been stepped on or um, you know it was left dangling for some reason someone slammed a door on it. And you know I have had I've had or stepped games, on it stepped on it maybe. Uh, I, I covered mean, that. Uh, oh my I bad. I covered that. <laughs> Was I not listening? Were you not listening? (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) In all fairness, Whitney was Whitney was readjusting over there. So I was. was. He he was. He was focusing on not like uh, smacking the mic. I'm not making noise. Not making noise. Yeah. So stepped on. um, You know, you drop a chassis if you're working on it. It, Oddly enough, you know, I have had a lot of games where the monitor has been in it, the board is on the neck of the tube. Uh huh. And it's broken. Whether you know it, it has slid like the you know the see, see prior episode where we've talked about moving games and you know the, the, it's made contact with the back door. Okay. And, and strangely enough, when you look when you look at a neck board, it's it's you know ostensibly the same material as any game PCB. It's roughly the same thickness of a game PCB from that era. It's okay. somewhat stout, and the neck is pretty fragile yeah oddly enough i've come across it works yeah, yeah i've come well i've come across a lot of of monitors where that neck board has been broken or cracked yeah and the monitor itself is you know the tube is fine yeah you just got to repair the neck board yeah so what what got me to uh, to think about this for the show was the pack that i had mentioned in the earlier episode okay when i got it it had actually had a broken tube okay now what kind of monitor what, 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 G- kind, of, what kind of monitor was in that pack it was a geo7 it's a geo it's an electro home geo7 electro home geo7 so okay and, and i've done this with um you know uh any any wells gardener monitor you can imagine you know seven thousands i mean it's it's the same general technique mm-hmm. and, and don't think it's limited you know what i'm going to talk about to to neck boards you, you you can use the same techniques and the same methodology to fix broken traces on pcbs um if you've got a linear power supply for example like uh, in some of your mcr games that are prone to acid damage now an mcr game would be like uh, tron a tapper a tapper spy hunter spy hunter yeah. uh, my domino man domino man uh the two tigers i've got setting down set yep. down there uh-huh um any game with a battery on it pinball pinball yep. mpus yeah you know once yep, yep. once you clean the acid off you know you still got to rebuild the board to some degree so right uh, the same techniques will work there as well. Okay. You know, I've had a, um, um, I have uh, in my own accord run, you know, the wrong voltage up the wrong trace and watch the traces evaporate Just on a board. Evaporate. So you know you've got it. You've got to rebuild it. Now, so, now let me ask you this, Brent. Before before we get into this, when we're talking about a broken neck board, we're talking about an inoperable neck board. Not a physically no. I'm talking busted. physically broken. Oh, you're talking. So we're going to cover physically, physically broken, like it, like it took a karate chop from Chuck Norris. Yes. broken, right? Yes, and you've got 
uh, two or three pieces or four pieces in your hand. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Physically broken. All right. That is, you know, that and that is a, a great distinction to make because yes. there's, well, my game's broken. Yeah. Versus what I is it physically broken? Yeah. So. Is it physically or is it just not operating Correct. properly? No, yeah. This is this is a physically broken neck board. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Okay. Then, then Brent, by all means, carry Bow. on. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, you, you, you kind of got two situations to start with. One, you're holding two or more discrete pieces in your hands, or basically you've just got a crack, and it isn't actually separated. Um, the techniques are the same, okay. at least that I use. All right. Um, but it's, it's kind of how, how do you want to start it? it? To a degree, you know, you're going to have to turn around, and you, you've got kind of got to get it stabilized, yeah. the, the pieces. So aside from a soldering iron, a few of the things you do need, you know, I, I really like to, to bring out the old hot glue gun. Yeah. So if I've got a couple discrete pieces in my hands, yeah. I'll line them back up. Uh-huh. And that's how you adhere them all back it, together. Correct. And I'll okay. go. I was going to ask that. I'll go back to the solder side. Yeah. And, um, of course, you just kind of got to dance around anywhere where there's a trace, even though the trace is broken, mm-hmm. physically split. Um, you know, you'll have some clear spaces in there to t- tack it more yeah, or less, yeah. just so that you've got it stable. You Almost know, like spot welding, but without uh, without welding. So you're you're just picking and choosing where, where exactly. you put the adhesive yeah. at. And yeah. you, you, like I said, you just want to get yourself a couple places to get the two halves stable. Okay. That way, you're not trying to juggle on iron solder the 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 whatever you're going to use to jump the trace and then uh, two pieces of, of PCB. Okay, so, cool. Right. Okay, cool. So so now we're at the point where we're sticking we're sticking the board back together. Correct. Yeah. So now you're you're at the point of just all right. Now I've got a jumper all everything that's broken, which you you can see across the crack across yeah. the split. Yeah. Uh, where all the traces are, and then of course you can see where they start and stop. So okay. What I like to do is I'll just basically pick one side or the other. Okay. And then I'll just work my way across the break. Yeah. Looking forward a little bit, and this will become a little bit more clear, but you want to look forward a little bit because you can get to a situation where um, uh, you, you want to understand how far you've got to go to make the bridge. And this okay. will make a little bit more sense in a, in a minute. And you also want to make sure that you don't get yourself in a situation where you end up uh, causing a short because you've okay. allowed basically what you're using as a bridge to wander over onto, onto another, another trace, onto another trace, or onto another repair. Okay. okay? Now, now, when you talk about how far you've got to go, how far the bridge you've got to go, what you're, what in my mind's eye, what I see you referring to as, is how far back from the two cracks or from the suture point, I guess, are you going to go back onto good trace material? Is that correct? Some people will do, I've seen folks do this, um, to trace quote-unquote material, where okay. they'll actually, they'll scrape back the solder mask. Okay. I go all the way back to the next solder pad. So, you know, imagine, you know, uh, you've done most folks that are listening. I believe have done a cap kit. You know, so you've got that pad where your like your component comes through and you solder. Yeah, and it's then like the, the little donut hole that exactly. the legs stick through. Yeah, exactly. Of the, of the legs of the capacitor stick through the board. Correct. Yes. So you know, you, you know, everything in this vintage of game that 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 we tend to deal with is all through hole. It's all, so it's through a hole just like that. Yeah, through the, the donut hole. Through the donut the, hole. Yeah. So so it's all through hole, and that would be in. That would be in uh, opposite of like surface mount or something along those lines, Correct. right? Yeah. Yes. Correct. Okay. So yeah. we're going to have a. Com- I'm just trying to level set, dude. That, that's all. No, yeah. no, no. That yeah. makes perfect sense. You know, because yeah. um, 
I have, you know, I by no means know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, me, me neither. <laughs> but, me neither. But, I'm, I'm just, you know, a, you know, I'm just, I'm just a dude with guns, you know? So I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just going to solder. I'm going to go after it. Solder. I'm going to solder, solder something. Solder, I'm, I'm getting at it. But I, I guess, um, you know, that's a mistake that, that uh, a lot of us make is, is that is something that we've done quite often. It seems, you know, secondhand to us or old yeah. hat or whatever, whatever term right. you want to use. And someone that's new to it, it just may not make sense. So, well, you know, and, and it may be very daunting. I mean, they, they exactly. don't. And, and, and Brent, I'll say this, not to segue, but I'll segue just a second if that's okay. Yeah. A lot of times if you don't, if you're um, not willing or you feel, if you're not willing to master these types of repairs or you feel that it's that it's something that that you just don't really want to do, or you know, or get into because maybe it's too much to take on. I mean, man, it, it can be debilitating to your enjoyment of the hobby because these things break. You start to rely on other people. And you start to rely on other people, and I'm, I'll, I will say this, Brent: relying upon other people is not the issue. It's relying upon other people's schedule and their exactly in their desire to put you in front of themselves because while you're waiting on somebody to fix your tempest board that's uh, exactly what you're doing yeah. and, and and so you've got to get to a point where you've got a modicum of um sustainability on this you know right. and being you, able you've to got to have you, if you can you can pseudo master a handful of skills you can knock out a vast majority of your issues you're 70 percent sufficient right there off the bat yeah okay yeah so anyway so i'm sorry about that in that well in that vein you know a monitor pcb is is good practice because your your monitor pcbs they tend to have much larger traces Uh uh-huh uh much larger solder pads And um, you know, it's it's like being able to draw with the big crayons. Well, and and I'll I'll say this on on monitor PCBs uh, or chassis uh, chassis PCBs, it's very easy to 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 trace the traces. Exactly. Yes. Ta- take they're your, not very fine. They're not very fine, and you can take your digital multimeter, your DMM leads, and you can play uh, find the uh, find the continuity very easily mm-hmm. on those. And so, monitor, I, I'm telling you, to me. And I've heard uh, I've heard other collectors say this. I've heard um, John Jacobson, uh, Black Dog Seven, say this on on their on, on his uh, podcast, Arcade Outsiders. One of the things that he noted that is so fun for him in the hobby is monitor repair. And you know something, man? I'll I'll say that that's probably one of the more rewarding aspects of this hobby. I'll I'll, I'll second that. I'll agree with that. That's like cleaning the windshield of your car. Yeah, because that's that's a lot of bang for the buck. It's a lot, dude, a lot of bang for can, the buck. If you can fix your own monitors, you and, are, and they wear so much. It's a very yeah, consumable. Yes. If there's such a thing in yes. this world, a consumable part. Well, and when you look at it, you get a game, it's all busted, okay? And maybe it's got you know, uh, maybe it's it's got a perfect tube, okay? No burn, and you say, oh man, that's worth it. Or I can take that and put that in another game. Just being self sufficient on monitors is huge in your longevity in this hobby. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if you, if practice if someone wants to practice the things i'm talking about you don't have to go out and do it to that geo7 you know if if you don't have a spare geo7 that's either broke or you want to break go or get a, a VCR. 46 get a vcr go an, an old stereo amp or something go or a five dollar television you know pull the chassis out of it break the neck board and then take the, keep the tube though you keep the tube if yeah. it's arcade compatible and if it's not take it over to the recycler you yes know? exactly so i mean you can practice these techniques it's it's not that it's you know, don't be afraid to jump in. Yeah. So, um, so you now we need to start bridging, bridging the, um, bridging the traces. Uh-huh. Okay. So 
pick yourself a trace. And like I said, I tend to like to start at just one end of the, end of the break or the crack and then work myself, work my way across. Okay. Um, I don't like to, I don't scrape back some of that solder mask, which is if you look at a PCB and it has, you know, the majority of them have that kind of that green look. Yes. That's a mask that's over the traces. And uh, the only exposed, quote unquote, portion of the trace is that little pad that that you actually solder to. Now, let me ask you, what do you scrape? What do you scrape the the mask back? I don't. I don't. Now, I've I've had to do something like that in the past, and I'll use a... uh, um, like a, a hobby rake, knife, a hobby knife. So okay. I can get down or, or and like just, an exacto knife, yeah, like an exacto okay, knife. All right, and it just it, it does not take a lot to start moving that solder mask off. <laughs> no, it's, the mask is thin, and it seems like the trace is even thinner. Exactly. Yes. Especially some of the Williams boards, like yeah. the actual P- game PCBs. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. Man, so man, they are so fragile. They are. They are so fragile. Yeah. That's a whole other topic about uh, socket yeah. removal. But yeah, yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, man. You compare some Williams boards to like Nintendo boards or Atari, or even Atari boards. Mm-hmm. I swear. I think the Williams boards are like the most fickle of them all. You can sneeze and blow the traces off those things. Yes, yes. So uh, we've picked the trace that we're going to repair. And what I do is I just walk back the trace on either side of the split to the first component that has a leg up through the trace. Okay. You know, so there's a solder pad. Yeah. And And a juncture point. A juncture point. Yep. And what I'll do is I've got a desoldering iron, so I'll just clean that hole out on either side. So if you've ever done... And those babies clean quick. Yes. Yes. If you've ever done a cap kit, you can do the same thing uh, with a desoldering braid. You put lay the braid on it, lay the iron on it. It heats the braid up. Solder gets heated up, and it's drawn into the braid. Mm -hmm. Or um, actually, Whitney, we need to see if this is still out there. Uh, Radio Shack used to have a little iron. Okay. And when I say used to, I mean, within the past couple of years, it wasn't something that, that has disappeared since they've gone into, like, cell phone world. Well, I, I was going to say, if it's if it was at Radio Shack, it's, you can almost guarantee that it's not in a store. It would only be online. Well, I'll, I'll look. I'll make a note here in the old Mead and uh, see if I... What's that, Brent? I'll What'd make you a say? note in the old Mead. In what note, now? The Mead notebook. Oh. <laughs> that thing, yeah. Got it. Not in that newfangled tablet thing that you've got, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. Exactly. That technology stuff scares me. Fair enough. I, I do love that mead notebook. Oh, no man. Brand. Nothing nothing beats the mead. Yeah, right on. Um, I, I'll go, if Radio Shack doesn't have it, I'm sure that it's still available. And basically, imagine uh, a pencil soldering iron, your your typical, you know, $10, $15 um, soldering iron, like, you know, for throwing your toolbox. And the tip was bent at 90 degrees. And... Um, there's a uh, um, a little tube, if you will, that that runs the body of the iron, and there's a bulb on the end of the tube. So you could hold it kind of like a pencil, and then put your your forefinger on the on the bulb, and uh, then you lay the tip, which is at 90 degrees, over your joint. And then once the solder starts to melt, you just let go of the bulb, and it draws draws up draws the solder right up in it. You know, dude, I've not seen one of these, but it sounds like a really handy thing. You've to not have. seen one of those? No, I have not. And well, if anybody heard me typing on my newfangled tablet thing here, um, because typing on a me notebook just does just nothing. Get but nothing. Uh, nonetheless, but I, I am here on Radio Shack's website trying not to buy cell phones, okay, <laughs> and uh, and iPod cables, but. Um, Nonetheless, yeah, I want to. I want to look for that. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Continue on. Well, it, it, at got, a minimum, got my interest peaked at, at this point. At a minimum, I've got a. Uh, um, I do have a couple of pictures, so make sure you check out the website. You know, if you've downloaded this off Stitcher or uh, uh, one of the other iTunes or iTunes something, or, yeah, please yeah. come back and check or out Xbox Music. We're X, on okay. There. Yeah, okay. we're on there too. 
please come back and check out BrokenToken.com because we will have a couple pictures of the repair that I did on this particular G07 that'll show you you can you can look at that and it'll it'll help draw together what I'm explaining. Yeah, if, if we get and, a picture of that, man. That yeah, and then awesome. I'll uh, I will go ahead and I'll pull out. I've got one of those irons because that's that that's what I started with uh, many years ago, and I still got it and. Um, you know the, the the tips were readily available and it, i mean it worked really really well so regardless um like i said i don't like to scrape the traces back and i don't like to try to solder to the traces i just go back up to the next component and uh, um yes that is it whitney it, i found it yeah that is it okay then i have seen one of these before okay so yeah okay it's almost yeah so it's this it's the desoldering iron with the bulb the you know the, the the little vacuum bulb on top of it yes and that was the sound of my of my surface clicking back together <laughs> to the keyboard it's pretty sweet how it does that you know and um and yeah then it has the right angle head on it yeah. so yeah exactly okay we got it we found it we will make sure we got a picture of it in the show notes and, and in, for, in the blog for those that haven't used it I've I've tried those I've tried the uh, uh, something called a sodapult. Sodapult, yeah. If anyone's ever seen one of those, Man, but dude, they wear out so fast. I, I just uh, the tips do anyway. Yeah, I, it 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 was not long before I square filed it, and uh, by square filed is Kentucky term for trashed it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, I've I've I still use solder braid because there's there's instances where solder braid is very helpful, so I keep a lot of that around. It can get where a tip cannot. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I I do have a um um I've gone through a couple different um actual you know, production style desoldering irons. What's your favorite right now? Uh, I've got a Hacko. Okay. You know, I've got a, an 808. That's that's what I use as well. And then yeah. I've also got, an, uh, uh, the number escapes me, I think it's like a 243 or 245. It's a, it's a desktop, it's a it's a bench top model. Ooh, nice. Yes. Really? So, so it, it has like the case and it has the case and then the vacuum, the vacuum cable and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's got a self-enclosed, it's, it's doesn't nice. need what they call shop air, which yeah. is compressed air. It's got a pump built into it and okay. it's got a, like a uh, equivalent of kind of like a wand. Yeah. And, I think that's the kind Edward uses too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he uses uh, that style that where style. you've got like a, yeah, it's a bench yeah. top, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah, they're, so. real, they're really nice looking. Yeah. So I back up to the next available component, and I do like to you know I do like to pull that solder out just so that I'm not trying to put fresh solder into old solder. Um, sometimes you do want to run a little fresh solder in, and this goes for anything. If you're having a hard time desoldering. You know, you've got a lot going on that you're trying to heat and the tips are a little different shape. And if you're trying to do it through braid, take some take some fresh solder and uh, and quote unquote reflow that joint. And then you'll be able to remove with whatever your, you know, your remover of choice is much easier. So anyway, back to the topic at hand, I'll clean the holes out and then I got to bridge. the I got to bridge that gap and touch those two points, one on either side of the break. So what do you do that with? So first of all, you know, let's let's bring up the the one of the gods of, of arcade gaming, Bob Roberts. And he's the man. He's the man. Yes. Uh, well, I'll make sure there's a link to this out in the show notes. And, and by, by me ma- making sure, I mean, Whitney will put a note in the show, <laughs> a link in the show <laughs> notes. Typing as we speak. <laughs> so he's got, if you've, if you've not scrolled toward the bottom of his main page, he's got all kinds of like informational fact type pages. And one of them is a broken neckboard repair. He does it a little different than I do it. Uh, he does scrape back the traces. And he actually jumpers the gaps with paper clips. 
He'll take a paper clip and an SOS pad and he'll he'll rub that shiny coating off the paper clip to get it back down to basically bare metal and then he'll use that as his medium of choice to solder right there just either side of the brake and and make his repair. So if you want some some stock, if you will, you know, paper clips, I've never used them, but you know, Bob seems to have had success with them and it, it's useful to go ahead and read the article and see what he does. What I like to use is wire and I'll either use, um, you know, a, a, a braided or a stranded wire, 18 to 20 gauge. You know, if it's a real heavy trace, like if I'm doing a power supply, I might go a little heavier, but I've not had an issue with that on a monitor. But what I really like to use is the legs off capacitors. So whenever I do a cap kit, Unless I'm running, you know, if I'm running low, I'll do it. I'll, I'll try to save whenever I clip all the positive legs off, the log- longer legs. When I clip them, I'll throw them in a little bin, like in a, you know, like in a little storage bin. So I've got a, you know, I might have 50 or 60 or 100 in there, depending on what I've been doing. So now I've got all these little conductors, if you will. So if I'm going to bridge a gap and say from con- from junction to junction across that gap, I might have three quarters of an inch well I'll grab one of those legs and I will you know they're very pliable they're easy to work with uh, you know the leg off a resistor if you get in a pinch because resistors are inexpensive and you're not out much uh, the leg off of an inexpensive uh, um, uh, ceramic cap you know if, if you think ahead a little bit mm-hmm. like I said I've, I've I know when I'm running low next time I do a cap kit I'll save the legs mm-hmm so if I, if just I clip them off just and, when I clip yeah. them off after I've soldered them in, I'll throw yeah. them in this bin. Yeah. You know, if I'm working on something and I've got a long leg and it's a, or it's heavy, like it's from a, a bridge or something, yeah. rectifier, I'll throw it in there in case I need a heavier piece of material. So no, that's, that, that's good advice. You know, just that's a little something you can save and economize and, and it's right there for you at the next repair. Right. Yeah. You know, the alternative is, is when you're dealing with wire, wire is you, you can't really form fit it. You know, it kind of, you're kind of wrestling with it a little it's bit. It's like pushing a snake. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So I'll pull my bin out. I'll, uh, uh, take a pair of needle nose pliers and I'll I'll just kind of put some bends in the leg to form and follow where the original trace was. Okay. And um, I'll either put a little hook in the end of it so that the, the little stub of the component that was in the original solder pad, I can hook over it. Or if the hole's large enough, I can hook down and drop right in the hole. Okay. You know, and I'm doing all this from the solder side. Yeah. The component is on the components on the opposite side of the board. That's right. So then you kind of get into that position of uh, I've got solder, I've got an iron, I've got a PCB of some type, and I've got this little piece of lightweight media, whether it's wire or a leg. Right. How do I juggle all that? You're pushing a snake uphill. Yes. You know, right. or you're pushing yeah. a piece of rope uphill. Yeah. You, I'll use a, um, anything and everything i got sitting around to prop the PCB up. I've been known to – I'll take the solder – and I'll, I'll wrap it around my finger, almost kind of like a ring, and have it hook, you know, hang off, kind of like the beak of a bird. Uh-huh. And I can hold with my thumb and my uh, my ring finger, and then use my index finger and bring the solder right on in, right to where I need it to be. Um, you can also take solder and put a ball of it on the end of your iron and just tack it there. Uh-huh. Put a good solder at the other end, and then walk back and put a good clean solder on the original side so you you know just it's a technique thing you've got to figure out what you want to do you know there's a million ways to do it 
um, you'll you'll be frustrated with it and you'll you'll finally kind of get in the the stride and you'll think why didn't i do that to begin with yeah, so yeah. the moral of the story is is what i like to do p- pick my trace uh-huh. get the first c- closest component from the crack going out on either side of the of the crack slash break yeah clean the hole out make something out of either a pcb leg or wire mm-hmm. to bridge that gap Okay. Now, again, if I, if you use a PCB leg or anything that's bare, make sure you follow the trace and just make sure, you know, you keep everything spaced so that you don't short, <laughs> yeah. tack it into place. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of the, one of the benefits of using either solid wire or, um, just like a component leg is that'll help add strength. Kind of like Bob mentions in his length, his, his length that we'll provide when yeah. he uses the paper clip. Yeah, I, I've got it. So yeah, I've got it in the, I've got it in the notes. It'll be in the blog post. Okay, so and like I said, as you do it, I, I like to just work from one end to the other, but you do have to look a, a little bit ahead so that you don't end up getting yourself in a position where um, uh, something something goes awry and you end up with a couple things, you know, inadvertently touching and, and you you create yourself a, 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 well, a, a, a fire. A far. A far. A far. A far. A far. Far. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make more sense later. <laughs> show title. Show title right there. <laughs> Um, so if you do use wire and you use stranded wire mm-hmm. and, and for folks that, that may not know the difference, solid core wire is when you, you know, you, you go ahead and you strip it back and you've basically got one conductor, mm-hmm. relatively but, thick conductor. Yes, yes. Stranded, you'll have multiple conductors of the same diameter, yeah. but there might be a dozen, depending on the gauge of the wire, with kind of a little twist in them. Yeah, a little twist. That's right. I like, before I use those, I like to tin them, which is away from everything else. I'll heat, them, heat that very end up with a soldering iron and flow a little solder into them. That way, as I'm working with it, I don't end up with a strand that kind of flies loose and ends up touching something else. That's a good point. So, and then it also helps, like, if you're going to try to shape the end, like uh-huh. you want to make a little hook to hook yeah. around the component that's in the hole that you cleaned out, you can take a pair of needles pliers and put a nice little twist in it, and it doesn't fray. It doesn't fray. It doesn't and, fray. And that's the biggest thing, because when, when it frays, the solder tends to... You can't control the solder because what you're targeting and what you've got, they they, they just it makes a mess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so just work your way across the split and just carefully watch. Make sure that you don't inadvertently cross a couple of traces. You know, it's pretty apparent, especially on monitor uh, a neck board and in most of the monitor chassis, the traces are rather large. When you line the pieces up and you tack them together with a little hot glue, you'll yeah. be able to see exactly where, uh, you know, this trace is and, you know, side A, side B, and yeah. then you follow those back to the next component and you just make a bridge. And it's yeah. just a little, it's just a little bit of a repetitive process. Yeah. And when you mean by the traces being large, you mean you're talking about how wide, how they wide are. they are. Yes. yes they're yeah. easy to see. Either they're wide or they're very thin. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You, know, you don't, there's, there's usually not a, um, uh, an, an overabundance of traces when you get up on a, on your average neck board of your standard resolution typical arcade monitor um, gets a little heavier you know a little the number of traces get get count goes higher and they get smaller as you start getting into your medium res 25s and stuff like that yeah. but you know if you're doing a geo 7 it those are great places to start yeah, so yeah they, they are senios senio same way yeah you know, any of those so once you've got all your traces jumpered 
then I'd get the hot glue gun back out because okay. now you've got an idea of, you know, now that you've got all your jumpers in, you know um, what you've got left in terms of real estate. Yeah. And I like to fill that fill that real estate in with hot glue. Now, let me ask you, Brent, before you hot glue everything, how do you test that your work is good? Well, I don't hot glue over the repair. I hot okay. glue the real estate that I've got remaining between it. Oh, okay. 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 So initially you just want to tack. You know, just so that you kind of got them stable and you don't have to, you know, it's not a balancing act, juggling okay. act. And then once you've got your repair in, then I, then like I said, I go back and fill in that of those voids and that open real estate. And the reason being is if you have to go back and do any kind of rework. Okay. Okay. And, you know, when it comes down to testing, you've got to put it on the tube and fire it up. I mean, it's just, it's, it's that hold your breath moment that we go through whenever we do anything and put it all back together. You know, what's going to happen, man. I, you know, so when, when, every time I finish a cap kit, and especially when I do one with a, uh, you know, when, when I when I do one with a flyback or anything like that, um, first time I power it on, seriously, I have a fire extinguisher. Within yeah, you're reach, ready to go within reach, <laughs> and uh, I put on a set of safety goggles and I turn the other way <laughs> because I, dude, you know something I know, you know, you know if 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 you can discharge a monitor and uh, not hurt yourself. And you can go through these repairs. Chances are, if you're into it at this point, chances are you've done it reasonably well. Um, but you know something, it seems like this can be a halfway dangerous hobby too. Yeah, let me. Here's the monitors a, are really dangerous. Brent, here's a good. Uh, they can be. Here's a good uh, tip that that is related, but a slight divergence because it just happened to me. Okay. I've done this before, and I didn't learn my lesson. Well, you didn't lose a finger. No, I, but it was it was touch and go was it okay yeah what, what happened um i had mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast that i added a hydro thunder to the game room so i had to do some chassis work on it okay and it, in the in and out you know um i've of course discharged the monitor before i took the chassis off and when i discharge i'll discharge it and i'll wait a couple minutes and i'll hit it again hit it again that's right so i took it apart now have you ever gone to put a chassis back on and there's been a charge that has developed back in the tube and when you've put the anode cap back on, it arcs. Well, now here's the thing: um, I've not had the arcing happen to me, but what I have, uh, what I have come to do as normal practice is before I put the anode cap back on, or before I before I do anything that's going to be remotely close to powering the chassis back up, I discharge it again. Well, I had skipped that step. Okay. And, and I do the same thing. Yeah. And you know, so even though it's, a, it's it may be just the slightest little, the slightest little blink of light, you say, I don't know how many thousands of volts that was. Yeah. Well, but... when it goes through the tip of your finger and feels like it blew a hole through it, it, it doesn't care if it was, you don't care if it was the slightest little wow. arc. Yeah. Really? So, so you got bit. Yeah. So I had, uh, um, yeah. it, it, you know, Folks may ask, how do you discharge, you know, with the anode cap out? Because everyone knows, and you know, maybe this is something we need to cover in a, in a later segment. When you go to discharge, the tool, that the probe that you're using to discharge with, you slide it under the quote-unquote suction cup. Mm-hmm. Well, there's yep. no suction cup in it, well, you know, because it's in the chassis. So what I do is stick it in the hole. Touch to the hole, exactly. Yeah. Touch to yeah. the hole, because that, that hole is, is not really... That that hole has a bottom to it because yep. it's really just a detent inside the tube. It's like itself. a metal cup. It's like a metal cup that goes down into the tube. Right. Um, you can think about it. It's almost like a little. Um, 
it's almost like a little, uh, for lack of a better term, like a little nipple or something that po- that that protrudes inside the tube mm-hmm. itself. So what I do is I take my discharging tool and I will hover the end of that really long screwdriver over the over that anode hole, and then if it if I don't get anything, I will actually stick it into yep. it to where it bottoms out. Yeah, and, and and I'll tell you what, there's been times where it actually oh, yeah. goes pop, and and I'm and I'm standing there, I see and, it and more, I go, and I I go. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> because, I see it more often with, yeah. with the quote unquote classic monitors, you know, your, your G07s, your uh, 4600, your 4900s. And I had the chassis out of that thing a, a few times in and out, in and out within an hour. And I got sloppy and I reached up and pow. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Is your, is your reassembling a monitor? Yeah. Yeah. Dis- discharge on both sides of the, of the action on the disassembly and on the reassembly I, side. I, I will, I will wholeheartedly agree because, um, yeah, yeah. It's not fun. So. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's not fun. And you know, you would be surprised what those caps will actually pull back into, yeah. into themselves. So yeah. Oh, very, very good advice. Very good advice. So, um, now here's a little thing, and, and I've got a picture of this too. So I, I encourage everyone to check this out on on uh, BrokenToken.com. Once I've done a repair, you know, I may not remember in six months if I have to open that pack up. Okay. Or I, I'm sure there's another game that's down here that I've probably repaired, and I may not remember that. I I couldn't point to one now, but I wouldn't be surprised if I opened the back door on something to do something, and, and it, I had repaired it. I'd fixed the neck board. Okay. So from a neck board perspective, what I like to do is um I'm, I I I think I hope most folks are have seen at some point in time the little. Uh, cardboard cards that tend to be on neck boards and mm-hmm. a lot of them have been lost over the years but yeah. generally there's a little like a um, just a cardboard card that's that's uh cable goes tied over, goes over the back it goes over the back of the neck board yes. okay yeah. now if there's if there's not one on the neck board get yourself a manila folder or some medium weight cardboard and roughly trace the neck board and cut yourself one out poke a couple holes in it and then cable tie it through the holes that's in every neck board that i've yeah. ever seen yeah so I'll get one of those cards or I'll make one out of a folder and I'll roughly draw, trace out the the crack or mm-hmm. cracks. Mm-hmm. And then within that boundary, I'll make a note, you know. Oh, so you're like documenting yeah. the repair. Board has been repaired. Don't yeah. grab here. Yeah. You okay. know? Fair, fair enough. Fair and enough. I mean, do you date it and stuff like that too? Usually when I cap kit, I date. Okay. Cool. You know, if for anything so that I know. Yeah. But. It, so when I open, say that Pac-Man right now, I can go open the back of that Pac-Man and I'll see that and, you know, it'll stand out. I'll do it in a in a blue or a red Sharpie, something that's that's bright. It contrasts against the card. Yeah. And I won't just reach up like if I need to take chassis out of it and grab it and then end up, you know, <laughs> popping that ear back off again. And now I've got to go back and do, you know. What, in, in, in busting the board yeah. at the seams that yeah, it was exactly. repaired on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's so fair. I'll trace that out. And I'll make a note in it, something that's real noticeable. And then even if it's not broken, Mm -hmm. I'll either put one of those cards on typically or I'll use the one that comes factory. Okay. And I'll even I'll even label the the uh, the pots on the outside on the back side that's nice so that i can look in and i know what which is my red drive and which is my you know you know and and that's actually a good idea to do even if you haven't done a repair because that way you can you take the door off of the back of the game and then you look at that card and you don't have to stoop 
over the neck board and trying to, to figure out trying to figure out what pod is what or get the manual out if you don't yes, remember and, or, and that's and that's good because what typically happens when you stoop over the back of a monitor on a game that you just turned off is you put yourself in a position to be uh to be shocked yeah your foreheads you by the anode your foreheads by the anode and uh you know I, I you know insert whatever joke you want to insert here but uh, all things you know when, when it comes when push comes to shove Man, the monitors, yes, I said, I kind of said a little while ago, it's probably one of the most rewarding aspects of working on the games. It's also one of the most, <laughs> one of the, one of the most uh, uh, troublesome and dangerous yes. aspects when, of working on the When I started game. working with the arcades, um, I said, okay, well, I, I want to stay away from monitors for yeah. a while. Yeah. And the very first thing I had to fix was a monitor. Was a monitor. Yeah, same, so. same for me, dude. I, you know, you think it's like, oh, well, I'll find the ones that don't need work. Ah, doesn't exist. It, These things are 30 years yeah. old, dude. They, they all need work. As a, as a standard, you know, kind of a standard thing, whenever I bring a game, either for the game room or if it's something I'm doing for somebody, which is very rare because most of the stuff's just for me. Yeah. You know, or I do have some excess pieces that have come along and I know I'm going to turn the piece over. Mm-hmm. I, I always rebuild the monitors, even to. if they're working. You, you know, have to. It makes so much difference. It does. Well, and even here on my Project Flip Flop, my Donkey Kong monitor has got a host of issues. And um, Brent, you ought to see the caps that I took out of that. I chassis. can imagine it was it was laughable. I I took a picture of like three of them that were just in the worst of shape, and I'll I'll post them on the Facebook page. But the Donkey Kong Three, uh, it had a very good picture. But you know something, Brent? It had factory, factory Sanyo cap. caps on it, and even though it had a beautiful picture, it's like those caps are thirty years old. I wonder if uh, I wonder. Well, I'd have done it too. Oh, you know, yeah. I'd have wondered. If, I, I almost wonder if it looked that good if it was just moderately used regularly, kind of well, like an old TV. You know, you can yeah. get a TV from nineteen nineteen seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty. Turn it on if you can get a signal to it in this digital world. Yeah, nine times out of ten, it looks great. Well, you know, here's the thing, uh, and and you know something, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and say probably what a lot of what a lot of collectors are thinking right now. Probably the reason why the Donkey Kong 3 looks so good is because nobody plays nobody it. Nobody plays Well, yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Brent? Uh, everybody wants to everybody wants to hate on Donkey Kong 3, but you know something? I liked it. I, I love it. I liked I it. I love that game. I've played a dedicated... I've played... No, not dedicated. I've played an actual Nintendo, not a, not a multi-game. I've, yeah. I, I've got on a multi-game. I like it, and I've yeah, played I, it. Originals, I like it. it. Dude, Donkey Kong 3 is a fun, haters fun gonna, game, but haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate, Brent. So, Which, but yeah, you're right. So let me draw it all back together. Okay. So cool. basically, you got your, you know, you got your neck board, and you're sitting there holding two pieces, and um, you got to start by stabilizing them. So tack them together with a little hot glue. Yep. Um, pick an end, and you're going to work from that end to the other. All right, and just that way you're not hopping around. You try to be a little methodical about it. Uh, look at the trace you're going to repair. Uh, work your way out from the break on that trace on either side of the break and find the first component okay. that comes in through that trace remove the solder make yourself a quote-unquote bridge and i think when i did the pack i don't think i had to use memory serves i don't think i had to use any wire i was able i may was able to do it all with uh component legs okay all with capacitor legs which are a lot easier because once you form them they're in there so form your bridge, uh, tack to one side, good solder to the other, and then come back to your tack and make sure it's ni- a nice, good joint. 
move on to the next and just watch as you go especially if you're like i said if you're using these component legs because you know they're open air Mm -hmm. you know it's not like a a sheathed wire an insulated wire so you just want to make sure that if you follow the traces pretty well you don't have to follow them exact but if you follow them close enough you're not going to have anything bump yeah so and subsequently short out and uh, exactly oh uh to add now one thing i do also like to do on a broken neck board this is kind of neck board specific i do like to go ahead and pull all the solder out and then re-solder the pins to that socket okay my theory is is especially if i don't know how it got broken i'm thinking that the chassis was bumped or the back of the tube was bumped there's probably a cold there's probably cold solder joint and if it was you know if it was hard enough to break the pcb probably broke the solder it it, chances are you know that 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 socket is quote-unquote relatively stable because it's attached to the tube and it would have been torqued or torqued so i go ahead and i redo all the uh um i redo all the pins for the socket okay so and then like i said to kind of finish out um any of the remaining real estate you can go back and hot glue to add more stability and then i'll either make or use the existing cover card if you will yeah and i'll trace out where the break was and label it accordingly and then just for ease of use i always label the pots on that card too so okay well brent i'll say this you know i picked up a, a lot from this discussion and i've i picked up some things that i will do differently just by listening to this, I, I think there's some real gems there in what you discussed. And if you do nothing else, then just the then just the discussion on the neckboard card right there in and of itself is something that everybody can do, whether they have a broken yeah. neckboard or not. I do that when and, I cap kit, and they'll, they'll they'll come out for the better. And you know something, man, I I'm going to go back and um and and hit a couple of the a couple of the games that i've got finished at this point i'm going to do that real fast while my memory is still good on them yep. you know and so yeah no dude i, I tell you i, I appreciate that oh that's, and, that's good and stuff another thing we talked about uh, date date your cap kits date your cap kits now, i think yes. bob uh bob includes now he does, he does now label. he didn't used to but he does now i've always there if you work at walk in my shop i've got a, a, an assortment of uh of uh, uh masking tapes yeah and that, that's not a, a medium of repair it's usually yeah. for me it's a, a medium of labeling labeling that's exactly so. right yeah and and you that's a very good point i i'll use a combination of different widths and different types of masking tape and colors and even blue painters tape mm-hmm. you know blue painters tape is good not permanent because it won't stick permanently yes. but it's great for labeling stuff as you're disassembling things exactly or, yep. you know what what monitor did this game come from but when it comes time to make the permanent label you can't depend upon yeah, that. It'll fall, got, it, yeah. it'll fall off. It'll fall off. You got to go with something else. But no, Brent, that, that's that's good, man. I I think uh, I think there's a lot of good information in there for for everybody. Now, Brent, what what I'd like to talk about here on the deep dive segment certainly not going to. It's not. I don't think the topic is is as detailed as what we just covered on on the broken uh, on the broken neck board repairs. But one thing that I have come uh, come across and done quite a good bit of work on over the past month. Uh, on my Nintendo games are high score save kits. And so I wanted to cover this real quick. I, and, uh, you know, like I say, there's, there's not going to be a, a tremendous amount of detail here, but I think it's, it's definitely worth talking about is, um, 
if if you've got games and you're struggling with uh, you know struggling with documenting the high scores or uh, enabling free play on on a lot of the games or, or this or that, there's a couple of um, there, there's a couple of vendors that you can check with. Uh, most notably, uh, Bra- Scott Scott Brazington, and he runs a site uh, Brazington.org, and we'll, we'll have a link uh, in the show notes. But now, I haven't been on Scott's site in a long time. Yeah, is he still developing safe? Kits, high score skate you know, kits. I talked to I talked to Scott uh, about two weeks or so ago, and he is still building kits. Yes. I mean, like new stuff. Now, like now new developing new developing. kits. I don't know. Okay, okay? I, I I I don't know, and I would probably want to say I would probably want to lean towards no. He is not. But the one thing that I will say is he is still building the kits. And he is still doing work on the Asteroids uh, multi-game kit, where oh, okay. it's, it's okay. Asteroids, Asteroids mm-hmm. Deluxe, and Lunar Lander uh, all on the same kit. I did but, not realize yeah, that. Yeah, because, okay. because he said if I wanted to order one of those, I needed to give him a little bit of lead time so that he can build them out. Okay? So... He is still he is still very active and still doing work, but I don't know of any new products that he is developing at this point in time. Okay, now with that being said, I, I mentioned the asteroids, asteroids deluxe, and the lunar lander multi game kit with high score save on all of those. Um, so those are available. He also has. Do you know uh, what you know which game that board that's based on? Uh, asteroids oh. is, is what that is based on. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so well, I may so, have to visit Scott's site again here real you, soon. You should, and and I would encourage everyone, uh, everyone in the hobby to um, to to do some uh, to do some shopping and spend some money with these guys. Okay, because yeah, Scott's a great guy. Scott's I've, a great guy, and, and it, what, you know what's cool about him is every time I email him, like within that day, he emails me back, and he doesn't just give me an answer; he explains. He explains it, and he explains why it is, or this, or that. So it's the answer plus, and and I, you know, I'm the kind of guy that likes that, you know. And so, uh, it, it's always neat to get more than just a yes or a no, or here's a PayPal link to spend your money. This, you know, this so is Scott, already Scott's cool. That this way. is already very educational to me because it in in my little world. I have never considered yeah. a high score safe kit. Oh, you should, Brent. It just, I just, they're, they're they're great because, you know, here's here's the thing. I don't want to remember how bad I am. Well, I, at the I, game, I understand that. <laughs> I understand that, and and you know something, I'm not good either. And I know. I, I love to play. I get tremendous satisfaction and I have a lot of fun by playing but I'm in no way shape or form and am I in you know in my world record material okay <laughs> but that being said what I do like to do is keep uh keep a record of the scores or at least have the machine save the score so that you come back to it a, a week or two months later or whatever it is and you've got friends over you got family over uh, or even if you're competing with another family member at least the machine at least you're not working against the machine to try to keep progress yeah you know so but I, and with everything there's there's schools of thought on that but um i'm a big fan of them so scott has got uh kits not only for the asteroid machine uh i think he's got one for space invaders as well um i'm not that much into space invaders so i t- for whatever reason space invaders and me just don't jibe so it, i i just I have a hard time getting enthused about that title or anything going on with that title. So whenever I see Space Invaders, I my, I just mentally gloss over it. Well, if, I, if you are a Space Invaders, if you are a Space Invaders fan, I mean, I mean, no, no ill will towards the game. <laughs> it, it just it just doesn't do anything for it, me. It, this I'm fairly certain I'm remembering this correctly. And, and folks out there, you know, if anything, it give you a, a place to research. But I think Scott's kit actually does a RAM test. 
and provide yeah. some other functions? Yes, yes. It, it, all of his kits do more than just save the score. Okay, okay. they they feature on uh, a power on self test or what would be considered like a post on 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 a PC or you know on on a computer. So um, it does you know RAM check, ROM check, uh, and it, you know checks certain uh, certain interrupts, uh, certain processor function, basic processor function, and they power the games power up to a screen that tells you you know everything's good you know you're ready to play and then um like with with his nintendo high score save kits uh you get a user configurable timeout where the machine stays on that screen for you to look at everything and then you can say okay i want it to stay on the diagnostic screen for 10 seconds and then when that 10 seconds expires or elapses go go on and move on to the attract mode of the game now if it's a multi-game kit like donkey kong and d2k Jumpman returns you can have it say or you can set it to either default to to starting donkey kong or default to starting d2k and then there is a there's a button combination uh, that you can push uh, in or hold down on a certain button like player one button or player two button or whatever and then it will uh, it will trigger the CPU to or the kit and the CPU to switch and then you can switch between games that way and have it save the score for either one and, and, and things like that so so Donkey Kong D2K is there Donkey Kong Juniors there's a high score save kit for that Donkey Kong 3 Mario Brothers Popeye uh, so on down the line. Uh, I did not see one for uh, for Punch Out or uh, or any of the other uh, you know Nintendo titles that fall outside of what I've just mentioned. But those are also the, the Nintendo titles that I think are probably going to appeal to you know that would appeal to most people. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Scott's kits are great. They're very easy to install. You just pull the CPU. You take his his little daughter board. Uh, it comes with um, it, it comes with the CPU and in and in in the uh, CPU pins to go back into the CPU socket itself so it, it essentially rides on top of the CPU socket so like on a Nintendo board you pull the Z80 CPU and you take the Z80 and you put it into you put it into the socket on Scott's board and then you take Scott's board and then it has uh, you know it, it has the 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 CPU pins and then um, uh, that th- that are part of his board, not part of the CPU that you just pulled, and they're like a lot firmer and a lot stiffer than the CPU pin. So it makes installing it a whole lot easier because you're not going to like roll the board and bend the pins while you're trying to install. Similar it. to if anyone's familiar with to, with this, I guess uh, um, either the satellite boards like on a pack board, yeah, or the satellite board on like a Galaxian, or mm-hmm. even like if you get into some of the uh, like a Doctor Mario on a versus on versus boards where yeah. you uh, you've got a daughter board you, you, move, got a you pick the processor board. up and you stick it in the daughter board and then the daughter board goes in the processor slot yes and and here's here's a, a little piece of advice i've tried to install these um, i've tried to install these on the pcb stack without removing the boards from the metal uh, from, from the metal mounting plate on the and Nintendo games on Nintendo games and all you're going to do is if if you don't if you don't stop and slow down and go the extra few minutes to uh, to pop the boards off of the mounting plate put the boards on a very uh, firm surface like on like on a desk or a workbench okay what I typically do is put down a foam pad all right and then put the board that you've removed off the stack or, or off the metal mounting plate 
you know, you have to pull the ribbon cables and everything and then like remove the CPU board uh, or, or the main board uh, because like on a, on a Nintendo stack, there is a main board, which is considered called a CPU board, which is where the CPU is, uh, and then the video board. Now, okay? when you say Nintendo board, you're talking Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey 3, Kong 3, Popeye, Popeye okay. Mar- Mario Brothers. See, I've not know, seen a so Mario in all honesty but like the versus boards aren't like that so yeah, no the versus boards are not li- are not okay. are not like that the versus boards are different that's true but um but yeah but for these so I, i'd remove the cpu board uh you know pop it off the the metal plate set it on a piece of of, of foam or something or a piece of cardboard or something to where you can kind of bear down on it because you i mean you you need a surface where uh the board has no give you know where, where the, where the it PC board, it, it, it will not flex and it has no give because you need it to a point to where um, it's where you're not going to crack traces on the board while you're trying to install something that makes the board better. So you don't want to break the board while you're trying to make the board while you're trying to fix the board. Okay, and and that's what you want to be careful of. But uh, now, now for folks that that yep. maybe haven't seen, they're thinking, "Why wow, this doesn't make a lot of sense?" If you've seen a board, I'm sorry, Brent, I tried. If, no, no. If you've seen a board <laughs> stack, yes, you know some. Uh, a lot of games, a lot of classic games have multi-boards. They do. And generally what you have is they're separated by like plastic spacers uh-huh. and they're all oriented the same way. So yeah. all the solder side, all the solder sides of the boards will go one way and all the component sides will go the other and they're vertically stacked yep. and they're they're just separated by little plastic spacers. Yes. And then the whole thing is a unit. Yes. Nintendo has a a carrier if you will that they use for like the donkey kong series of boards and popeye yeah and uh the boards actually go solder side to solder side they, they do and component sides go out, out. Yes. yes yes they do and there's airspace in the middle there, there is so. and, and the problem with the problem with the, with their setup is is that it's fine for mounting and normal day-to-day usage but if you want to do anything against the boards you you typically have to pop them off of that metal plate because all they are just sitting on little standoff feet okay enough to support the board's weight itself but not enough to actually bear down on the boards at all without breaking them okay so so nonetheless so uh, like i say so you install the daughter the, the daughter card in the cpu socket fired up and then set the options and away you go you now have you know high score save kit for those for those aforementioned games and um you have some uh some uh low level diagnostics that you can that you can use and it works out really well the other uh the other um individual that does a lot of high score kit uh, for the community, and he's probably one of the more unsung heroes within the arcade community is Matt Osborne. And Matt, is that Ozzy's brother? <laughs> Matt, Matt, if know. you hear this, I'm sorry. I'm sure <laughs> you, Matt, that was Matt, that was Brent. That I'm was sure you've Whitney. only heard that a thousand, <laughs> thousand times. Like I've yeah. heard, are you are you Andy's son? <laughs> anyway, okay, it's like yeah, I am. But uh, but Matt. Uh, he frequents the the club forum, so you can find him on there. Um, and Matt runs a site called scoresaves.com, www.scoresaves.com. And what's cool about what Matt does is Matt offers uh, the 
say that the high score kids for for the games that that he uh, has developed them for uh, both in a packaged format okay which usually involves a ROM swap okay uh, or you can just download his he, he patches the code he dumps the ROM patches the code creates the high score save kit and then offers up the patched ROM for you to download and then you burn your own high score save ROMs and then boom you're done so you can choose whether you want to pay Matt for a finished product or whether you want to burn your own ROMs and do it for free Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I wonder it's, where he, it's awesome. I wonder where I, he stores the stores the data so it's persistent. I'm gonna have to go back and look at Matt's. Yeah, yeah. But well, each, it obviously each, works. Each game is different, okay? Yeah. Because because uh, typically what you will have to do is. Um, is definitely burn burn the patched ROM, and then you may have to replace a, you may have to replace uh, one or, one or two other uh, dip chips on on the board with you know something uh, that's battery backed. Okay? okay, I got you. Or or something that is um, that will maintain that will maintain the data after gotcha. it's been powered okay. off. Okay, so but he has all the details on what chips to buy and things like that. Okay, oh, awesome. so for for each score safe so or high score safe kit. So he's got uh, or free play kit. Uh, however it turns out so he's got um or kits that he offers or games that he offers kits for would be uh, a good example would be gyrus time pilot circus charlie burger time and he he, and then he offers one uh actually for uh for versus super mario brothers as well so and then other games i that that i didn't make note of that that um you know for good or bad that didn't really interest me but (laughs) but you know and and that's i mean that's so horrible to say (laughs) well you know you got time pilot which i'm a big fan of time Pilot. yeah i love time pilot you know what brent i forgot to mention time pilot and i forgot to mention track and field when, when i was going through the game room those are two that i inadvertently left out so so I, I need to add time pilot time pilot and track and field to those lists to to the to that list so well, that, you and i've got quite the century collection you know something man i really like the games i, I do they're fun it, it, you know they, they came along a little later in in the scene but man the replay value on them it, time and time again it's good stuff yeah and, and gyrus is one of my faves all time one of my faves so 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 brent that that's that's what i wanted to cover if you're interested in you know high score saves if you're interested in free plays uh you know you're not left to always um you always just have to you know flop the coin door open and and, and, you know roll up the credits or or lose the high score you need to just really do some research in the community uh clov is a great place to start and um and and if you if you just do some hunting around you're going to find you're going to find that there are a lot of options out there so so scott brazington and um and then matt osborne are both doing a tremendous service to the community for what they offer um there there are um you know there there are games though that do not have high score save kits developed for and may not be able to be developed for um you know one of them that I'll uh, that I'll mention or that, that comes to mind uh, real quick is Super Pac-Man. They're uh, like a free play kit for Super Pac-Man. I've I've heard there I've heard discussions around a high score save kit for that, but uh, but you know the, the the hardware for Super Pac-Man is completely different from Pack or Miss Pack, and so uh, there's some there's some protection mechanism uh, some protection mechanisms built into it's hard word to say mechanisms built into <laughs> that game that do not exist for Pac-Man or Super or, or Miss Pac. 
impact man. So it's it's completely different. So you know, it takes time for these people to do this work, and it's a labor of love, and it's not it's not trivial, it's not easy, and it's not quick. So that's the reason why, to bring this all back around full circle. It's the reason why we need to support these people. We need to spend money with them so that they will be incented to continue to do the work that they do. So uh, so that's that's what I've got for the deep dive, uh, Brent. I'll have both links inside the show notes. And uh, I, these kits work. I've used several of them. They're good stuff. And so, uh, like I say, let, let, let's, let's hope we see more. I would agree. I yeah. would agree. Like, you know, I, I know I mentioned I'm not a big high score save person. In the, it, you know, I just it's never appealed to me. But the other, th- in, in all honesty, the other things that the kits bring along. Um, uh, I know I'm probably kind of unique in the high score save realm, but the other things that the various kits bring along are, are you know, they're well worth the effort. You know, they're worth the investment. They're worth the investment. Yeah, so yeah, they are. Know, the, um, the, I definitely know Matt and, and Scott are an asset to the community, um, especially when it comes to, you'd mentioned, you know, labor of love. Your, your, your time pilot isn't going to be as popular of a game as like a pack, you know, but it, that there was probably enough of a following or or a love of that game by that individual that that you know that made it worthwhile. It makes, it makes absolutely, it worthwhile. yeah, you know. yeah. So, so that, that's it, Brent. And and uh, I'll tell you what, Brent. The one thing that I wanted to cover before we uh, before we hop out of the deep dive is um, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, a couple of releases that have happened uh, over the past uh, week to week and a half. Uh, we we cover uh, we mentioned this in the um, in the interview with uh, Jeremy and Matt Flights and I, I think that actually comes after uh, after this segment uh, you know based upon based upon how we have have everything ordered but a couple things I wanted to touch on real fast is in the pinball world we've had a couple of recent developments Stern has they they've had a couple of announcements over the past two weeks I, I would I would say is probably the best way to say this is they have continued the uh, the release of their ACDC line with what is now uh, called the Lucy edition. And uh, Brent, I don't know if you've seen this or not before, uh, but uh, go out to Stern's website and it's it's plastered all over their website and it's it's cool. Brent, this is uh, this is um, a new artwork package for ACDC, uh, the ACDC pinball machine, and it harkens back to you know what I would consider the you know the 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 70s and early 80s type of uh, animated art style, uh, and it looks it, it's it's cool. It features a, a female uh, like like a she devil, okay, and I, what I would guess would be like Lucifer as a female. That's the reason why it's Lucy L U C I, you know. And she's, that, she's well, got, that, that fits with ACDC. It's it kind fits of with the, ACDC. the devil horn theme and the ladies, the ladies and the trains and all that. <laughs> so it fits. And um, and Lucy, she's a she's a very she's a very she's drawn very well, Brent. She's uh, she, she's uh, she, she's got her curves and everything in the right spot, so she's drawn well. She's uh, she fits for pinball. Let's put it that way. And uh, and it's neat the way that they've done the artwork style. So I, that's probably the best. That's probably the best way to say so, that without crossing any lines, you know. But uh, but Lucy's easy on the eyes. She's she's fun to look at, and um, and it, it's it definitely brings a different. Per- 
perspective to ACDC pinball itself. You know, I so, pers- it looks a lot like the Metallica art. Oh, the art style. Yeah, the art style is very reminiscent of what what Stern has recently done with Metallica. Do you know if the artist is the same? You know, I don't. I, I really don't. But but dude, I'll, I'll say this. And for anybody out there listening, uh, go out to Stern's website, take a look at this. I, I think you'll like it. Now, is, because- the, is the playfield? Is it the same? Game? Did they change the playfield as well, art-wise? Is the whole game like an art package or just the cabinet? No, it's from what I can see and the pictures that I've seen, it is just the cabinet itself. Okay, so it's so, the cabinet in the head. Okay, okay. It, it have have got this new artwork on it. Um, it, it's it is the same playfield as the premium edition. So, so it that's had, got the lower. It has play the field. lower playfield. From the pictures I've seen, I don't believe that they have changed. Uh, that they have changed anything, at least on the upper play field. Um, you know, Brent, I, I, you know, something this shows um, where I should have done a little more preparation in anticipation of your question. But I don't know if they've changed out the lower play field uh, from the devil face mm-hmm. to something else. Uh, maybe they've changed it out to, you know, to, to a Lucy face. I, I don't know. So, but at the end of the day, it sounds like just from what we know, it's going to at least have the premium play field. Oh, so, it, de- okay. it definitely has the premium play field because it does. Have the upper and the lower play field on it, and it has the you know it has the uh, you know it has the the uh, the ball changeover uh, you know from one side of the play field to the other, and in the magnetic capture and everything like that. Uh, it's just this is pretty new, and so the Stern's uh, website's got some pictures on it, but uh, some pictures of the play field and everything. But I wasn't able to discern if the lower play field was actually different than it is on a on a normal AC. I'm gonna have to go premium. look at that. It, you I, should. You owe it to yourself to look at it. It's I was kind of. Now I know they. I'm, I'm fairly certain I know they reran Elvis a few times. Oh, they did. I, I, I did okay. not know that. I, you know, I, I. I. This is where I'm. This is that talking out loud, and there's people out there going, yeah. "No, they did. No, this. they did not." And, and, admittedly, yeah. the Elvis machine was before I got into. I'm pinball. fairly certain that they reran Elvis a few times, okay. and I don't know if they've done that with other pins. Um, they've done it with Tron. They they've rerun oh that's Tron. right they did rerun, they, they rerun Tron. Tron multiple times. Oh have they yeah, three, three if I, if I'm not mistaken. Got it, it didn't did they rerun ACDC originally too? Has that been rerun? Not that they I'm did aware rerun of it. Tron. From what I understand, they've ne- they uh, they they did a. They've done the run of the um, of the limited editions. Those are those are done, and they've been running pro and premium uh, for for the duration at this okay. point. Okay, it seemed like on the on the acdc side uh prior to the lucy i i what i'm thinking of was someone i know that picked a game up and i bet it was just something that was you know left over at a um it, it was still in a warehouse you know such and such you know yeah, they just didn't left over new and box yeah i, I didn't yeah it, it was ta- uh, ear uh, earmarked for bob and bob yeah. ended up falling through and yeah. i've got an extra game sitting here well so, you okay. know i mean that that's how i bought my tron when, when i picked up my tron um i've got uh i've got one of the second run second releases of tron ba- and, and, and the way you tell the difference is the trans lights that it came with okay and so oh they, they even changed the trans light? they changed they changed the trans lights with each run so I've got one of the second edition or one of the second run trons uh, based upon the translate that I've got. And so um, is it significant? Uh, yeah, the translates are different. I'm going to have to go look this yeah, up. They're, they're completely different pictures. I'm fairly know? certain now that you say that when they reran Elvis, they did uh, um, and not like a fundamental, like a core change, but mm-hmm. it was either 
the ramps were different color or something. Yeah. You know, regardless. Yeah. yeah. So so something something to differentiate it, but uh, but none, nonetheless, so they've they've got this Lucy edition for ACDC, um, and it uh, like I say, it looks good. I think it's going to be a good seller for them. I hope it is. I think it's cool to differentiate, uh, you know, to differentiate, you know, this this edition from the from the rest of the ACDC line. I don't know how some of the premium uh, you know owners are going to feel about it, and 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 so on down the line, but. But uh, it, it, to me, it's a good-looking game. I, I think it's, I'm going to have to I think take a cool. look at it. I think it's cool to see Stern stepping out in a bold direction like that, especially when um, when a lot of their – and, I, man, I, I, you know, I don't want to be flamed for saying this, but their licenses and the artwork that goes along with the licenses tend to be a little formulaic to me. Um, this this is a pretty, for, bold, pretty bold departure. Formulaic in that – in that it's hard to be original with it's, the artwork when the you're artwork has locked to into be, a theme. You're locked into the license, you and, know? and you tend to you tend to take actors' faces or whatever faces. Yeah, you know, Metallica. I guess Metallica stepped stepped man, out you, of it. If man, you want to get into the did, philosophy of that, if you want to get into the philosophy of Stern, I mean, you're not dealing with and licensing. You know, of course, this is all our. our just made up off the cuff well, but this, this you know is, this is our opinion yeah, you yeah know? exactly so, so you you're can't, not i mean you can't take any of this to the bank i mean th- this is just this is just how you and i see it feel, exactly. feel about it and we talk about it you know if you're if you're doing a movie theme you're in competition for uh the, how the actors want their likenesses to appear mm-hmm. and you have you end up with basically clip art and a lot of times stuffed all over the place <laughs> yeah so, something uh, that's recognizable but is but is not Accurate. What was the uh, what was the uh, um, Sylvester Stallone Wesley Snipes movie years ago? Demol- Demolition Demol- Man. I think that there there was a there was a lot of argument with the translate. I don't know. I, I, th- I heard this in an interview somewhere. Okay. There was an argument on the translate because one of their heads was bigger than the other, and they had to go back like two or three times until they balanced the size <laughs> of like Wesley's and Stallone's. You know, that's what you're tied to. Yeah. Whereas something like Metallica. Um, they're pretty recognizable. It's a smaller set of folks that you can work with, and they lend themselves to say, "Oh man, it's cool. Let's just do all this crazy caricaturish type yep. art. It's, and, let and, it rock." You and, know? and it works. It worked out. Like right. on Metallica, it, it completely worked out. But when you look at a game like, or, not a game. I'm sorry. When you look at a license like um, the Avengers or mm-hmm. Star Trek or X Men, uh, you know, or, or even you know, even ACDC or something along those lines, Iron Man or whatever, you know, what the license is is what you get. Yeah. It, because it's it, let's take Star Trek for example. It's very hard to veer from what Star Trek is and say that they knocked it out of the park. They, it's very hard to be extremely original because you have to honor the license. Right, and by honoring the license, you can only do so much. Now, you know, but gonna, you can make it look good. And, I, and I'll tell you what, man, like the Star Trek, the the, the LE edition of Star Trek, man, it looks really good. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it first off, admitting that I have not seen it. Okay, okay, but I have I have heard, it, and part of this is I don't want to see it because I'm I'm probably a more of a closet Trekkie fan than I'm willing to admit. Oh man, me and my I, wife and I'm I are a, total I, Trekkie fans, I like, dude. I do like the Trek. Man. Uh, and, you know, yeah, and I really, I, 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 I really like the Abrams movies. I, oh, I like how they've gone. I really, awesome. I enjoy them. From music to flow to production yes, to everything. I think they're I'm a, great. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of those two movies. Huge I, fan I, of those I, two I really, movies. I you love know, them. the only, the only, 
when he does, we may have to do another podcast here. When he, <laughs> you know, it, I really want when when Abrams does you know Star Wars for Disney. I want to see an Enterprise. <laughs> Just, okay, all right. Regardless, all right. I've, yeah. I've got way off base. Yeah. Um, I have not seen it, but I have heard and read a lot of the scuttlebutt. Uh, about people just thinking the playfield art looks kind of bare, mm-hmm. and my understanding is is that that was was it Steve Ritchie that did that game. He told yes. the I'm artist, shaking my head, yes, okay. Yeah. He told the artist, which is another known artist in the pinball. I want you to look at that, and it looks like a star field. Uh-huh. That's you know, I don't want it cluttered up, and it's kind of. I, I almost wonder how he got away, quote unquote, with that because of having to stay true to the license. Yes, I want Star it's a Trek challenge, you know. Emblazoned all over everything. Yeah, well, and and you know you can go you can go really too far too quick. Yeah. with that. But at the same point, you know if it's going to be a license like Star Trek, it has to have certain things in it. You know, it has to have, you know, it has to have you know Kirk and Spock and and all of the supporting characters. It has and to an have Enterprise. the Enterprise. Yeah, and it has to have this and has to have a certain theme to it. And you can't really veer from it, or else, or else people are not satisfied. They won't be satisfied with the theme. So, mm-hmm. so you're kind of almost landlocked into doing a certain thing, and you can't. Uh, I'm sorry, you're almost landlocked in making artwork that that is to a certain formula and has a predetermined look to it. Okay, mm-hmm. or at least a predetermined set of of uh, constructs in it. You know, so that, that's where that's where I'm trying to go with that. Yeah. I, I guess is probably and the, on the, the ACDC back to, to bring it all around with ACDC. You're kind of almost in that Metallica, you know. Total opinion. You're almost yeah. in that Metallica range where the it's just the band. It's just the band. So you there's a lot of interpretation you got to do to make it interesting, you know. And, and I think they did it with Lucy. I, it, it's it's really it's really neat. So yeah, Brent, go out there take a look at it. Uh, all the listeners, uh, give give it a shot. I would be very curious to hear what you think about it. Go out there take a look, which means you know, uh, try your. You know, this is why I don't go look at those because mm-hmm. I'll end up trying to go. I'll end up calling. Um, uh, the local distributor and trying to pick one up. <laughs> Gosh, no! It's very easy to spend yeah. money. The other one that I wanted to mention, Brent, before we uh, before we wrap this uh, this uh, portion of the segment up, is um, there is uh, also a new release uh, from Stern. It, it's it's I'm sorry, it's not been released. They've just announced this this particular pin. It looks like it's coming out. I would say probably first quarter next year. Is they have announced Mustang Pinball, okay? And here, here's the thing. Um, you know, I I tweeted on this after I saw it, and uh, admittedly, Brent, I I took uh, kind of a, a, a dump on it. If you want to know the truth, just just to say, when it. I I saw the uh, I saw the announcement yeah. from Stern's Facebook page, yeah, and I mean it. We're four episodes in, and you know I don't try to harp on it, but I think no. everybody knows I'm a car person. Oh yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I think we figured out in this episode, you know, I've always kind of messed with Pontiacs. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I, I'm not a Ford guy. I've oh, got no, a Ford no, truck. No, no, no. I like the Mustangs. Yeah, oh yeah, dude, the but Mustangs look good. I, I go ahead with it, and, and I, I bet you're you and I are in the same camp. The, here's the thing: as much as I as much as I love cars, and I'm I'm a car guy too, Brenda. We we just not explored where where mine goes. Okay, but um, as much as I love cars, Whitney and, has the biggest Hot Wheel collection on the West Coast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but as much as I, as much as I love cars, and and you know, and 
the you know the theme of of certain certain marquees and everything and as much as i love the mustangs and i think ford has done some really cool stuff with the mustangs and they and they look very good very appealing to me okay with what they have designed that car into when i saw that when i saw what stern did with the commercial with their little video short and and kind of how they how they um build it so far I, the only thing I can say is I was just very underwhelmed because I, when I look at must when I think about Mustang pinball, I'm like, what is the rule set? What is the yeah, what what's is the goal? What's the goal? How do you make that license or that theme? How do you make it into compelling pinball? And I guess that's that's what I that's what I want to know. That's what we all have to wait for to find out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that Stern knocks it out of the park because I've said it before on the show. I'll say it again. I want Stern to be very successful with everything that they release because we need Stern. We need guys like Jersey Jack. We need guys like Spooky Pinball. We need guys, Ben Heck. We, we need all these guys producing all this stuff to keep the hobby alive. I just don't see it. I just when it comes to Mustang pinball, I just don't see it yet. Well, first of all, let me correct myself. Whitney has the largest Hot Wheel collection on the East Coast. There you, there you yeah. go. Fair enough. Fair Second enough. of all, and when I saw that, and I haven't had an opportunity to go back and look, but isn't Ford redesigning the Mustang? Are they? I wonder if Stern fiftieth anniversary, man. Okay, so yeah. Stern Stern's probably going to do this and release with the with, with, with the, the Mustang with with uh, celebrating fifty years of the marquee is what the, is okay. what they title it. So so yes, I, I saw I it, saw the ad and it looked to me I was like. This looks like some early release, something from Ford, little short that they CGI'd a pinball in. Yeah. And then, the, yes. then the first thing that come to my mind, you know, in my in my limited pinball career, was um, Harley Davidson, the Stern Harley Davidson. Okay. Which is basically okay. How am I going to take a Harley? And, and make turn it, it and make, make it a pinball game. Make it a pinball game. And it was a like a tour of the U.S. type thing. Yeah. Okay. I get that. And maybe that's what you do in the Mustang. Maybe maybe you do something through the generations with the mm-hmm. Mustang. And you know that's for, a, that's a thought for 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 a marquee for a car marquee to be around for fifty years. It says something about the marquee. I'm not taking anything away from Mustang. I mean, because let's face it, for a sports car to live for 50 years, it's doing something right. So what are the other sports cars that have lived for 50 years? Uh, None. uh, No, the Corvette. Corvette, Yeah, the Corvette. Corvette. So we've got the Corvette, um, America's sports car, and we have the Mustang, um, America's pony car. Okay, so two undeniable um, pictures of Americana, okay? That being said, how do you make compelling pinball out of that? <laughs> I, I mean, it's I don't like, know, Brent. Well, the second thing to come to my we'll mind see. was we'll like see. A, was like a high speed type of a thing. But there's no specific car in high speed, unless I'm mistaken. And the game is built around the evasion, or if that's even a word, evading the police. Yes, you know, yes, it's yes. not built around the vehicle. Yeah, that's right. It's not so, built around. It's not built there's around a game. the vehicle. There, there's, there's a game. There's a game, and there's a point. Yeah. With Mustang Pinball, I don't know what the game will be, and I don't know what the point is. But at this point, nobody does except for the people within Stern. Yeah. And we have to trust that they're going to do the right thing with the game. I think it's going to be a factory floor, and we're going to have to build a Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But uh, but anyway, Brent, those those are 
are, are those are I think the the noteworthy um, the noteworthy news events that have come out you know in the pinball world uh, you know over the over the the past month you know from from uh, episode three to now so I just wanted to touch on them before we end the segment and uh, you know and transition in uh, transition into the next uh, into the next discussion but um, but yeah you know it, it's going to be interesting to see interesting to see what they and do. I've got some homework I go I've got to go actually look at Star Trek. And I've got to go look at ACDC Lucy. Yes. And uh, I've got to do it with a credit card in the other room. Okay. <laughs> in, in the other room. I have my own marching orders. All right. Well, Brent, how about this? Let's uh, let's let's wrap this and let's uh, transition into talking a little bit of uh, restoration. So Whitney and I have made it back to the mics, and Whitney was telling me earlier about some products that are starting to make their way to the market for the the folks out there that enjoy more of the restoration cosmetic side of the hobby you know the the mountain to climb there always tends to be reproduction artwork reproduction artwork yeah Brent you're exactly right and you know in the arcade side of the hobby as well as I know the 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 pinball side of the hobby one of the challenges that we all face is in restoring these games or refurbishing these games is getting access to reproduction artwork and in that same vein uh, what I wanted to t- what I wanted to cover uh, in this particular segment is uh, a, a discussion, uh, you know, a small discussion around uh, reproduction artwork for a couple of arcade games. Uh, admittedly, Brent, I, I'm much more familiar with reproduction artwork on the arcade side than I am on the pinball side. So I, I will, you know, I will preface this discussion. I'm leaning, uh, I, I'm, I'm shaping this discussion around what I know at this point. Okay, I, I think we should, we should do equal time on the pinball side. But admittedly, I need to do a little more research on that as, as to, as to what's available in, in the cycles yeah, and I, things like that. I would agree with you. I know yeah. that. Uh, I, I know some of the pieces are out there just from researching parts they, of games they, that they, I they own. Are, they are. Well, and, and you know what's interesting? Uh, in in one of the episodes uh, upcoming soon, we're going to have an interview with a, a, a pinball collector, a gentleman named Mike Mills, and Mike touches on pinball artwork restoration in the interview that we did with him. So so I, I think we can we can kind of have that discussion alongside with it with that interview. And uh, one of the things that, that I want to that I want to cover, like I say, is, is get into uh get into the artwork discussion okay so for for arcade so so here's what's going on brent um there are a couple of threads on clav right now that are um calls to action or calls for participation in getting in on some artwork reproductions okay now the first one that is going on is one uh, is for a game that i think is probably near and dear to a lot of our hearts uh is robotron now, Brent, I'm I'm horrible at Robotron. I'm no good at it. It's frustrating to no end. I, every time I play it, it makes me want to ram both sticks together and then drive them through the monitor screen. Okay, but you, but you love it. But I love, I love it. it. I love Robotron. One of the one of the gems of my uh, lineup, I will say. Okay, I have no intention of my Robotron ever going anywhere. Okay, it's. Um, I put my Robotron uh, right up there with my Food Fight, my Zookeeper, and my Red Donkey Kong. Okay, they're cornerstones, uh, cornerstones of my uh, of the collection. Okay, so that being said, 
Uh, Darren from Phoenix Arcade, uh, years back, and when I say years back, this is uh, this is like ten plus years ago. We're talking back in like two thousand one and two thousand two. Darren did a reproduction run of uh, silk screened Robotron uh, monitor bezels. Okay, now do you know if then did he do it on glass or did? No, he did it on glass. They're glass. They right? are glass. Yeah. Yes, and so he did this run on glass, and here we are, uh, December of 2013, and um, this thread on Clove is pulling together int- an interest list on people who are willing to essentially put up the money, put you know, put up their their money, uh, whether that be seventy or eighty bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever it takes to get this done per bezel to get Darren to rerun or do another run of the Robotron monitor bezels. Now, um, I have expressed my interest in it, and I am going to jump in on that because my Robotron bezel, uh, it's pretty decent, but it's flaking in some places, and um, it's uh, you know it's faded in some spots, and, and it, it, it could just use the love, okay, is, is, is kind of where I'm getting at with that, Brent. And so, what's see, now you make me want to go out in the garage and pull my Robotron out and see what it looks <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, you know? well, well it, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have the link to the to the pre-order to the interest thread uh, in the show notes, okay? And uh, and on the blog post and I I would encourage anybody who um, is interested in Robotron or thinks they would ever have a Robotron or has Robotron on their hunt list to go ahead and find you know find set aside a hundred dollar bill okay and uh and, and and you know kind of pony up and, and help let's help get this thing done because the way that Darren uh, ran the previous Robotron bezels is he screened the instruction card into the bezel itself. So instead of it being a you know a separate add-on that that's, that was taped to the underside of the bezel when it and then installed. Mm-hmm. So so you know you, you would see the instruction card, but uh, it was you know it was it, it was, was separate. It was the separate art. from it was the artwork, it. and it was behind it and showing up through the glass. Okay, on his he screens the instruction card into into the glass itself onto the glass itself far now is that original like like it was originally done no but is it is it superior to what was originally done yes in my mind it is okay so a lot of the collectors want it done that way i'm one of those who would prefer to have it done that way as well and he also the the glass that he uses also has a very very slight tint to it okay which is which is nice as well because it just cuts down on like light glare from behind you and things like that it's uh so it's got a very very slight tint to it so uh, so anyway, so with this thread, they are they are collecting interest and collecting people who will participate in a pre-order. So, um, like I say, if Robotron's uh, Ro- if Robotron's on your on your scene, uh, I would uh, I think myself and uh, all interested parties would appreciate people you know kind of hopping in on. So the thread. do you know, do you know off the top of your head what his forty uh, uh, forty? Oh, yeah. that's not bad. It's not bad at all when you think about it. So that that's the magic number that I've seen quoted in the thread is. What it would take to uh, you know to get Darren to, to to consider doing another run because it took him a while to sell to sell through the 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 initial run from back in 2002. Mm-hmm. But I personally feel that with you know the resurgence that is that um, you know the classic arcade scene is seeing today. I mean, heck, Brent, we're doing this we're doing this podcast because of a resurgence, you know, because there's increased interest all the way around, both in in you know classic arcade gaming and pinball. Uh, I, I think that the 
this second run would sell would sell through much quicker today. And it sounds like he's yeah. he's trying to kind of front front and load it, which makes perfect sense. Makes perfect you know, sense because you, I, I you know I, I can't I, imagine trying to store a stack of glass puzzles waiting for them to go out <laughs> one at a time. You're you waiting know? for them to go out one at a time when it may take ten years yeah. for them to go out. So so I, I get what I get where Darren's coming from, um, and certainly uh, certainly hope we can see that happen. The second uh, the the second reproduction that I wanted to talk about, Brent, is one that is near and dear to my heart for one of my favorite games. And I'm going to kind of plug myself on this deal, Brent. And um, you know, it's it's shameless. Okay, on top of everything else, you, you want this. To, you want this to happen. I right? want this so to happen. I want this to happen in one of the worst ways possible. Okay. Um, not only is Donkey Kong one of my favorite games, and Zookeeper one of my favorite games, and Robotron one of my favorite games, but the little old game known as Rally X is one of my favorite top favorites as well. And um, I contacted Darren uh, easily six months ago and asked him, you know, Darren, what would it take to get you to reproduce or to do a run, or reproduce and then do a run of um, silkscreen on glass, uh, Rally X bezels and marquees? And he, and he responded back and he said, Whitney, I would need a commitment of, uh, of 10 in insanely low but the but the run number is going to be very low as well okay did he already have the artwork for this is this something he's run in the past no it's it's not something he's run in the past he said he he communicated to me he said whitney he said you get 10 on on either of those and i will go ahead and get the artwork vectored okay so you know get it scanned get it vectored and uh at this point we've we've got enough people to um we've hit the 10 mark on uh on the um on the marquee no i'm sorry i said 10 it was 20 i apologize well still at 20 yeah i'm sitting here thinking through the thread and it's like no 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 it's it's uh it's 20 on each so so with that brent we've got enough for the uh for the bezels but we don't have enough for the marquees okay at at this point in time i'll include a link for the thread in in the uh, blog post and show notes as well now were the rally x bezels up were they on they were glass they were glass as well but they they flake i mean bad they flake bad okay because i'm thinking because the rally x cabinet is the same as a pack and a galaxian right it it is as as a pack and a galaxian not a galaga okay and and those bezels were i mean those marquees were Plex. The marquees, but the bezels were not. Were glass. The correct. bezels were glass. So, and are the rally? I was, maybe I get confused. Are the rally X marquees glass? Uh, yes, they okay. are. They are glass. Okay. Yes. Right. And yes. he has. It, and it, it, it. Man, that's. It's pretty. I mean, if he can do it at twenty, and he's happy. I mean, that's it's amazing. Now, what he's requiring though is a pre-order. Okay, so he's shifting. Once we had the interest, he's a reliable source. Darren is an extremely Extremely reliable, extremely reliable source, and he gets it done fast. When 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 he when he pulls the trigger on it, typically they happen pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Okay, which is what I've noticed about Darren, and I think everybody appreciates that. You know about about him and what he does. So uh, the the reason I bring Rally X up is we. Still need some more interest to get the uh, to, to get the marquees done. Okay, we we've got enough to get the bezels done, and um, at this point, from what I understand, uh, the bezels are actually going to be run by uh, by Rich uh, Rich Lint at this old game is who Darren's going to use for the reproduction on the bezels. I don't know uh, how th- how that would work out for the marquees uh, because we're not at a point where we've got enough interest for the marquees, but. 
If anybody is a is a closet Rally X fan, and they have a a busted up a busted up marquee <laughs> or bezel flaking, uh, faded or otherwise, are, are they that bad? I've seen them on the. They're, I've seen they're, the, they're pretty bad. I've seen that the, I can recall a cabaret Rally X puzzle, uh-huh, yeah. and I was shocked at how how bad it was yes and and it seems like the bezels uh fare worse than the marquees do for whatever reason i don't know why but most every uh most every bezel i've ever seen needs help okay and uh and and the marquees tend to fade and and uh flake as well but uh but nonetheless the reason why i bring this up is because i'd like to uh i'd like to see if there's anybody listening that uh any of our listeners that have a rally x or think that they may ever have a rally x this is probably going to be a one-time run based upon the numbers, meaning you get in now, you get your piece, and then it probably doesn't ever get redone because it's taken six months just to get the interest numbers up to the point to where Darren would even do the bezel, okay? And and he, he told me, he said, due, due to the, you know, the length of time that this has taken and the relatively small number that I'm going to be doing, he's going to require us all to pre- Pay, you know, and, and that's understandable. Yeah, like I said, uh, Darren, it's, it's Darren's okay. got a track record. Uh, Darren will not disappoint. Yeah, it'll be fine. I don't think I would question that. No, with. no, I'm not questioning it at all. I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm just trying to see if there's anybody else who would be interested. Uh, please, uh, please check check out the blog post, and the link will be there. Uh, I, myself being involved with the Rally X, with the Rally X reproduction from that perspective, I would appreciate any and every uh, person's involvement in that. That, even if we just bump the numbers on each by one, that would be that would be an improvement over where we're at right now. Okay, and then uh, then Brent, before we get into uh, the next segment uh, where we uh, do our interview with Matt and Jeremy Flights, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to touch on a series of questions that were sent in by uh, by fellow listener uh, Heath Dudley. Um, and the reason why, Brent, why I'm including them in this portion of the show is uh, Heath has sent us a host of restoration questions that he has, okay? And I want to uh, kind of pick those apart because he's got a lot of good questions there. And uh, one question that I wanted to cover, and I think this is, uh, you know, Brent, when, when, you, when, when, I, when I pop this question out there, I think it's a, it's a little, um, it's a, there's a little bit of humor to it, but there's also some, um, there's also some meat to this as well because once uh, I throw this out here, everybody listening is probably going to shake their head and they're going to go, ah, yeah, no, we've all run into this, Brent. And Heath asked, he goes, you know, in in restoring games and finding um, whether it be artwork or whether it be you know physical cabinet or whether it be me- the, some of the mechanicals, brackets, whatever, he wants to know why are people in this hobby so secretive? on the sources for where they get their games, where they get their parts, and where they get their artwork. So, Heath, that's your question. And, uh, Brent, let's uh, let's talk this through for a few minutes before we get well, into our interview segment. Well, I, I can answer that in short. Why, but why I, do you think I, I don't people think are that so I want to use those words on a, on, a, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brent, we do have a rating that we need to maintain. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. So, so Brent, with that being said, uh, you know, so, so uh, you know, why do you think people are so secretive in this well, hobby? I, I think at the end of the day, we realize that um, the the pieces that we're looking for, whether uh-huh. it's a quality, complete project game okay. or um, 
just a piece for a game that we're working on, there there is a finite supply. Okay. You know, there there some games may seem more common than others, um, but you know, back in the day when you look at looked at games versus population, there wasn't even you know the the ratio was not favorable you okay. know back when things were being produced now you fast forward 30 years and you've got conversions you've got loss you've got <laughs> flood you've got fire worse. you've got yeah. people dropping off trucks you've got all the, you know the, the bit or dudes the, like me hauling when hauling a crazy climber through the rain oh yeah well yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's there's that there's making you know there's making rain shelters and boats out of them too so <laughs> what it, i consider it, beginner mistakes right exactly yes. so you you get in this hoarding mentality you, do. you know and then in some situations you either don't have in my opinion if you don't have space or funds for it but you want to keep it in your back pocket because Just when you turn around yes yeah, when you turn around and you say i'm i'm i know where there's a good rally x bezel mm-hmm. you know and i i don't want to let that info out yeah you know i and I'm sure you've had this happen to you, Whitney. I know I've had it happen to me a blue million times, and I do it all the time as well. When you get in the same space as another collector, yep. Um, at, you have your conversation. Even even people that are counted as good friends, mm-hmm. you have your conversation. You hang out. You know. Um, you do whatever. But there's always you're always looking around, and there's always what do you got? Do you got something to sell? Yeah. You got something going on? You got, yeah. And what's in your stash? What's in your stash? You know, you got yeah. something you want to let loose of, uh-huh. and you kind of you kind of sit on stuff, yeah, because you don't know you don't know when you can get a hold of it again, yeah. And, and, and that's my you know that's my opinion. It's well, I think I think your opinion reflects fact, though. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll just say that before before I give my answer to this question. So so Heath, I, I, I think if, uh, if if you're uh, if you're hanging with us for for this episode, I, I think that's a very good answer to your question. Uh, the one thing that that I'll say, Brent, kind of my my take on this is that along with constrained supply, okay, of of parts and everything, is that what what people have to go through though to get the games uh and whether that be you travel you have them shipped in you uh you 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 pull them out of a barn you pull them out of a basement or out of an attic you know maybe it, seriously maybe a game's been laying up in an attic on a, on rafters for the past 20 years I, you know it, it uh, they, you they, say they, that they, but i i've seen pictures of people that, that have gone to operators and they've got a barn and they look around you know the picture on the first floor looks like it's like where are all the games? Yeah, oh, it, they're up there. It looks like a it looks like a normal workshop. Maybe the guy does woodworking now, or yeah. but there's a there's a hole in the ceiling and there's a pulley at the top and it's full of pinball machines. It's full of pinball machines. Yeah, yeah. and and I think um, I think a lot of people's reluctance to share in this hobby when it comes to sources and things like that is that not only is there constrained supply. Um, and and you hit it, Brent. I mean, when when Atari was making Tempest for whatever number, of, and I just use Tempest because I'm staring at it straight in the face behind your shoulder. When Atari did a run of Tempest, they did as many as they thought they could sell, plus whatever percentage on top of it for buffer for replacement parts. Mm-hmm. That was it. Was it? And they didn't care whether anybody was going to be collecting a Tempest thirty years later. They did not care. They just wanted to make money, right? You know, so. 
the the goals of the company and the goals of the collector are mutually exclusive from each other and so they're 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 not in alignment with each other so because of that uh you know competition for parts and and games is high okay now couple that with the fact that it may take a herculean effort to find a very nice uh, in a very nice condition, Quantum or Zookeeper or something along those lines that is relatively rare, okay, especially in good condition. And you factor in the human strife element to it, and people just don't want to give up to someone who has, who they may feel is has done no work or is just coming by based upon, um, oh, hey, you know, I just kind of lucked into this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Luck. And it's like, why, you know, to me, it's like, why, you know, I had to work so hard to get this quantum. Why would I just want to nonchalantly tell somebody where another two of them are? Well, there's, there's another element to that in that, um, if, if I don't have the space, the funds, the whatever at this moment in time, to deal with going after the two quantums yeah but if i know where they're at somewhere down the road i'm after one of them i'm going to be after not both i'm going to be after one if not both when my situation changes if if a change is required in the situation to make it happen and i know that i can parlay that into something else you know even even if it's a stockpile of parts i mean you can't get a tube monitor now yeah when when i started in uh, the arcade hobby you picked up the phone and you could order a monitor from Hap Controls and have it yes. at your door for, uh, on average, one hundred fifty dollars. They go on sale for one hundred thirty bucks, and you'd yeah. have it. You know, I don't here nor there if it's as good as the old school monitors, but you could have it. Yes, can't do that now. Yeah, you yep. know. So, so, so everyone is precious. You know, it, exactly. It, it, it's 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 a it, it's a it's it's what used to be a commodity item turned rare is what it is. Exactly. And so so Heath, I. I hope that does justice to your question. I hope that answers your question. I I, I think um, Heath, if you're if you're new to the hobby and you're getting in you're getting into this and looking around and saying, man, why is this such a hard hobby to? It's an easy hobby to get into, but it tends to be a harder hobby to stay in. Right. Sim- simply because you know competition for resources is is uh, ten- tends to be uh, fairly uh, you know fairly um, harsh at, at times, especially when games come and go uh, you know in and out of vogue. Like you know, Quantum's a good is a good example. I think Zookeeper is a good example. I, I think there there tends to be kind of games of the year that that collectors get hyper focused on, and then uh, they go through the roof for twelve or fourteen months. They, and they go through the that's right. The, the prices escalate on them for uh, for a year, and then after that, they're right back down to where they were. So for that year, it gets very hard to acquire anything for that game. And when you think about on top, when you think about put this on top of it, and kind of think about this, you know, we we have some terrific vendors that support this hobby. You've got Bob Roberts, you've got Rich at Thistle Game, you've got Darren at Phoenix Arcade, you've got uh, you know a lot of the like Take Man who makes a lot of the metal reproductions, and and you know on Clove, and you know, and there's there's a host of people that I'm I'm leaving out of that discussion, okay, and I, I freely admit it, but because um, it's hard to just pull everybody together, you know, kind of off the cuff like that. But when you look at all of the parts that are reproduced, Brent, for all the parts that are reproduced for these machines today, 
there are not out of the out of the 100 spectrum that probably accounts for maybe four percent of all the parts that would be necessary for all the games and so right yeah. so so despite what's reproduced the vast majority of things are not and that's what makes it so tough there's there's just it, it's not like um it's not like restoring a car no yeah the number of 68 firebirds is limited obviously oh yeah but a lot of those first of all there's there was quite a few yeah and um a lot of those parts can be used in other models Mm -hmm. so you know there's there's reason to reproduce them yeah and uh, um but in these arcade games and you're limited your resources are limited you know you're and, and excuse me your target is limited in that you didn't have 400 models Mm -hmm. you know if you just look at one branch of gm like pontiac you had a handful for that year that you had to address and of those there's only a handful that people really still care about today yeah and you look at like whitney said when you look at arcade games look at all the titles from atari Mm -hmm. look at all the titles from williams bally just in a year just in a year And, and you look at what you look at um if you said a tempest and a centipede side-by-side or a tempest in a pole position side-by-side, you would be hard-pressed to find a significant number of parts that are portable between those games, okay? Yes, maybe the cone buttons for starting, okay? Maybe the coin mechs, maybe the coin doors, okay? Uh, Buttons, yes, but by and large, the cabinets... The marquee, the artwork, the control, the 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 lion's share of the controls, even the, the boards and that, the, that the PCBs, the the boards, the wiring harnesses, the monitor, the, the the monitor chassis, the tubes. A lot of times, I'm not saying unilaterally. A lot of the, a lot of times, a significant number of components in each game is not portable between games, and so that drives up the rarity, the scarcity, and then the the i think the desire for the collector to not let go of what they have because it's so hard to get it to begin with i, I would wholeheartedly agree with yeah. you i mean I, I know i am and i'm sure you are oh i freely you're, admit it you're, yeah. you're setting on some stuff and oh dude and I'm, yeah whitney, I, I know whitney I, whitney's come to me and said hey i need a such and such and yeah um, I, I don't trust Whitney as far as I could throw him. No. <laughs> well, throwing me's tough, dude. I will I, admit. But I've, you know, I've said Whitney, I've got that, but, but I can't. I don't want to let it go now. Yeah. If I know where it's at, I know I don't have a use for it right now. Mm-hmm. You're more than welcome to use it while you hunt to mm-hmm. keep yours up because I know where it's at. I know it's not going anywhere. Right. You know, whatever right, right. that, whatever the that whatever is, that is. Whitney and I've had that conversation. Yes. Um, but I'm not willing to give it up because That's I right. just can't, I don't want to be in the same boat Whitney was in, you know, in this particular situation yes. where I need something and then I've got to start to hunt. Yeah. And you know something, uh, you know, this is something that I've talked to Brent about. I'll, I'll, I'll broach this real quick before we get into the, uh, into, before we get into this, uh, this episode's interview uh, about uh, Louisville Arcade Expo with Matt and Jeremy Flights is that I've been on a hunt for for spare PCBs for all of my games, working PCBs. Now, I have plenty of non-working PCBs as well, but but it has turned into a miniaturized version of the hobby, just finding uh, spare backup PCBs for, for, each, for each one of my games, okay? And because of that, um, it, it's also hard to let go of some of the sources for the PCBs because... 
you you may need another one because PCBs flake out and they these are 30 year old computers that are 30 years old and mm-hmm. so they're not extremely reliable at times some games are more reliable than others and uh, it, it's just one of those things Brent and so yeah you know happy to happy to help but at the same point it when you look at getting a replacement food fight PCB or or a replacement Cubert or uh, Star Castle or Star Zoo- Wars Zookeeper or-, or Star Wars, dude, they don't grow on trees. You can get right now. I, I don't think I'm too far off base to say for ninety ish dollars. I don't think you're going to have a hard time finding a pack, a working Pac-Man board. I think it's very fair. I don't think you know they. That is the the Ford Escort mm-hmm. of video games yeah not, not to doubt you know because we say not to downplay such a such and such if someone can't figure out that i'm not you yes. know i'm not giving pac-man a bad time no, no, uh, you no, know no, no, not at all the, the numbers the, support, the numbers are there the, the production numbers support that price range not, that is in my opinion the exception to the rule because mm-hmm. pac-man was such the hit that it was yeah yeah you know i can't think of another game that from a parts perspective or even a project game perspective falls in the Pac-Man category well, from attainability. Attainability, yeah, that's exactly. exactly right. But then you look at um, you look at uh, you know a spare PCB for a Tempest, and now you're getting up into the probably two hundred dollar range. I'd say that's safe. You yeah, know, if you want to try to get one quick. Yeah, if you want yeah. to get one quick. Uh, now let's talk about Food Fight and Star Wars. Now you're into the three hundred dollar range or three fifty range, mm-hmm. if not even a little higher for Star Wars. Okay, a working Star Wars board. Now you get into the quantum I, and the zookeeper range. I know people from Star Wars. Uh-huh. I know people that are looking just for the cage, just for the cage. Because if memory is serving me right, the cage that's the only Atari where it's actually got a mount for the AR two board. On the cage. Oh, yeah. I don't believe any other Atari does that. I may oh, be wrong. They, they, see, I, I don't. I don't know about that. That's, I'm that's pretty question. certain. That's that's. It's a it's unique. A, it's cage. the only one. It's the only one that I've seen it on. Yeah. But I've not seen enough other you know rarer Atari games Correct. to know yes, that same one here. way or the other. But now, okay, so so now let's let's think about a working quantum board or a working zookeeper board. Now you're into the four hundred, four fifty. $500 range easy. I mean, let's I mean, let's face it. Working zookeeper board sets go on on Clove right now easily $400 all day long, okay? Mm-hmm. And and that's what they command. So, if you're uh, if you had to pay $400 for a working board set, um your chances are you're not going to uh you know if you find a stash of them for 125 bucks you're probably not going to offer that information up to everybody until you've secured what you want what you what you want or what you need so you know Heath, like i say very long way to answer your question uh let's just why don't we just cancel out the last 20 minutes and say human nature (laughs) (laughs) i tell you here this conversation makes me think of some of the some of the threads i've seen over the years and uh more or less it's if you've the moral of the story is is if i show you pictures of it yeah it's in my truck yes 
you know, they, you it's already gone. You don't hear about it. That's right. You don't, I don't. I don't even know what the. I've never heard of that title. Yeah. I don't know if yep. there's one on the continental United States. I uh, couldn't tell you until I show you a picture of it in my truck going bye bye. Going bye bye. Yeah. That's exactly right. And then we'll talk about then it. Then we'll. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I, who who would have thought? Look what followed me home. So so yeah. So so Heath, we'll we'll cover some more of your questions uh, in upcoming episodes. But uh, like I say, I think uh, it's a, that's a that's a pretty good uh, pretty good run on that. It, great question. A great question, and definitely something that I think uh, all of us struggle with because we we don't. Want want to be hoarders and we don't want to be uh be bad to fellow collectors or anything but but there's definitely the aspect of this stuff is so hard to find it's so hard to get and um relatively uh, or actually that uh, that we we have to make sure that we're taking care of at least our own collection first yeah i would agree absolutely so. all right brent so why don't we uh why don't we go ahead and uh open up the floor and let's sit down and talk to matt and jeremy flights and uh, get some behind the scenes uh, info from the 2014 global arcade expo Okay, everybody, we're back, and uh, down here in the studio, uh, Brent and I uh, have Matt and Jeremy Flights uh, from Arcade RX, and they are uh, the brainchild, along with uh, Joe Stith, and Joe, unfortunately, couldn't make it uh, couldn't make it with us here today, but Matt and Jeremy are sitting in, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Louisville Arcade Expo. Uh, it's coming up in March of 2014, and so, uh, guys, appreciate, uh, appreciate y'all making the time. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, guys, this is uh, this is definitely Louisville's uh, home show, and it's the one that I think it's safe to say that we all look forward to. You know, every year it's it's, it's something that we're all you know putting a lot of time investment into as far as getting our games ready and everything like that. So, this is uh, this is what show number four, year number four for you guys, isn't it? Yep, number four. Gosh, uh, can, talk a little bit about the history of the show, if you guys don't if you guys don't mind. I mean, what what brought about the Louisville Arcade Expo? I mean, why why Louisville, and you know what 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 made it something that you guys wanted to take on? Well, you know, in the uh, beginning, we were actually talking uh, with some other people about possibly opening a barcade or something in town. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, we'd meet up and talk and. This is before we knew about Zanzibar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Understandably so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Zanzibar and Ants, he's pretty much got that cornered Absolutely. right now right. in this, in yeah. this area. Once no we doubt. discovered Zanzibar, it was like, okay, this is exactly what this town needs. So, yeah. you know, scrap that idea. And uh, so then Jeremy and Joe, uh, they used to work together, and uh, we all talked. And uh, Jeremy and I have always gone to the uh, Pinball Expo up in Chicago and always had a good time. And yeah. Joe's gone to a lot of video game shows around the country. And uh, we just thought, you know, Louisville would be a great town to do something like that, you know, to get started. And, uh, now, and for folks that don't know, Joe Stith, mm-hmm. his, his kind of forte is the console side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, that's, he, that's He's that's dressed correct. up as Luigi every year. Yeah, he? he has a ton of console stuff, including oh, all the demo units and, and everything like that. And okay. and uh, the, the the commonality between all three of us really is arcade, which is kind of weird. It's like, you know, Joe is on the console side. Matt and I come from the pinball side. Yeah. And... Uh, so arcades in the middle, and we all knew about our, you know, have a little bit of interest in arcade, and so it's kind of cool that, you know, arcade ties us all together. Yeah, it's kind of like the gateway. It's 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 the gateway part of the hobby because it it leads to so many other things. I would say, and I bring that up for folks that that 
may listen that may be a little bit more on the console side. It's the the console and uh, I guess older home computer, yeah. and kind of that genre of games. It's well represented at the show. It's extremely well represented in uh, in the in I guess the the coverage articles that I've done for the show over the past three years. Um, I, I don't really tend to make it over to the console side and spend as much time there. But um, there do we. yeah, well, I've got a fa- I've got a family me- I've got a family member though. He and his brother uh, bring in a lot of the console, bring in a, a lot of the, uh, the the retro computers and and, and, the, and man the console side. And so I always get over there and talk to them. And uh, it's it's an area that I probably need to spend a little bit more time on because it is it's equally as well represented as the arcade and the pinball side. Well, absolutely, that's a good point. We really try hard to make sure that. That uh, pinball, arcade, and console each are equal at our show. We yeah. try not to feature one above the other. Yeah. We always, and the console side, Joe and his guys, all the excellent volunteers. I mean, they do a heck of a job. So. Oh, the, I mean, there's there's just table after table of history sitting there that, mm-hmm. that you can walk through and play, and it's it's pretty amazing because you see consoles that you just would never be able to see otherwise. So yeah, there's a lot going on there. So so you all got together and we're just batting around the idea of hey let's let's have a show. Yeah, I'd say we had probably ten people or so originally that we were we were talking with to get a show together and okay, um, really Matt, Joe, and myself are the the only ones that really thought it'd be a great idea to try. That's a nice way of saying you all stuck it out, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. and that, and that first and put the money up, right. And that's, yeah. that's the thing is like, you know, Matt says, uh, you know, the first year is because we had, had no idea how many people were going to show up. And it's like, well, at least we're going to throw, you know, a four or $5,000 piece party for our friends for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Case be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very generous of you guys, I will say. <laughs> I mean, we really had no idea who's going to show up the first year. Yeah. Yeah. And we were blown away. We had the first year we were at that Holiday Inn on First Burn Lane and uh, it was amazing how many people showed up out of nowhere. It was shocking out of, you know, just flyers and TV interviews and the internet just, you know, our advertising budget was zero. Yeah. You and know. you all still had quite a bit of exposure in terms of absolutely paper yeah. write-ups. And yep. Did, yep. did you all have television the first year? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. TV came out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. And uh, it's shocking. The city just loves stuff like this, you know, an event that brings everybody out. It's all, you know, all ages. It's family friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause uh, there's nothing better than seeing uh, like a mom walk in who just love, they see centipede and they go crazy. And then they play it against their kid, and their kid, you know, dies within one second. And, and the then mom schools them. The mom schools them, yeah, yeah. And the kid just does not understand. They they had no idea that their parents were cool at one point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's the yeah. That's that's great. I mean, so so what has been what's been what's been the factor that you guys feel has fueled the growth of the show? Because it has, if we look at your number three versus your number one, I mean, it has increased by an order of magnitude. I mean, last year's show was phenomenal. I mean, it was it was huge. The and I think a lot of it tended to be the layout of uh, you know of the uh, of the arcade and the pinball machines and the console machines. Very easy to to walk through, and then plus the guests that that, that you all had in attendance. Roger Sharp was there things like that but yeah i know that the pinball tournaments play in so i mean can you guys kind of speak to you know what do you think is his field of growth has it been all of that and then plus more it's it just seems like a good combination well i think to be honest uh you know kind of like matt was saying with uh we started going with the chicago pinball expo and other shows uh we really just want to have a show on one that we want to go to okay you know we kind of look we kind of take a step back and think okay if we were to come to a show what do we want to see what is the best thing we could possibly have 
and we try to just make it as uh, this might sound corny, but as best as we can, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, like, like you said about the layout change um, two years ago, we set it up just because we thought, okay, this will kind of work out. But there's several people that came up to us and said, we really hated the way the arcade was just kind of of a long aisle and people get stuck there and you, or or you might not even know how many games are really there because you walk right beside that aisle. And if you look down, it's like, oh, there's only maybe 10 games. But yeah. but when you walk down, there's like 20 or 30. Yeah. Um, but, you you know, have, so, but you have to work through all those people to get there. You have to elbow, you know, you have to elbow yeah, crunch correct. to get through there. So so actually, one of the one of the uh, vendors at, at our show two years ago, he, he said, you know what I would do? I would have it so when you walk in, you need to be able to see every single game possible. You just, you know, draw a line down the, down the diagonally and you know be able to see every face of the game and that's pretty much what we tried to do and that's why you when you walk in you saw this kind of a wave of, of, of arcades kind of like mm-hmm. california extreme does mm-hmm. um we just want to have it so you can see all the side art as much as possible still keep the pinball the way how it wraps around so you can get around that because it kind of shows itself and kind of have it so the arcade and the console side is more accented versus um you know segregated between well, each well, other Taylor, give everybody an idea of the floor space because I've been to all three shows. Mm-hmm. The first show I just attended. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all honesty, I just wanted to see what was going on and how you all were doing it. You know, that's that was a big part of the growth. The first year, yeah. so many people came and were just like, well, let's see what's, what's going what's on It's kind yeah. of testing the waters. Yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. So that was a big, like you were talking about, the growth between one and three. The collectors really came out, uh, you know, in the year two and three. It was amazing. The first year, we were begging everybody we knew to bring games and yeah you know and uh beyond that it's really grown quite a bit i think the first year had 1500 square feet i think for the for that one room is that it which was the pinball in the video, in the video. yeah and, and they were all crunched, it was, it they were all third, crunched together it was a third of the ballroom at the holiday inn wow That's all we have yeah we just third. had a third of that room whatever it was and then this year like you know asking yeah, now for the console stuff too so that everyone console, can get uh, the console had, like, yeah. little rooms. had separate, rooms. separate rooms that were yeah. all down that yeah. Main hallway yeah they were yeah. on the opposite side of the hall yeah yeah and even at that even at that um folks that kind of know me i've i've got a car show background you know i've shown cars on and off for for years and i've organized car shows and i've participated in and and i went the first year i went just to check it out i I really liked how you all had had things set up, how you were lined out for admission. And mm-hmm. and the reason I bring all that up is folks that have traveled to shows, some of the things that people don't think of, okay, I can get there and play the games. Well, how do you get in the door? How difficult right. is it? Yeah. How do you and move it, around? Man, how do you move around? Yep. And even that first year, I think you all had a really good handle on it. Mm-hmm. Our, our front desk is very critical. I mean, um, you know, going to other shows, we really hate waiting in lines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's any, any of those type of festivals you go to and it's like you know i'm gonna pay 40 bucks or whatever it is to get in if i had to spend hours to wait in a line it just really just is bad yeah and so that's that's one thing we try to work on is make sure the front desk just flows really fast of course sometimes um, it's unavoidable i mean right right now there's somebody out there listening go man i had to wait in line but <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't walk up yeah. <laughs> right yeah, that's not we, we try to have everything as prepared as much as possible yeah. you know self-explanatory and make sure that the people at the front desk whoops sorry <laughs> <laughs> i love live shows <laughs> um Make sure it's self-explanatory. Make sure the front front desk people are always in you know a, a positive mood. Yeah. You know, oh you yeah, don't absolutely. Have it, so it's like absolutely. Uh, here uh, you here's go. another yeah. person. Here's <laughs> right. another person. Right. Everybody yeah. is always very helpful. Now I say this, and someone's well, this person. <laughs> right, right. Everyone's always been very helpful. The times I've been, you know. Yeah, we've been very lucky. All our volunteers oh, yeah. have been great. Everybody's yeah. been great. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. you went from that first year 
mm-hmm. uh, from the Holiday Inn to mm-hmm. roughly fifteen hundred for video I and think pen. That's about right. Well, that one room was probably I might yeah, be video way pen. Off. 15, I don't know. That's a good question. It seems like it'd be a little bigger than that. But it, irregardless, we went from a very small space mm-hmm. to now the Ramada. That one room is probably what twenty five thousand. I think it's about twenty twenty five thousand. Yeah, it's about ten. I think it's about ten times bigger than that one room that was at the mm-hmm. holiday. Yeah, room. that's just the main room, and then we yeah. have those other rooms we use for the console stuff, which are right at least fifteen hundred, two thousand, something like that. And uh, and then we also have that seminar room we use, the other small ballroom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've 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 got unlimited space. Really, it's like we can pack in as much as we want. It's just, uh, but it's not just space. Also, it's also the power. Yeah, yeah. The power is a big thing. That was critical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when yeah. I walked in the first year, I, I it, I thought, how in the world is because it was a ballroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, how were they set up to handle this? And of course, obviously, you all figured out a way with the hotel to do it. And then I guess over here at the Ramada, I, I've seen them wheel in. I guess what is the equivalent of their. Their 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 power main boxes. power box or whatever yeah, their distribution yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, can you guys speak to that well, a, was, a little bit? I, I'm curious as to ha- as to was, how how you tackled that problem. Yeah, I was going to say that the the one of the funniest moments of of the whole entire show <laughs> is first year. You uh-huh. know, it's coming it's coming along. Uh, we just had you know the the TV the TV uh, show or the the newscast show up and do their thing. We're still setting up. We have a long line up front. And this is our first year. An hour before we open. An hour before we open. We're okay. like, okay, well, guess we need to start turning on all the games. So we turn on all the games. Right. <laughs> turn on all the games. We let the people in. And it's not, we're not even open yet, technically. Yeah. And within 10 minutes... Breakers start popping, oh, really, and which would just, knock a row out. And every, you hear all the people go, "Oh, yeah." yeah. So, so I, I mean, before we're even open, Matt and I are already in the hotel manager's office, sitting there. Yeah, and we're thinking, okay, well, we're not even open yet, and we're already losing power. This is going to be a <laughs> long already weekend. worst case scenario. This yeah. is definitely the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so we had the maintenance crew help us. Uh, our dad showed up; he helped us, and we we pulled off a pretty much a miracle on just keeping everything up and running for, really? the, for the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that's what we knew. It's like, all right, that's definitely our our critical <laughs> our artery right there. Is the yeah, power our, our dad sure. really saved the day. He uh, he's done a lot of church picnics and things like that. He's always worked with electricity at uh, industrial plants and things like that. So he really hooked us up on that. Quite a yeah, bit. he he figured out that basically we were overloaded like one. Um, one of the the uh, one of the feeds, one I of guess. the feeds coming in, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Well, we just have to really balance it. You know, yeah. that's all you got to do. You have plenty of power here; just got to balance it." So he he rebalanced uh, pretty much our whole entire arcade that we had set up. And wow. and certain people would bring in a game, plug it in, and then it would trip everything. Yeah, right? you'd be right on the edge, and yeah. you'd be like, "Okay, you cannot plug this in. You got to wait." You know, and then you turn around, and then five minutes later, the row goes out again, and it's like, "I told you not to plug that in." <laughs> right? Yeah, and you know, they or people bring their own power strips, and they'll yeah. be like, "Oh, let me bring my own power strip, and I'll plug in my own six games." Yeah, you, know, you, plug, yeah. you, plug, you plug in six of these, you know, WPC type games, and that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, because what are they going to draw? Six, probably what fit between fifteen and sixty amps, just yeah. right there I mean, on surge. Yeah, right. I on mean, surge. Once, once, yeah. they're, once they're up and running, yeah, that's you're great. okay. That's pinball, you know, and somebody starts hitting flippers all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, a surge. All the flashers go off. Really yes. Even, yes. With, even with the videos, if they're just sitting there in track mode, it's one thing. But right. when the, when the the amps come up and the starts uh-huh. playing audio and all that, yeah. it's it's a little bit. But every little it bit is. Counts. And it's funny, even even at my house when I was when I was working through all the the electrical work for for the game room at my house, I went through and I measured what the flash load was on all my games, just mm-hmm. as far as just powering them all up. And it's funny, even something as 
because even something like a you know a Nintendo game will draw right you know it'll it'll flash load like right at two amps and then once it settles in it's like it's like you know maybe eight tenths and it just right. sits there and just runs at that so yeah I'm sure it's all order of operation and everything on that so so do you all start like Tuesday of that week. I've been in. I think you usually load in on start on Thursday. Well, I think, I think Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday nights Thursday. are when we start dropping off stuff. Okay. Yeah. Thursdays, Thursdays are loading technically when yeah. we have other people show up Thursday. Yeah, you know, like uh, collectors. So yeah. I, I want to say, um, like last year, I came in on Thursday. Yeah, and yeah. Then two years ago we had a we had a weather event and it kind of threw things off a yes, little it did. bit. Right. So it was very um, crazy. But uh, I, I, I know I've come in and seen you, Jeremy, mm. with miles and miles of extension cord <laughs> that's right and yeah. you've already taped you know and this just this speaks to the organization of things so that folks yeah. know what to expect um you've already taped off where the games go you know to get an idea of your rows mm-hmm. you started to run the, the the backbone if you will for the electric and um everybody tends to be in the know yeah mm-hmm. you know that's that which is which is which is very very nice i've come in and joe was there Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joe's doing the console stuff, but he's already got an idea of what goes on on the arcade side. Right. right. And, you know, he can direct me and help me out. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, for folks bringing a game, it's um, uh, where the Ramada is, there's there's a nice place to load in in the back. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know. And, and that was a big venue. You know, when we looked at all oh, the venues. Yeah, I can imagine. One of the yeah. first things we would do is be like, okay, how do we get a game in here? And so many places around town, it's like, well, there's a freight elevator, and you know, it's on the second floor <laughs> of the ballroom. There's, there's a loading dock with just one small door. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if you think of all these people bring machines, yeah, it, it's got to be something that's easy accessible. Because yes. oh, we've yeah. taken yes. games to shows, and we know what a nightmare it is sometimes when you have to haul a game. You know, we try to make that as easy as possible for everybody. And and uh, that place we're at, that Ramada, it's very simple to get the games in and out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it, it it works out well. So, I, I mean, for for people that haven't been to the show, you know, if if year number four is their is their first time, you know, they're going to make the trip into Louisville and, uh, you know, and they want to attend the show. What, what what can they expect to see for twenty fourteen? <laughs> that's a tough. That's a tough uh, answer there, because um, honestly, it's it's almost like we're not even sure what okay. we're going to see yet. Because, um, I mean, we're we're pretty heavy on the. Um, relying on people bringing games. Okay. Um, you know, we, we, we bring our own collections too, and we yeah. have certain friends that are pretty much committed also with yeah. us, uh, like, like you guys too. Oh, yeah. On uh, bringing games and stuff. But uh, th- I think that's kind of the nice thing is people that have been to our show, uh, they really want to bring stuff that's never been there before. So it's, it's definitely. And that's what we love. As yeah, far as game wise, it's yeah, going to yeah. be different. Um, there is always some. If, it, if people think Louisville, there's not a lot that goes on. We're not in L.A. We're not. In, there is always an interesting collection of games. Very correct. Yeah. Yeah. There's Very always so. something that is extremely rare. It's yeah. like, well, I've seen pictures of this and I've heard of it. I mean, it's, you know, I walked out the first year and with a with a heavy video game background, I started looking at for Varcons. And I was like, no, I'm not just going to find one of those. No, no, right, no, right, no, right. no, no. You know, but there's one that shows up every and, year. You know, true. yeah, Varcon shows up every year. So this will be the year Varkon won't be. <laughs> yeah, this will be the year. <laughs> Dang on it. I was really looking forward to playing Varkon. <laughs> right. Love that game. Uh, so, from a- yeah, we were not sure if that, you know, that's the thing. Like, we really rely on collectors, and, uh, you know, uh, it's very, it's really, the show is really what everybody makes it. You know, we yeah. do our best to do our part, but without everybody bringing games, you know, it just doesn't work. And all the shows around the country are like that, too. So, yeah. you know, a big thank you to everybody who takes games like the Cincinnati group. You know, they take games. To the Chicago show, to the Ohio show, to our show, 
I mean, people like that, it's just amazing. I well, mean, yeah, okay, you mentioned Cincinnati Group. I mean, mm-hmm. where where are where are the games coming from to make it into Louisville, Kentucky? I mean, what, what's the furthest that, that you all have had participation on for people that cart games in? I tell you, there's there's two brothers that are amazing. Okay, um, besides Matt and I, <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not the they, most amazing. They came yeah, right. they came our first year, and they've been every single year, and they bring a crazy Kong cocktail. Okay. In the back of their Cadillac? Is that right? uh, it's, like it's a small car. It's a very small car. Might be an Oldsmobile. I'm not sure. But yeah. it's, like, it's like an early 90s Oldsmobile slash Cadillac. But they kind come, of that GM kind of. They, yeah. Come, yeah. they come from Michigan. With what? A, with a cocktail game <laughs> in the they back. They come from Michigan. And they are, they are awesome. amazing. They so drive cool. down. And they'll they'll just both come down and, and be here for like a night. You know, it's like, okay, can we, can we help him? Yeah, we got a game. Oh, okay. And then they pull up with their little car and it's like. Really? It's like, where are, you from? You know, where are you from? And they're like, Michigan. It's like, really? Really? That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You drove you know? six hours to bring this but cocktail every machine. Every year they've been wow. to our yeah. show. That's, that's awesome. And that's it's just, great. Yeah. They're 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 amazing you yeah know? yeah now thanks to the papa pinball tournament uh we have people that fly in from all over the country now I mean, with games uh not no. with games yeah <laughs> not flying in with games I, but, but they do bring uh yeah. papa well, will bring their own games so that's yeah you know, oh they do they do the papa tournament area. games yeah those are all from papa the papa collection they drive all those down so oh. from pittsburgh yeah Interesting. so all okay. those tournament games are from yeah. those guys and that's oh, awesome wow. I, I did you not know, i did not realize that i mean what does it take for you guys what does it take to get a a venue sanctioned for Papa to where Papa's interested in bringing everything down. I mean, what did you guys have to go through uh, in in order to get Papa to sign up with you? Let me back up real quick before I forget this. I'm bringing games for like folks that may want to bring a game. Okay. I know if you look out on the website, Mm arcaderx.com, they're is a uh, is it still a form or an email hey look i'm going to bring a game it's a it's yeah you click on the registration now okay and then it's it's kind of like a shopping cart where you can get you know one day pass weekend pass but there's also a bringing machine thing you add to your shopping cart and when you add it when you add bringing machine to the shopping cart then it, it prompts you if is it a arcade is it a pinball mm-hmm. uh, i think we also call it like a like a em arcade which would be kind of Kind of like your, your rifle shooting, shooting games. Mechanical mm-hmm. games um, like and then you type in the title, and then if there's other games, you just, it's a freeform text okay. field. And, okay. And, um, but that, that kind of registers you for bringing machines. Okay. And, and the idea is, and this is where you correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. I personally I've not done that. You know, right? And we're not just show up. Yeah, we're, we're, we're outside yeah. the norm. Yeah, it, we just all, show up. I assume the idea is, is, and I've seen you all do this. Here's what people are intending to bring. Mm-hmm. You know, of right. course, that's always subject to change. Absolutely. But if, if I guess where I'm going is, if you're in a position where you think you can come and uh, you're at a last-minute decision and you can make it and you want to bring games, you're, nothing gets turned away. Oh, absolutely not. not absolutely yeah. not. You don't yeah. have to go. Th- we got we, plenty of space, plenty of power yeah. for yeah. anything that possible. You all would love that's to good. know so because it, it just helps from, from with a, the pl- side. a planning yes. perspective. Yeah. 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 It helps with yeah. people, yeah. too, when they're coming or, or even people that have like a large collection of machines and they're like, well, I just want to see the list to see if they, somebody's bringing a Tempest. Yeah. Oh, somebody is. Well, I'm not going to bring mine. Let me bring you know, yeah. you know, Donkey Kong or something like that. Yeah. But, but uh, another big thing with that, too, uh, we actually give door prizes away. Uh, for every, well, number one, you get in for free for every game you bring. So if you bring three games and you have three people, you're all in for free. Okay. If uh, uh, every day the game is there, or if three games, you have a pass, uh, like a ticket for a uh, for a door prize. Yeah. And uh, last yeah, so year, your game wins a prize, which is yeah. kind of cool. Last year, we yeah. gave away like some really cool prizes from CPR, you know, mm-hmm. play fields, back glasses, plastics. Yeah. Uh, we had all kinds of stuff. We always have our vendors donate stuff for either that or the charity auction we do. And, um, 
you know, it's really helped out a lot. So this year we expect to have a lot of great prizes again for people. So, yeah. And people are surprised, you know, it's like, okay, I brought this game and like, here's a CPR play field. That's like, yeah. yeah, $600 play. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was, it was amazing, man. I I saw the play field and it was, I mean, it it was immaculate. I mean, it's brand new. I think it was, was it a firepower? It was. It was. It was was a firepower. Actually, play fields we had. It might've been two firepower. I know we had firepower. 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 For our southern listeners. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Listen, I said I brought I brought one last year and I did not win the play field. Yeah, I brought a, f- a fire power. <laughs> you right. know, you know the sad thing about the fire power play play field. What <laughs> 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 game? What game? What it? That was video pinball. Oh, <laughs> yeah, video pinball. It's like it's not even yeah. a pinball. But video pinball. That was cool seeing that there. You that know. was cool. I, mean, yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. It was neat when I saw the video pinball. It made me think about um, about the reproduction artwork for it because I, I've always I've always kind of had an interest in that machine. And uh, not to segue, but I, I will here real quick is that uh, Rich at this old game he he has reproduced all the artwork for that machine. So you could literally put one, you know, put one back together if you mm-hmm. you know if you had to you know. If you had the intentions of doing that now, and when I saw it, I thought, "Man, that is that's just really cool to see one because that's not a common machine that, right. that you that you see." Yeah, so, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, not guaranteed, not guaranteed to be the 2014. Show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, I, I'll tell you what. One of the gems was last year was the uh, Joust pinball. Man, oh, dude, man. That, I saw, I saw, awesome. I saw a line at that machine. Yes, all, all day time. Yeah, every no. day. Yeah, that's a Cincy group. That's Phoebe. Actually, I think everyone, yeah, pinball related in the universe knows who Phoebe is. Yeah, she Phoebe, Phoebe, Smith, awesome Phoebe Smith. Correct. Yeah, yeah she has uh, awesome games. She takes to you know all the shows, and she's a great person. And yeah. without people like that, I mean, these shows just don't work. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it was so much fun to play, and and I saw kids playing it probably more so than adults, yeah. and right. they'd just be out there just just doing you know the flipper you know the flipper battle and everything like that and it was just neat because you'd see them try to crawl up on the machine and stuff and they were just really getting into it it was it was oh cool. yeah that's a great game yeah it really is all it right really so you, you'd asked about papa yeah yeah so to bring it back around yeah for for the papa tournament mm-hmm. so so what does it take to to get on the papa circuit and how, how did you guys go about that uh well really the uh our first year um we we got somebody uh named derek fugit who uh runs uh, uh helps with the chicago pinball tournament okay um he lives in kentucky and uh, so we contacted him to, to run our tournament uh he did a great job the first year i mean he he uh, came up with some ideas as far as like well how about we have it so everybody that comes in gets yeah. a couple free tickets to the the pinball tournament um our first year was had i can't remember how many people entered the tournament but that pretty much put us on the map yeah. as now, far as now, being was... a, a real pinball tournament an ifpa sanctioned tournament and derek okay. really spread the word on that you know we had some right. big players in there too our first year which is kind of shocking yeah, yeah. so um so and that, that was, was the second year of the show that correct? was the first, first year oh first it was year. the first yeah, year first okay year. i stand corrected then yeah. And so, yeah and so then our second year uh we had a couple of people from papa come down to our show just to check it out okay um to see to see how it was and that was the year of our uh of that storm mm-hmm. um you know, so we had had some crazy weather things going on. A tornado, uh, yes. But that also, uh, Derek's from Eastern Kentucky, and so he was running late because of the storm. Right. Um, he even had uh, one of his EM machines on a open bed trailer, Ooh. so that guy got a little wet, even though it was all covered. Yeah. Um, so it really just made everything kind of delayed. Um, well, Papa started this uh, this pinball circuit uh, tournament that runs throughout the whole entire year, um, where you just go. There's a, a basically a tournament that's sponsored by papa once a month 
um, and you go to these tournaments to get uh, certain points, and then yeah. finally you get to the the final round, and um, actually at the the, the the Papa headquarters itself in I think April or May. Uh, so they were looking for a venue for March. Okay. Um, so they they already had they had Texas Pinball Festival that's in March, uh, Midwest Gaming Expo, the Ohio Show, um, and then us. Uh, we just got a call out of the blue, and I remember where I was. Uh, I, yeah, I was at the uh, the circus actually with my family, uh-huh. and it was from Mark Steinman, and and uh, he's like, "Hey, just wanted to see if if you'd be interested in having the the pop up pinball circuit in March at your show." Oh wow! And it's just like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Yeah, this is, this is phenomenal. Yeah. So um, he when he was at our show uh, the year before that, he loved it. I mean, he was just. You know, he called up uh, to Bowen Karens and said, you know, hey, I'm at the Louisville show. Yeah. I just saw, you know, I just played a Vectrix. I just yeah. saw somebody dressed up as Link. Yeah. You know, and now I mean, it's they, got, they got an amazing, you know, pinball. Yeah. <laughs> All they, it they takes is a Vectrix. Pinball <laughs> right. That's <laughs> dressing up as Link. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, that, that, that is, that's nice. I mean, it seems like for, for the number of years that the show has been going on that it has just really ramped up fast and, and i think and i think that's probably the interesting point that that, that makes the show uh it, that makes it worth delving into here on the show is, is that it is you guys have just seen such stellar growth in just such a short amount of time it, and especially for the area here i mean we're not we're not chicago we're not la we're you know we're not you know quote unquote east coast or, or west coast or anything like that we're just kind of we're louisville and kind of landlocked you know and well, so, i think that's a big part of it though you know it's like uh you know cincinnati people it's hour and a half two hours to get here nashville three chicago five Indianapolis yeah. two st, st. Louis, louis four yeah, yeah. You, i mean it, you know not to go too far out but you know from the car show circuit something i know a very little bit about anything that goes on here in louisville it it it's kind of centrally located just as it you is. mentioned i mean easy you, to throw you, a game on a trailer and hit on pull down. from no, that's, everywhere that's good. that's good for the people that haven't been i mean can you guys speak to uh kind of what the distribution of, of pins and games are or what what it has been i mean if, if if we were to look at what's what's been at the show before what what can people what, what, what do you think they they can expect to see i mean is it more heavily weighted towards the pins every year is it more heavily weighted towards the vids or it does it kind of hit 50 50 or, or what i'd say about 50 50 uh here's a good plug for you i'd, I'd say hit broken token because they do an excellent job <laughs> oh, thanks, at making man. sure every single year all the arcades and pinballs yeah, are listed. It's, it's so nice you do that because you you document our show better than we do so <laughs> oh, it, you it's, know it's all good man we'll, we'll do it again for year number four as well Great. so yeah, yeah. I, I was i was just kind of curious what people give uh, what what type of feedback people give to you as far as oh i'd like to see this i wish this was here what next year can you get this and and whether and whether that tends to weigh more towards the video side or whether it, weigh, it tends to weigh more towards the console or the pinball side you know what what have you guys seen the growth in i guess or the interest in you know i'd say uh probably more recent shows have been you know more higher end pinball machines okay uh stuff like that people like seeing those games yeah. um People are more into DMD, I would say, than the older stuff. Yeah. Jeremy and I are probably more, I'd say, into like maybe solid state games or, mm-hmm. you know, cause the 80s is kind of, you know, yeah. where we used to play all the time. I and mean, yeah. we still love the new games, don't get us wrong. But yeah. uh, we like seeing a whole breadth of games where I think newer people, newer collectors like DMD games all the time. Yeah. And uh, so that's always a big thing for us to try to get. As far as the distribution goes, uh, we really do try to keep it pretty equal, and that's, I think it's been pretty equal across the board, really. Yeah. I'm always surprised by the amount of video games that we have, the arcade yeah, video games. We, we really don't push too hard on the video game side because there's really not much of a 
well, maybe there is, but we just don't know it, but a hobbyist following, um, like, like pinball, pinball, you have pin side, you have some KLOV and, yeah. um, you know, pin, some pinball hobbyists, and I could say it's cause I am one are nuts. Yeah. Um, the arcade side, you know, there, there are some, some people that are really into arcades, but they're, they're almost like they're harder to find or, or at least, you know, committed to bringing so many, so many other games versus pinball. Yeah. Yeah. So we're always pleasantly surprised. It's like, oh man, awesome. I haven't played this game in forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. No, no, I, I, I remember for last year, I mean, I saw, you know, like uh, last year, Satan's Hollow was there. Uh, it was nice to see yeah. you know, a wide variety of Nintendo games there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was probably four or five Nintendo games kind of stacked in a row. And I thought, yeah. oh yeah, that was, that was really cool to see that. And, uh, and there, there was a whole complement of, uh, of vector games. I mean, there was, you know, Space Duel, Asteroids, Asteroids Deluxe, you know, right. so, so it's like, it, it's like, you know, that tree, that trio was there as well so it was yeah it was neat to see some of the variety that i don't think was necessarily there on year number two so yeah near number two the that weather the tor- a tornado came through that year in henryville north of louisville yes you know, if everybody remembers that and yes uh so that really hurt a lot of people bringing games and yeah. vendors it's like everybody was like oh i can't make it in they closed the expressway down i mean yeah. it was a big deal friday was really slow saturday really exploded that weekend but uh, a lot of the games that were supposed to be there just didn't make it. So, yeah, I, no, I, I remember that well because I mean that, that that tornado decimated that area, you know, unfortunately, yeah. and and I, I know that it it definitely would have an impact because there's a lot of collectors that we know, that, you know, Brent and I'm sure you guys do too, that live up in that area and were probably affected, and it, it probably did affect you know the turnout, you know, for the games and everything like that. Yeah, and people, it was funny, people from out of town, uh, you know, other states. There's a tornado warning. So we turn the lights on and we make an announcement and I'm going around just personally telling people, Hey, yeah. safest place to be would be the bathroom, stuff like that. And, uh, they're like <laughs> in the, in the building. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. I'm just going to stay right by the spin machine. Right. Yeah, and so exactly. people, but people were just like, they were like, how do you know a tornado's coming? You know, from people from other parts of the country that are familiar with tornadoes, you know, like California or something. Uh, they yeah. Tor- tor- what? Yeah. What? Is that a game? Yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah. how do you know one's coming? It's yeah. like, well, the radar's on outside and it's a warning. <laughs> You know, Wizard of Oz. You yeah. see that movie? There's a cattle. There's cows right yeah. next door. Right. Yeah. You told me there's a second Twizzler coming. I know. <laughs> right. And that's that's all we could do. We were lucky. We didn't lose power that whole weekend. I mean, that's that's amazing. Um, I'm jinxing us about this year mentioning that. Wow. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, it, one one thing I've always been kind of curious about what has what has been the reception in the in the collector community and even in the show circuit community. Uh, what's been the reception that, that you guys have gotten from other organizers? It, it, have you found them to be pretty accommodating? Have you found them to be helpful? Or have you guys had to go down this road a lot on your own? I mean, w- w- and I guess the reason why I'm asking this is I, I, I always I find it really interesting to peer, uh, kind of you know, kind of pull the curtain back and peer you know into the insides of the show and what mm-hmm. goes on because we all just <laughs> we all just show up and bring games and just yeah. have a good time. But I'm kind of curious as you know logistically and in just how just how well has it been received you know internally within the hobby itself right it's it's been received great honestly that's good that's uh, good to hear yeah, we've uh there's an annual meeting that we go to of other shows and uh, we all sort of share thoughts and grievances and things like that and okay everyone has you know every show pretty much has a similar situation going on we can all relate to each other's problems things like that but uh everyone's been really nice really cool around the country everybody's really receptive everybody wants to help each other out yeah you know and we would encourage everyone you know anywhere around the country if there's a show near you you should go support it because you should without that i mean this hobby is you know 
not going to last. I mean, that's what it takes is because uh, there aren't really a lot of arcades around anymore, stuff like that. I think the barcades have really helped things a lot uh, with, uh, you know, regenerating the hobby, stuff like that. But, yeah. Uh, you know, we're all about supporting all the shows everywhere. So. Yeah. And, and that's good. And I think that's a, a salient point, too, because all these games, by and large, sit in people's basements today. And right. unless they're sitting at a barcade somewhere mm-hmm. or, you know, some, you know, someplace like, you know, ground control or, uh, you know, uh, w- you know, wherever they may be, you know, across the United right. States. Right. And so um, we just don't we just don't really see a lot of dedicated, dedicated arcades anymore. So it's largely, you know, collector fueled, I, I guess, is the best way to say that. So, yeah. It's it's good, it's good because without the shows, you're right. The hobby would would definitely start to. Start and, you know, to it's die off. it's quite a test for a game too when someone takes it to a show where someone's gonna be playing it all weekend. I mean, yeah. it's, it runs for almost three days. Yeah, well, right. not overnight. Not overnight. It runs. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, but uh, it's constantly played for three it days. Really, it really is. It's, so it's kind of is neat to uh, reset like all the all the credits and the the audits and you know yeah. just set it up Friday and then Sunday when you're taking it out to see how many people played it. Yeah. Yeah, it, but that's it, what they were made for. You know, these games were made to be played, made to be in laundromats or gas stations, stuff like that. And, yeah, you know, when they sit in someone's basement, no one ever gets to see them. It's kind of sad, but it, it is. And, and I think I think it's good that people, you know, that there's like minded people such as such as all of us sitting here at the table and everybody listening to the podcast that we go to the extent that we do to preserve the games and restore the games. But at the end of the day, they need to, they need to get out there and they need to be played. That's yeah. what they're made for. Yeah, that, right. that that is what they're made for. So yeah, there, there's no doubt. So 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 what what's what's on the agenda for for 2014? What's what's some of the big draws coming up for for the next show that, that you guys can talk about at this point? Uh, well, we have the uh, who's who's our our uh, band that's playing. Uh, Ultra Pulverized. They're a Louisville band. Uh, they uh, they dress up sort of like robots. Yeah. It's kind of like an industrial rock kind of thing. So. Oh, cool. So is, is I, that you all you know, had that on the Facebook page not too long ago, yeah. right? Because yeah. I, I, okay. I, I went and checked it out. I'll have to check that out. No, I, I hadn't heard of that. So is that Friday night or Saturday That'll night? That'll be Friday night. Okay. Uh, Saturday night, we're having uh, DJ K-Dog spin, who uh, does the UofL football games. He's a, oh. he's a big DJ in town, so we've got that going on. Um, we should have Gene Cunningham at our show from Illinois Pinball. Um, okay, he's gonna be selling parts and things like that. And uh, yeah, now the band, seminar. the band, so that folks know, the band and the mm-hmm. DJ. That is that still going to be off in? That'll be that, in the that, ballroom, that, the adjoining yeah. ballroom. Yeah, that'll yeah. be Friday night. And if you may, you know, that way people can play games or they can go listen to the band. And Saturday, same thing. Uh, uh, we have a costume contest. I'm not sure when exactly that's going to be we haven't we haven't nailed the schedule down yet okay. I mean, we'll have fair, it on our enough. site but yeah fair enough yeah. but there will be a costume contest and uh seminars things yeah. like that speaking so. what let's give the exact date i know we've talked a little bit about march yeah so, it's uh, seven, seven eight, eight nine, nine. Yeah. March seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Because at the time of this recording, I mean, we're we're encroaching on mid December. So I I can understand you know you guys not having everything nailed down because there's a lot to there's a lot to organize. Just trying to just trying to give some people some teasers so that so that we generate you know generate some interest early on. Right. Like, and generally through the weekend, you all have. Um, uh, tournaments like smaller tournaments of some type. I've seen seen like Street Fighter and yeah, some we have other console games and video game and tournaments, console stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, our our goal this year is to try to be the the largest pinball tournament ever. Um, really? Yeah, we were we were I think the fourth largest 
yeah, last we've, year. We've been huge, it's been and that's very, like very, worldwide. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. really. Wow. Like France, I think France yeah. is the one that beat us out. I think. Last year, yeah. so. I think wow. this is what they call burying the lead. We should, <laughs> <laughs> we should have talked about this a little sooner, but I didn't realize that. Well, no, I had no idea. This is news yeah. to me. I mean, can you guys go into? I mean, if, if you so, go so, to the IFPA tournament website, okay. all right, um, and you can just look at the. I can't remember exactly how you get to it, but you can see like from a history perspective the number of attendees. Uh, yeah. our, I'll, our I'll find it and put it in the and show notes. We, we were the fourth largest last year. Wow. Um, I think the second largest in the yeah, U.S. second largest. Yeah, yeah. Now, is that, is that a forever type thing or is that forever. a yearly thing? Yeah, as far as like since they've been oh, wow. keeping track of them. Jeez. Um, okay. So, and we were, I mean, cool. like another 50, 60 people, I think we would have been number one. So. And it's funny because like Jeremy and I, we never even get to play because we're so busy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's we're, making it every, right. we're making yeah. every volunteer. Yeah, so this year we want everybody to get in on that. <laughs> you know, and everybody gets two free entries into the pinball tournament too. And that's, so. and that's yeah. the thing is what really does it is, you know, yeah. you get those, you know, you let everybody have a free entry in it when they, when they come in the door. Um, yeah, there's a line uh, for the pinball tournament, which we're you know going to try to help a little bit with Papa on that. Okay. Um, but if we can get that, it wasn't too bad last year. They did a good job it, with the. They, they, yeah. they, they did a phenomenal they, job, yeah. but yeah, I it think was, it was moving. It was moving very good. I, was I, good. I think they were even a little overwhelmed as far okay. as the number of people last year. Okay. Right. So, yeah. And I, we already told Mark over at Papa that we are planning to be the largest ever. So. Oh wow. Yeah, it's going to be that, very cool. That, that'll be pretty sweet. One thing that uh, that I thought was great that I just loved about last year's show is it, it, it's it's according to the layout, and, and I understand that. But as soon as I walked in the door, walked through the doors, there, right there, just bigger than life was this was this really really pimped out ACDC machine and <laughs> Wizard of Oz, and, and yeah. it's almost like those two machines were kind of you know, I guess we're kind of the mastheads for you know for the entire layout because I just saw I just saw people playing the ACDC and playing the Wizard of Oz you know just uh, there was a line there the, the entire all weekend yeah. long just just like with the Jazz Pinball uh, do you guys have any idea if there's if there's going to be any any new machine reveals or anything like that or, or do you think any any of the the newer A list titles will, will make it to the show this year Well you know we try real hard to always have the newest game so yeah. you know we'll try to have a Star Trek there um, awesome and then uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that acdc lucy edition oh yes yeah yeah i'm not sure if anybody i have not seen that yeah yeah it looks pretty cool i don't know if anyone will bring one of those but acdc lucy edition. yeah 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 Yeah. we'll talk about it in in, 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 it's got a mini play field in a segment that's kind of cool is this a production machine it is yeah it was just it was was just announced this past week by stern so what they're essentially re-releasing acdc with a completely different artwork package and it's it's artwork it's kind of like you know, of course, seventies. It's it's like the more seventies artwork, kind of yeah. uh, you know, kind of quote unquote, you know, I, I guess kind of uh, a little Cheesecake. risque, kind of kind of yeah. you know, kind of TNA, so to speak. And so, <laughs> but, but it also neat. has the mini playfield wearing its young's head is. It does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I, I like what they did. I there. like the mini yeah. playfield yeah. Right there. It's it's really it's really neat. It to me, the art style reminds me some of Metallica as well. It's got yeah. it's got that kind of animated, kind of hand drawn type of look to it, and it's it's, it's sweet. Yeah, yeah, so you know, we'll try to get you know. I doubt. Well, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I can't say what's going to be there or not, but we'll try to get a Star Trek there for sure. Uh, awesome, Metallica. Uh, there, you know, that we'll try to get one of those, and, uh, and then also Stern. The, theoretically, they've got this uh, Mustang edition pinball machine coming out. So yep. this being a huge Ford town, you know, we'll it definitely is. try to pull one of those at the show mm-hmm. yeah. if it's but, ready. But yeah, if it's ready, yeah, if it's ready, if it's ready, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I saw the announce on that. I, I, I don't know. I, I will just have to take a wait and see on that. I, hopefully, I, I hope. I, I, saw I hope the, it's good. I, walked, I saw the trailer. 
Yeah. I guess that's what you'd call it. Yeah, the know, pinball was, around the ball. Yeah, 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 the, the, pin, yeah the car yeah. chasing chasing with the pinball. I saw it, and I was yeah. kind of a little mixed emotion on it. I mean, I'm right. kind of a car guy, and I thought, man, that's kind of cool, but... Yeah, I don't man. know. We'll see. You yeah. know? Yeah, we'll well, you know, we, Jeremy and I, you know, have to refrain from critiquing things. But yes. that well, being we said, we always <laughs> we always try to get the newest games. Yes. That's really it's the good. Main, that's really it's the good. main thing is yes. trying to get the newest games. And uh, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of distributors out there and stuff like that. And uh, you know, we just we just try. That's it's a it's a tough thing to do every year, really. Oh, I'm sure um, I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm sure I, it is. For Stern, I can see doing it because I mean, the mm-hmm. Mustang is a huge brand that's really researched mm-hmm. and they've redesigned. Yes, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think it'll sell. There, there's no oh, doubt. Yeah, I think it, it will sell. There's no doubt about that. I mean, have you guys been contacted by any of the the? And I hate to use the word boutique, but I would say some of the smaller pinball manufacturers that that are you know like one game, two game, or they're they're developing developing their games or anything like that if if you guys ever had any contact with them about about we've had coming out to the show we've had a couple of uh video game developers approach okay. us about coming to the show okay um, but as far as like pinball like, side like console or home uh, or like upright like, uh, like arcade style. console arcade a little uh, mixture okay, okay. Yeah, right. a little mixture of that uh the pinball side uh uh we actually talked to some people up in chicago and uh theoretically skit b should be at our show okay uh, they make the predator game and uh They've made like a one-off duck hunt, and I've seen that. Uh, yeah. I think a Sonic the Hedgehog, something okay. like that. So hopefully, some of those games make it down. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we've talked to uh, Ben Heck about possibly coming down. <laughs> that would uh, be pretty sweet. But uh, yeah. you know, it's it's tough to say right now who will yeah. commit to coming. But uh, yeah, we definitely we fully support any anybody like that we'd love to have them at the show just because people love to see those games everybody yeah. wants to see the new games well and the reason yeah. i bring it up is because it seems like a natural progression i, I i'm kind of sitting here in my chair hoping that some of those some of those guys show up because right. it would just be Sorry. so yeah it'd just, it'd just be so <laughs> it'd be so sweet to see what some of those guys are working on and it uh i think it helped furthers you know it furthers the hobby especially you know especially on the on the pinball side because it shows that there's a lot of activity not just from the stern and the jersey jack you know the the, the uh, jersey jack perspective as well you because right. everybody knows them it's cool to see their it's cool to see a lot of activity that's going on you know around stern and jersey jack you know with those guys so l- let me ask you a little bit about the layout um and i know we're still a few months out i don't know if you all have kind of got it nailed down in your head yet but mm-hmm. i've since i've been there we've we've all been there of course mm-hmm. you all have been there we know what it looks like where, uh, where we've been uh, no, there. <laughs> the Louisville Arcade Expo. Expo. Louisville Friday, Arcade Saturday, Expo. and Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. I, I think someone's not uh, someone's not pushing it uh, enough. Is that what I'm being told, Matt? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> There's not enough mentions in here. Well, that's okay, because I'm going to put it in subliminal. Uh, subliminal. <laughs> subliminal. There you go. Fire fire that fire way. There you yeah. go. I'll put that. Some fire power, too. Exactly. Fire power, America. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you already got in, in your mind... Uh, how the layout's going to run like walk us through the room when you walk in the door because there, there's some other aspects that we haven't talked about and people may be interested no i know you last year there was uh s- some food available there was some concessions available yep. there was mm-hmm. drinks available yeah a bar there was a sitting area yeah there was a bar available there was Gotta a sitting area yes and then just kind of the, the the way the the way the facility the facilities lined out where the consoles are you've got a vendor area yeah you mm-hmm. know there's some there's some there's some other things represented as well yeah um as far as the layout um as far as when we started work on the layout uh this is gonna sound crazy but it's really the day after 
the last show. Really? Yeah, we work we work on the way out for next year, like almost immediately after the what this the, the previous show. I mean, do you do and that just reason, so that it's fresh in your head? Exactly. And, you, and you know all the changes you exactly. want to make. It's okay, like you look enough. at it and you get enough people. Yeah. Gri- or not griping, but you know, giving their opinion. Yeah. Constructive <laughs> criticism. <laughs> how to yeah. make it better. Yeah. It's like, you know what? That's, that's a good point. I don't want to forget this. So yes. we, we go ahead and start. So we'll have to ask right you about that. After yeah. Because we've gone through that too. But um, yeah. Anyway, one, one thing, and I'm not, I'm not bashing the, the, the pinball tournament side, but one thing we did not really, I didn't realize is when we set up the last year's uh, layout is uh, right when we, we opened the doors, that's when I turned out the lights. Cause that's, that's the, uh, the arcade pinball side. I want to have it dark. Yeah. And, uh, I do that, and then they they run over and they're freaking out. They're like, "We need these lights on." Yeah, these lights need to be on for the terminal area. It's like, well, the reason the way those lights are in, in yeah. that room, yeah, um, you, you had the whole entire row of lights on. So, <laughs> so you know, if, if I would have known that, then you'd, you'd organize them in a different. Or, correct. Yeah, which and is so, what's going on this year. And okay. that's, yeah, and yeah, so that's, that's the big that's change. Good. That's good. So, so basically, when you walk in the door, um, just to kind of make i'm going to do terrible here to describe it to everybody but when you walk in the door it's like a rectangular type of shape and you're walking into one corner and if you look to the right that's the long side of the of the room yeah um so you walk into the left that's going to be kind of like a small vendor area yeah right now um to the back left corner that's where the pinball tournament area is going to be oh okay, okay. And so right. and so okay, cool so that's basically where all the pin, the free play pinball was yeah so now the free play pinball area is going to kind of shift more towards the middle and it's going to be mixed in with the arcade and that area is going to come out even farther than okay. what it did before okay. all right yeah um now are you, when you say mixed in are you going to do just are you still, gonna i think still pin do, video I or still, just i still think it's going to be the same kind of way where it's going to be pinball and video and the yeah. reason why it's not that we don't want to have it mixed together but it makes it much easier for the power side yeah um basically we, we run uh like three three pinball on a on a 12 gauge extension cord and then the the arcade sides on a on a power strip mm-hmm. gotcha um, so gotcha. that's so it just makes it much easier to to okay. do the load balancing and stuff like that yeah. well if anybody's if anybody's curious i mean if they want to see what last year's show uh, floor layout was like we we do have it documented up on up on the website as well as a video walkthrough so i hope hopefully everybody can go out and find that on on the broken token site and then just look at it because even the graphic that shows the floor layout that, that a picture's worth a thousand words on that so you can you can right. take that listen to this and then form the picture in your mind easy you know from from that regard yeah so we know the requirements are for the vendors they need lights and the pinball tournament needs lights so yeah. basically the, the 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 short wall on the left is going to have lights on and the far right wall is going to have lights on that's where the food was and the other vendors so the, everywhere the, else the light be dark. rows they run on the short the short axis not the long axis. correct okay all right yeah Gotcha. So that's that's what we're going to do. That way we can okay. keep the middle kind of dark where the free play and the arcade area yeah. is and um, the projectors. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And then we're also, we're also adding a, uh, another console room. Like last year, there was that uh, that room that had the timeline going with all the consoles laid out. Yes. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? I do. Uh, next to that room, it'll be an additional room where there'll be... Uh, either more consoles are sort of broken out a little differently this year. Okay. So. Have you guys thought thought about uh, potentially just making like one room retro computing and the other one console? That's pretty much yeah. what that okay. other is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair enough. That seems to me to be like the natural, you know, dividing line right, right there. Right. Yeah. We thought it would be cool to have like, you know, Dr. Mario's computer lab and everybody wears a lab coat or something oh, yeah, like that, that when they're walking that would, around. That would be, cool. be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Well, the upside of that is, is because you all have folks or 
uh, what's his name? You're Jeremy, Joe. you're Joe. Matt. Joe. Yeah, Joe. Joe. He had, he's got folks organized back in the console area mm-hmm. to help folks yes. with games loading on, on the on the computers, with cartridges and all yeah. that. You know, it's just there is some help there, some organization. Yeah. If you want to play a game, if you want to ask if there's a game available, and then that'll help folks stand out. Hey, look, right? They, they're here. They're in the know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. That 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 will that will be nice. I, I'm kind of curious. Um, after going through three years of the show, what's what's a personal favorite game well, that you all have? So are you, before are you still going to have the concessionary in the back or somewhere in the? Is Absolutely. that going to be available? And yeah, okay. probably the same location. I okay, think. close to that. Yeah, it'll be around there. And okay. then is the the vendor area? So there'd be a small vendor area in the front. Are you still going to use the back for that a little bit? It'll be on both sides, on both ends. Okay, yeah, and then uh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Illinois Pinball, if they do come, uh, they're going to have their own room, actually, in the hallway. Oh, they are? Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, they're going to set up, like, a pretty big area. Bring a lot of uh, stuff. parts and stuff. So oh. that'd be really cool for some Williams parts and things. I yeah. see. Okay. So the moral of the story, where I'm going with all this, is not only is there consoles and there's vintage computing and pinballs and video games, but there's also concessions and, and parts and, and vendors and music, costume, music, contest, costume yeah. contest, charity raffle. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, I think it's going to be two dollars or two canned goods gets you a ticket for the charity raffle, and we always we always raffle off a game. And this year's game, I think, is going to be uh, what's that motorcycle game? <laughs> hang on, uh, uh, hang, hang on, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be a oh, hang cool. on that we raffle off this oh, year. Wow. So uh, and, and then other prizes too. Yeah. And for folks not familiar with it, the, the venue is actually associated with a hotel. It's literally, yes. mm-hmm. um, I don't know what fifty feet from the edge of the hotel. Yeah, and there's yeah. a special room rate we have of sixty nine ninety five. If anybody's coming in from out of town, uh, just uh, call them and mention our show. That their website isn't the best, but if definitely you call, go to the front, call the front desk. Yeah, okay. and there's a free airport shuttle too. So anyone flying in from out of town, they get a free shuttle to the show. They stay there the whole time, have a great time, and then fly out. There's there's so. food. There's other food available. Yeah, a couple restaurants there there's in the a, hotel. There's, there's a Wicks a, in the hotel. Yeah, Wicks Pizza. Dairy Queen next door. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff on Hurstburn Lane all over the place. Yeah. 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 There is now, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's nice. Skyline chili. Yeah. (laughs) Strawberry loaded pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) Broken token brought you Brilliant. (laughs) Exactly. No, I, I was I was just curious of of the year you know of the three years of the show. What's a, what's a title, a game title, or a pinball title that you guys have wanted to see show up that's not made it there yet? That's a tough question. Yeah. Very tough question. Yeah. I, I, Jeremy, I, I, go ahead and take this first. <laughs> well, well, Sorry what, about well, that, guys. What games do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I do need to bring more. That much is true. If all goes well, I want to bring my food fight this year. So Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's what I'm targeting. Oh, that's a tough. That's a very tough question. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I tell you what, I, lo- I played a Champions Pub up in Chicago. I love that game. Uh, we haven't had one of those at our show yet. That's, yeah, a, that's a great pinball machine. Very true. I, I'll tell you, uh, Data East Guns N' Roses. Yeah, and the Guns N' Roses. That'd we haven't had phenomenal. one of those yet either. That's funny. But we like that game. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Apollo oh. 13. That'd be another one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had one of those either. Yeah, we've had amazing amount. I mean, you know, we've had Adam's Family, Star Trek Next Generation, uh-huh. uh, Medieval Madness, yes. Back from Mars. Yes. Uh, theater magic yes theater magic i think yeah. just about all the top yeah. 10 i mean i'm sure someone can email in and say you didn't have this mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh well they, they, can ch- they can check the site so right. they can check our site and, and, and see older everything games in a lot yeah. of solid state games um yeah a lot uh, of solid state games 80s, 80s yep. games yep. uh some ems have you a couple yeah a couple not, EMs? not uh, the ems is definitely a light each year but uh you know, we we love them. 
Yeah. You know? I think it's just really a hard question for me just because, you know, like Brad Pinmouth's like my, one of my favorites, and that's at okay. Zanzibar. Yeah. So it's like, even though it has been to our show, or actually it has, but. I think it has been. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it was. But uh, it's like, you know, I can just go to Zanzibar and play yeah. pretty much my favorite games. Yeah. And then Tempest. We love Tempest. I think last year we had yeah. how many Tempest? Like four, three, five, three, three, three or four. Three or four. I yeah, mean, there, there, were quite a, there were quite a few of them. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. yeah. We love that. Yeah. So. No, I, I was just kind of curious because I, I know you guys don't get to play during the show. Yeah, least, we never get to play. At least not, you know, regularly. And so I was just kind of curious. You know, as you guys are walking the hall, it's like, man, I would, I would just, I would set aside 10 minutes if this were here, you know, and, and right. some, something to go play. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious what, what well, that, what that was, what that was going to be. Yeah. Friday morning, that's when, uh, Fox 41 was out, um, at four thirty, I think it's like four thirty in the morning. Yeah. Four thirty in the morning. Oh, so, gosh. so we got up early and we we turned everything on, and that that's our time, even though we're <laughs> yeah. like zombies. Yeah, you know, if anyone wants to find a video of that, Jeremy was actually dressed up like uh, Elton John from the Captain Fantastic backlash. <laughs> really? Which I'm not sure anyone got that on TV. But oh man, yeah. Dude. The video would be that worth creepy. Finding. Where's Waddle that, got that, pinball on his head? That may have scared people away, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. No doubt. Cool as it now, is. Was this, Saturday? Yeah. was this Saturday morning or Friday no, morning? Friday morning. Friday morning. Friday morning. So yeah. after load-in. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then, you know, that's all-day start, so it's yeah. pretty brutal yeah. doing those news shows. But Thank you, energy drinks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that, that's really neat. I mean, it just seems like the the, the local community has just really picked up on it, and uh, it, it's neat. I, I know when I was there on last year on Saturday afternoon, uh, another local uh, TV station was there, and they were filming yeah. just just right smack in the middle of all of it, you know. And they were yeah. setting up the camera crew. The camera crew was setting everything up, and you just kind of sit there and just watch. And it's like, oh, it's man, that, that's pretty cool because I I did not see that, you know, year one and year two. Speaking so, of, well, year two, the weather killed that. Yeah, you it know, did all the interviews everything was supposed to happen hey, didn't happen point. because yeah. of the weather okay fair fair so, enough yeah. yeah i mean we even went down point. to one of the news stations we we bought an f-14 to the to one of the news stations yeah and uh <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't go on on time because of all that weather so yeah. it got delayed yeah speaking of recording we'll have to put a link to this uh along with the podcast and, and i didn't realize you all had done this until uh, i think i saw it posted on your facebook after the last show you had ta- a time-lapse camera Oh yeah, I love right. that. Up yeah. in yeah. one of, I guess, the rafters, uh-huh. or, you know, the up on one of the beams. We've tried to do room. that for three years, and it finally <laughs> it, it worked. It finally worked. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, I bet it really is. Cool. I bet it, it is. It, it was I've interesting. You've not seen that? No, I have I, not. I think the whole thing runs just a couple minutes, five minutes. If yeah, it's the whole weekend in five minutes the or three whole minutes. Yeah. It's one of those GoPro oh, cameras set up. Crazy. Uh, that is cool. One snapshot every ten minutes or something yeah. crazy like that. Oh wow. Yeah, we'll have to put a link to that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely. You get an that. idea of the crowds and and you know yeah. how way things are laid out and um, it's really neat. We'll, have, yeah. we'll find that and we'll put it in, yeah, in the show notes. I think you can see the door shadow too when when the doors the open. Sunlight, yeah, and the yes. sunlight. So yeah, if, if you want to do some trigonometry, you can kind of figure out what time it was. Yeah, that's a very that's a very big word, Jeremy. Very big word. We're having we're having a hard time with fire. It's like mayonnaise, man. It's yeah. just a huge word. Subliminal. <laughs> yeah. See there, <laughs> man. Well, guys, I'll tell you what we have. Uh, we have really, really appreciated you guys. You guys sitting in. I mean, it, and you know, talking to us about the show, and you know, giving us, I guess, kind of a you know behind the scenes look as to you know what 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 it takes to put this on, and you know what you, what your guys is you know what your goal is. I mean, I mean, is there anything? Is there anything that you guys want to plug? You know, before you know before we wrap or anything like that. Well, uh, I guess the first thing I, I just want to mention, like we had Roger Sharp last year. Yes. Um, 
and, and Whitty, you did a phenomenal job with 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 oh, all appreciate that. that. Thank you. Uh, we're not exactly sure who who is going to be next next year, but we're actually wanting we're hoping that you two would would love to run that as far as like doing the interview and uh, of our guest speaker. Now we, we'd be honored. Yeah, we'd man. be honored. Yeah, we'd be honored to do that. Yeah, and I actually have a, a a little token of our appreciation for you, Whitney. Uh, let me go get it real quick. Oh, really? No, notice how he didn't say broken token. <laughs> <laughs> he said a token. Oh, that, that's, so, this is awesome. A fully functional token. Oh, this is live. This is live radio. Live everybody. gift giving. <laughs> that's right cool. Here. That's very cool. So. That's the sound of Jeremy opening a box. Oh, what? oh man! This Thank is, you, No Dead Airspace. This is awesome. So I will. Gra- <laughs> this is this is fantastic, guys. I, I'm 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 pretty speechless. Um, that, that's wild. So for everybody who can't see this, but we'll grab a picture of it. This is a uh, this this is a local slugger bat. And it's got the Louisville Arcade Expo uh, logo in it, and uh, says, uh, it, you know, it says genuine Whitney Roberts Louisville Slugger. So, guys, man, thank you, thank you so much. I mean, yep. that that is that is amazing. That is amazing. Oh, that is yeah. Nice. And one, that one is, cool thing, that is yeah. so cool. Uh, so obviously, it's from Louisville Slugger. Yeah, um, we are doing a we are working together with Louisville Slugger, and we're uh, putting together an exhibit at the Louisville Slugger Museum. That's going to be running from mid-January up till our show. Oh, wow. Um, and okay. It's, and it's exactly just like our show. There are, the whole purpose is really to give. Except a lot smaller. Yeah. Right. No, I'm and sorry. focused I, on sports games. Correct. Man, that is, that <laughs> is, that I, is that. I mean, guys, I mean that's it, awesome. as far Thank as that you. goes, the, the whole purpose of our show is really to do an outreach and, and get everybody involved with arcade and pinball and stuff like that. And so we're, we're teaming up with a little slugger to do about the same thing where – it's uh, sports and gaming, so it's going to have like your track and field, your Muhammad Ali pinball. Yeah, um, I never really thought that racing was a sport, but we will have pole position there. I'm sure some of our <laughs> southern <laughs> listeners would enjoy. It. Oh yes, yes, racing. Yeah, well, that, that's that, that's going to be great. So, how many pieces are you going to have? Is it, uh, you I think that just, I think like twelve. Like twelve. Maybe. Well, then uh, all the demo unit games, console games. You know, there's quite a, and then we're going to try to have some. Uh, Sort of historic pieces and glass cases, things like that. So, okay, yeah. Uh, one cool thing, Jeremy's, uh, we're setting up this uh, like pong. Um, which what was that whole thing with the, the uh, tennis, ten, for, tennis two? for two? That's like the the first arcade game. Yes, um, it, was, it was early fifties um, by Brookhaven. It was it was done in Brookhaven Laboratories, a, a nuclear facility up up north, and uh, one of the okay. one of the doctors or physicists wanted to have a game for the kids that came through open house which i didn't know they had open houses and things like that until somebody presses a red button yes they do the 50s was a little different time yeah. <laughs> yeah. i bet they so, smoke i bet they smoked during the open house too oh, right yeah. so, so oh, yeah. he used an oscilloscope okay. and he actually made the first version of pong which is wow. called tennis for two uh using a what's called an analog computer uh-huh. it's just a lot of op amps and things like that um and uh you know two little two little controllers that you can play uh tennis across each other so what we're going to do is the same type of thing we're going to have an old oscilloscope set up uh, it's going to be an atari pong yeah it's going to be close enough but, yeah and you're um, going to play it on an oscilloscope uh kind of sorta okay <laughs> so right. take, cool. yeah we'll see how you do that'll be neat to see and, and have it on a projector raster. too okay. i think yeah. on the okay. wall yes yeah. Yeah. So, yeah we want to have like a really large game of pong on a projector we think that'd be really cool now, are there any wow. pieces that you're looking for for that and you, you know, because first of all, this should be out uh, with a little lead time before your show. Yes, and then uh, um, depending on what you're looking for, I may have a couple of things. So that'd, is there any- that'd be great. Um, 
I think we got a pretty good set list. But uh, the, the nice thing, is, uh, the one thing is that you know it's going to be from January through uh, up to our show, like the week before our show. So if you definitely have a piece that would fit, I think we definitely would need that at least as a backup if something yeah, else goes down. That's your point. Okay. Definitely, absolutely, you know? yeah. Man, that is that that is nice. So, so essentially, a precursor to the entire Little Arcade Expo. Right. But you're going to be doing it at a museum. Yeah, at a museum. That's that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. That that is that is very nice. And very you nice. know, Little Slugger is such an iconic local company. You yes. know, anything we can do with the community, you know, we're all about. Uh, all about that. So yeah. Well, it furthers education and and it helps to keep it helps to keep all this alive because it, it's. I mean, everything that we work with is thirty years old, and and that's, that's right. and that's that's the thing that I. I guess that, that I have to, you know, consistently remind myself of is, you know, this stuff is, you know, as old as all of us, and it's it's just a dying breed, you know, from from that standpoint, you know, so it, it's good to keep uh, to keep the public interest. And, high. and you're all doing some other outreach as well, trying to trying to kind of bring the hobby back into the community. Is that correct? I think I saw something on your Facebook page the other day where you're going to take a game to another. It got snowed out. Oh, we've, had some here. we've had some yeah. weather yeah. here in Louisville Barstown uh, this Road weekend. So. Yeah, usually we set up a game on the corner of Eastern Parkway and Barstown Road during that running off of uh, Marine <laughs> Two Marine deep okay. batteries. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. <laughs> so you can set them up anywhere. You know, it's kind of like the old Frogger on Seinfeld sort of thing. Yep. Slippery Pete, you know. Yep. <laughs> so Jeremy would be our Slippery Pete wearing that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's usually I've never seen that episode. So, <laughs> but it's uh, it's pretty cool. But we didn't get to do it because of the snow. You know, we figured electricity and slush is not a good thing. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that, that's understandable no, no. too. But I guess the moral of the story is there's there's other outreach that you all do in the community. To we're kinda... always, yeah, we're always at other uh, like comic book events, Derby City Comic Con, Phantom Fest, things like that. Follow the Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we'll make sure we'll have a show link, you know, a link, a link in the show notes for the for the Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, most certainly, most certainly. So, if everybody wants to find show information, where where do they go find it at? Uh, either Facebook, um, our, our website's LouisvilleArcade.com or ArcadeRx.com. Okay, we got tons of names that go to the same site. <laughs> um, but uh, even even YouTube, if you do, uh, I think that's probably the best thing to do. Okay, uh, we got the links on our site too. But if you just go to YouTube and just type in Louisville Arcade. Uh, Expo, um, you can see basically what our show was the past couple of years, and and uh, next year's show is going to be about the same type of thing. Yeah, okay. Um, it really gives you a good idea of you know exactly what to expect. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, I mean, guys, we have we have so much appreciated your all's time, and uh, you know, and and coming and coming over here to the studio, and uh, you know, braving the weather because the weather for everybody who doesn't know, I, I know Texas and you know arkansas and everything's been slammed but we've we've had a, a miniature version of that you know here here in kentucky this weekend so i you know both brent and i definitely appreciate you guys you know uh, braving it and making it out and just sitting down and talking with us for a bit so i mean we're all looking forward to the show and uh, i'll be there with bells on and so and, <laughs> and, and i think for, both for of us a fat man with bells on i mean that, that's a, that's a sight you know <laughs> we'll both be there with bells. well you can wear the bells i'll just be there bingo oh, so, <laughs> and thanks yeah. again for all you guys do helping with the show and bringing Absolutely. games and yeah, you know, thank you very much. Yeah, and, and yeah, that goes out to everybody. I mean, I, I think it's it's a community affair, community event, and it takes that to make it. And this would probably be a good place for a little bit of an announcement. Um, we will have uh, the Broken Token Classic 
pinball arcade and arcade podcast yeah screwed that up we will have a booth <laughs> our plan is to have a table this yeah, year at the show at the show mm-hmm. yeah we'll, we'll, so. we will be recording live at the show so we'll we'll grab some grab some people for interviews and uh and definitely work with you guys on uh, you know on, on any of the panel interviews as well so yeah i mean we're, we're looking forward to it as well so brent and i've been talking about this for the past couple of months and so it's it's something that every week we've kind of been batting around and talking about so we're we're really looking forward to this year's show for, uh, for a lot of reasons hopefully by showtime i'll be i'll have my tongue-tied thing kind of kind of straightened out you know i don't know what's going on today <laughs> I have to bring some of that kentucky I, kentucky I to, bourbon man i have that, to do something sort it out get a little firepower there yeah, yeah. a little firepower going on that's it's right a rough afternoon <laughs> well guys i tell you what thanks a lot for your time and uh, like i say we appreciate it thank you thanks All right. thanks guys thanks guys Well, Brent, it's that time of the show where we, where we review some of the uh, some of the listener feedback and some of the emails that we've been getting, and it's interesting, Brent, because we've got some threads running on the major forums right now, uh, Cloth, Pinside, and CoinOp Space, where we kind of uh, announce uh, upcoming events in the show when we're recording, when we're releasing, and things like that. And so the threads have kind of taken on a little bit of life of their own, which is great. Which is great. It's 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 happy to see. I'm happy to see that, and I think it's I think it's good for the show that uh, that we get some that we get some recurring discussion around mm-hmm. each episode, which, which is kind of funny because there was a point in time in our lives where I'm sure we didn't want people talking about us, <laughs> and now here we are. And now, Brent. Here we are. So, so Brent, it's uh, it, it's 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 funny how how this how this is kind of kind of uh, like I say, kind of taking a life of its own. So, we've got some feedback from uh, from one of our fellow podcasters, uh, Sean. Uh, he's a fetish boy on the Arcade Outsiders podcast, and uh, he had given us some feedback on uh, Ed Lutz appearing on the show, and uh, really seemed to like Ed. And and I think all of the all of the um, individuals involved with that episode would say that it was a lot of fun. Uh, we've had a lot of good feedback on Ed, and we certainly hope to have him back on the show at some point in the future. I, I think it would be uh, it would be a lot of fun to talk to Ed and revisit with him again. Uh, hopefully, Ed's out there listening. Yes, yes, you know. Ed, Ed, we we love you, man, and we, we want you back on the show for sure. So, <laughs> and, and Brent, here's here's another uh, here's another listener that contacted me. Uh, goes by handle Yar Yar, and uh, his name's Ray, and he uh, he's listening to us down in uh, Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. And uh, Ray sent us a, a, a note and said, you know, I really appreciate, uh, you know, the show structure being nice and clean. He goes, I listen to it with my kids. Uh, a lot of times we listen to it while riding around in the car. And he says, he says, I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the format. And so Ray, we appreciate you writing in, and we we hope that uh, the formats, uh, the formats working out good for you. We're we're certainly big fans of it as well. And Brent, Ray uh, sent me a link to his game room, and I spent a little bit of time uh, uh sent me a link to a youtube video that details his game room and Brent, i spent a little bit of time uh watching that video and i will say that ray's uh game room is impressive he has got a lot of machines in his game room he's got really nice black light carpet it's set up uh really swell with um 
a uh, a uh, home theater section, and you walk through it, and you go into the game room proper. What I thought was cool, though, Brent, was some of the games, some of the interesting games that he's got. He does have a, he does have an Atari Food Fight, and Brent, he's got an Atari Liberator, and I cannot tell you when I have ever seen a Liberator in person. I don't believe that I've ever seen one in person either. Yeah, in in the video shows some really nice side shots of of the Food Fight and the Liberator sitting side by side, and the art artwork on the Liberator is just amazing. It's beautiful, beautiful. I mean, anybody that says that these games are not art, um, I, I think is not really appreciating them for everything that they are because each and every game is art in its own way. And Liberator is a is a fantastic looking machine. He's got one in very nice shape. It wor- it works it works fine. It's uh, it's neat. He he showed uh, he showed it's part of the video. He showed it in a track mode. It was really cool to see. Well, Ray, I haven't had an opportunity to check the video out yet. Uh, um, but I certainly will once uh, once we're finished recording. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's, I'm kind, it's of, I'm kind of excited to see what you what you've got now that Whitney's told me a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's well worth watching. I'll include a link to the YouTube video uh, in the blog post, and I, I would encourage everybody to go out and take a look at it. Ray Ray does uh, he put you can tell he put a lot of time into the video, walking around very slow, methodically, and talking about each one of his games, and it was it was really neat to see. Uh, here's a game, Brent, that he's got that you don't see every day. He's got a Valley Bosconian, and I think Bosconian's a cool game, okay? I, I like it. It's just that you don't see that many of them, especially complete working in, in, in good shape, and so his was uh, his was very nice looking. I, I've always liked that game, and, and I admit I, the bulk of that, the Bosconian I've played has been on handhelds. I, I'm, oh, is that right? I am trying to think if I have... Uh, as an adult played one uh, like a dedicated machine and one possibility comes to mind and and it would have been so long ago that that it, i'm not even 100 percent sure to be honest with you yeah. if, if i've i've gotten to, uh, if i actually got to play it where i think i did yeah so. yeah it's it's you know it's, it's one of those games everybody knows about bosconian and i think everybody appreciates what it is but finding one in good shape tends to be very hard no, to or do. one at all or I, one at all the one i'm true. thinking of was a collector here in, in louisville and i'm not to be honest with you I, i'm not sure if he's even collecting any longer but mm. he he tended okay. to have um uh, quite a few of the the, the rare more, rare more interesting titles yeah yeah if i'd have played it it'd have been it'd have been there but. yeah yeah for, for, i understand understand so so yeah so food fight liberator and bosconian and then um brent I, I just included this because uh you just don't see you just don't see these all the time uh he had a star wars cockpit as well and and, and on top of that and it was very nice looking too now on top of that brent he had you know, centipede and frogger and, and, you know, a lot of what I would consider gorf, you know, and a lot of what I would consider asteroids, a lot of what I consider more the staple games. And I'm not taking anything away from those games, but most, most collectors tend to gravitate around a certain core set of titles. And, and he had quite a few of those, but those are the ones that I just picked up on, you know, as he was walking, as he was walking through, uh, walking through his game room. So Ray, we, we appreciate you reaching out to us. We appreciate uh, the compliment and, uh, uh, we hope to bring you many, uh, many episodes to come that you can uh, continue to share with your kids uh, while you're riding around or uh, just working on games together, what have you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, uh, Brent, we've got uh, some feedback from uh, another CLOV user, uh, Joe3693. And uh, Joe, we appreciate the message. And, and he writes in, and he says, guys, 
I got through an entire month with episode number three. He goes, I'm looking forward to episode number uh, number four. He says he's got 14 minutes to go and listening to episode number three. So what I thought was impressive I mean, about these that, things Brent, get These things get long, but is it... Does, <laughs> well, you know, I'd, I'd say the length combined with the, with the pause technology, you know, yeah. it just, oh, yeah. just kind of contributes to all of that, but... But you know, Joe, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we're glad that uh, that the show was able to get you through an entire month. So I, I think I think that was pretty cool. And we've just, also, uh, I'm sorry, Randy, just yeah. meter it out, Joe. Just just, just meter it, just, it out. It'll all, be all right. All, all good things in moderation, Joe, and everything <laughs> everything will be a okay. It's like drinking Kool Aid, you know. You can only you can only drink so much at a time. So, um, the the other um, the other uh, bit of feedback that we've had is from uh, from a, a listener on CoinOp Space, Mike Martin, and uh, Mike writes in and says he, that he's uh, currently restoring a DK cabinet, dunking on cabinet, and he finds the show to be really good to listen to while while he's painting, while he's doing his restoration work and everything like that. And you know, Brent, I, again, I take that as a compliment, and it's probably a nod to our NPR like delivery. You know, so. Oh, I've listened to a little NPR in my day, and, and just please, no, please don't fall asleep while, exactly. while painting, exactly, or soldering, or soldering, or anything, or like selling a monitor. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 Brent, that, that's some of the that's some of the more uh, you know, some of the more notable feedback that we've gotten. So, I would just ask that everybody uh, everybody keep it coming. Uh, email us uh, broken token at outlook dot com. Uh, get with us on uh, Facebook or Twitter. We love to hear your feedback. We love to hear your feedback. So, uh, Brent, what's uh, what's coming up from a uh, from an, uh, a show? An event perspective we've got a few things that are on the docket uh first i'd like to ask that if anybody out there knows of a show uh pinball video uh pinball video combo let us know so that we can uh, uh you know investigate it kind of see what it's all about and hopefully talk about it a little bit here on the show so uh, we've got coming up March 28th and 30th 2014 in uh, Dallas Texas um, is that correct? Am I yes. reading there? Yeah, Dallas, yep. Texas. Yeah, the NBC Suites in Dallas. The Texas Pinball Festival. Yeah. Um, we will also have links to all uh, all the uh, events that we're talking about here in our show notes. And, mm-hmm. of course, it looks like all these that we've got have uh, have links where I'm sure you can go find detailed show information and times and actual locations, uh, addresses, and all that kind of fun stuff. But this looks like it's going to be at the Embassy Suites, Dallas frisco hotel and convention center in frisco texas so uh, i know dallas is kind of that that metroplex kind of area Uh, a lot of little cities kind of all around that fall in that dallas moniker and i'm sure that sure that folks there in dallas or in the texas area know exactly what i'm talking about so um, i would encourage everyone to check that out a little closer to home is the southern fried game room expo which is going to be june 20th through the 22nd at the Atlanta Marriott Century Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And that is put on by a host of folks to include P- Preston and Patrick from... The Game Room Junkies. The Game Room Junkies. Thank yes. you, thank you, Whitney. Then, very, very, very close to home. I guess you could almost call this um, our home show. Yeah. If, if, um, if I can probably maybe take that... To, uh, create that phrase or sure. whatever. Oh, yeah. Our home show, the Louisville Arcade Expo which will be here in Louisville, Kentucky, March 7th through 9th at the Ramada Plaza, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And I'll go ahead and give their website because, uh, um, you know, home show advantage and all that. ArcadeRx.com. I know earlier in the episode we had um, uh, Jeremy and Matt Flight's um, 
on the show to talk about you know what's gone on in past years where they came from where they're looking to go and give us a little insight into what's going to happen this year i know they're still kind of hammering out some details and information to come and as we know of it we'll share it and of course you can check out uh check out the site arcaderx.com yeah and 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 uh, like you say brent we will make sure that we have links to all these shows uh as part of the uh, blog post uh for the episode and brent uh real quick before christy uh takes us out uh one thing i wanted to cover is um we really depend upon uh we really depend upon listener feedback and we want to we want to hear your feedback uh good or bad or otherwise and so uh, if you if you wouldn't mind, reach out to us and drop us a line. Uh, the show's emails broken token at outlook dot com. Like I say, you can uh, reach us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, handle is uh, just at broken token on Twitter and uh, Facebook. It's uh, facebook dot com slash broken token blog. Uh, Brent and I both uh, are posting content uh, at, at our social media outlets. And you can find the show uh, on uh, iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And over the past month, we've just added ourselves uh, to the Zune uh, slash Xbox uh, music marketplace. So uh, on any of those three outlets, you can just uh, type in Broken Token and you will find the podcast available uh, on any of those on any of those outlets. And we had mentioned uh, Stitcher Radio up front at the beginning beginning of the podcast and like i say we we appreciate their support uh stitcher guys uh, definitely a shout out to you all thanks a bunch and uh, itunes as well we would appreciate it if you all would leave us a review for the podcast on either stitcher or itunes it really helps us to get noticed uh and, and increases our reach and uh, really helps to to promote the show so we would appreciate that and uh, brent with that i think we can call uh episode number four one and done and uh man i think we've uh, i think we've had had a good show i've certainly enjoyed it it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to sit and talk we've covered a lot of ground in this episode brent so oh there's there's all kinds of ground to to cover i know <laughs> i know we've got uh, quite a few notes on things to for future episodes and it, you know ideas right. even come up during the episode during we the make episode. notes and then you know it rolls into to what's coming down the road so yeah, there's a lot right. of content a lot of a lot of conversations to be had oh yeah that, that's exactly right brent now i'll tell you what and it's it says something as we're going through the show notes as, as we're recording the episode and we're taking things out <laughs> because it's like it's like no we, let's let's shuttle this to another episode where we can do the topic justice so uh yeah we 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 really appreciate everybody uh you know listening to us uh subscribing uh to us and following us on social media uh we we look forward uh to bringing you uh many more episodes to come so uh brent with that i think we can hand it over to christy and i would just like to say thanks everybody for listening to episode number four of the broken token classic arcade and pinball podcast and i would say game on Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, and raves, both good and bad. Email us, podcast at brokentoken.com. Follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash broken token blog. Want to talk to us in person? Call us, 502 502- 517-7199 and leave us a voicemail. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, tech tips, and expanded show notes from this and every episode of the podcast. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and Stitcher Radio. 
The Broken Token staff would like to extend a special thank you to the real vocal talent of the show, Christy Litzy. And that's me. Cha-ching! Music for the Broken Token podcast provided by Kentucky native bluegrass musician Gary Brewer. Please visit brewgrass.com. That's B-R-E-W-G-R-A-S-S dot com for the latest information, show dates, and to purchase music. It's recording. Oh, oh, it is? Yep. Have at it. Oh, how about that? All right, you ready? Get yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready anytime you are. I'd like to welcome everyone back to... Well, that, I didn't like that either. <laughs> back to what? All right, Brent, you ready? Yeah, All right. Good. Okay, everybody, we're back. Thanks a lot for uh, for uh, returning. Scrap it. You know, yeah, so please yeah, think, yeah. So please think this didn't, <laughs> suck. <laughs> think this didn't suck. You know. You know what? You have proved that you cannot rise to the challenge.